warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode Leftovers. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. Yeah, no I'm with the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah. Welcome back, Jake. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. One week hiatus. Are you, do you, are, are, you, are you coming back rarer to go, refreshed? Oh, man. I don't think I've ever been refreshed. It's like I just drank a Sprite. Like, uh, uh, Is that refreshing? Yeah, I think so. That's what the commercial says. Oh, shit. <laughs> Crisp and refreshing. Crisp and refreshing. That's what the commercials say? They say that? Something like that. The last one I saw 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't watch commercials. How the fuck would you know? We're off to a great start, man. This is, uh, <laughs> this is a good one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so refreshed anymore already. Two, two guys that don't know shit about Sprite commercials. People are just like, oh, man, hashtag, hashtag in this episode already. Wow. Yeah, now I feel like I drank the Kool-Aid that I left on my counter after I went to sleep in the morning. Oh, God. How is that? Never, I don't think I've ever done that. <laughs> very, very flat, watered down. It's bad. It's bad stuff. I, yeah, I've I've been so thirsty the next day. I drink it to drink old shit. It's oh usually, yeah, the, the yeah. soda that you didn't finish before yeah. you fell asleep. Yeah, it's flat as fuck, and I just like I just hammer it down anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. That's where I'm at. That's where I feel now in this episode, though. It's usually like when I'm hungover. I wake up I'm like, oh fuck, what's next to me? Oh crap, I'm drinking that bottle of piss. I pissed in that thing last <laughs> night. <laughs> Ah. Yeah. I pissed in a Gatorade bottle or two in my time. Oh yeah, it's perfect for pissing it. It's like they know like how to make that, how big that hole is. You know what I mean? Because the other ones are too small. You know what I mean? And you, yeah, can, you can't get the sports bottle. Yeah, and like you half of your half of your dick tips in, half of it's out, and then you're spraying all over the fucking place like a like an unneutered cat or something. Yeah, I wouldn't even uh, like peeing into a twenty ounce Pepsi is bad news. Yeah. Oh God, yes. 
Yeah. Try, try pissing into a straw. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what situation has you doing that? <laughs> Moving on. Um, <laughs> hey, we got a guest this week. Maybe, maybe the guest can make the episode better. Uh, Kevin Shanks from the uh, Nobody Asked You Kevin podcast. And and what's the other? Is it ToxCast? Yeah, it's a Dose Makes a Poison, the ToxCast. Yeah, missed opportunity here. Can I tell you what you should have titled it? Yes, tell me. Your name's Kevin. Yes. You should have named it the Toxic Kevenger. <laughs> you know what? I think I'm going to scrap what I have and go with that. It's fucking brilliant, isn't it? It is brilliant. Yeah, I love that. And you could don't you don't even call yourself the Toxic Avenger. It's just in the fucking title. It's a, it's assumed. Yes, exactly. Yeah, assumed. Never never even mention it in a, in any other episode. That's just the title. No, see what you're going to get is you're going to get people. First off, you're going to get people that love the trauma movies. They're going to be oh my god, this guy gets us. I like this. And then then they're going to get sucked in. And start listening to what you have to say, and now you've just built an audience, and you can thank me for that. I I think I owe you a lot of money for that, actually. Nah, no, I think you owe Lloyd Kaufman a bunch of money for ripping off his <laughs> fucking character. And the money making happened really fast on this idea. Yeah, it did. <laughs> How's it going, Kevin? What's new? What's 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 cracking, as the kids say, twenty years oh. ago? Not a hell of a lot. I mean, uh, we're all locked down and all that nice stuff. And I uh, just, I mean, I I saw you guys at C2E2. I mean, feels like about three and a half years ago. Doesn't but it? It was just, what, two, two and a half months ago, whatever it was. Yeah, the, the COVID <laughs> thing, it just started, but it still feels like it was such a pre-COVID moment. Yeah, it, it, it's just crazy because... Um, been I've been working from home for nine weeks now, and I like it, but uh, I'm kind of going a little crazy. Yeah. So I got a light flashing in my in my kitchen right now. It's like flashing. I feel like I'm in a hallway in a fucking Friday the Thirteenth movie or something. <laughs> Gee, like, you get a bulb going out. What's it, the fuck's I, going on? What happens is like, if I have too many appliances going or something at the same time. It's like I don't have enough power in the house, and it's the, the, one of the lights start flashing. It's all—I don't know. Maybe, 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 uh, maybe there's a ghost trying to give me Morse code or something. I have no idea what's going on here, Jay. <laughs> Turn the lights out. Podcast in the dark. I can't do it. I gotta have lights on when I podcast. Turning the lights off when I podcast—it's just depressing. I gotta have all the lights on. All the lights on. <laughs> I do. I, it's, I have I have rituals every week before I podcast, guys. Nobody knows this. Nobody knows this. Very few people know this. I have rituals that I that I do every week before I podcast. I hydrate big time because I know I'm going to be drinking. So I'm like drinking. I'm drinking water. I'm drinking Gatorade. I think it's just good to hydrate. I think hydration is a wonderful thing to do when you podcast. Uh, number two, I listen to music. I listen to music. I get myself all pumped up and shit. And then number three, I turn on these fucking lights and now they're blanket. What the? It's it's taking me out of my game. Not- <laughs> I think everybody has their 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 little process they follow. What do you do? What do you do? You you rub what one out. You rub one out before you pocket. That's a that's not a bad idea. That not no, that's not idea. a bad idea either. That's a that's a really good one. No, but that's usually early morning um, for me. And then uh, before I podcast, though, so I, I I I I take a shower and I and I take a big 
shit. Yeah. Oh Honestly, yeah. That's that's what I do every time. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get all that out. You got to get. I take a shower too. I took. I mowed the lawn today. I mowed the lawn today in my pajamas. <laughs> no, that sounds fantastic. It's fucking amazing, dude. You haven't you haven't lived until you've mowed your lawn in your pajamas. <laughs> my lawn mower. It's a riding mower. It's got a cup holder in it. Nice. Yeah, it's fucking badass. Yeah. I mowed my lawn too, but not in my pajamas. But yeah, I mowed my lawn too today, and it wasn't. I I just I'm over it. You over the <laughs> whole lawn mowing thing? I'm over the lawn mowing thing already. Yeah, it's it's sad. Yeah, fucking grass, fucking grass. <laughs> Why can't I just have fucking like sand at my yard? You do. A friend of mine actually, he ripped all of his grass up and replaced it with like rock in his backyard. So he just has like a rocked out backyard. His kids. And so he doesn't have to take care of it. His kids look like they get beaten up all the time. <laughs> let's go play. Let's go play some tackle football out in the backyard. Man, lots of awkward talks with teachers. I'm sure. <laughs> No shit, DCFS showing up at the house again. It was just the rocks. It's just the rocks. Yeah, kid comes in crying. Dad's like, rock on. No, no, <laughs> 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 oh, man. Hey, you guys ready to jump into uh, an iTunes review? <laughs> oh, Singular? Yeah, I guess. All right, here we go. iTunes reviews. It's one star Title of this I assume I I assumes I assumes I sound like I'm drunk already. Title of this I assume Title of this I assume is uh it's uh it, it's very thoughtful, Jake. It's very thoughtful. Right, it's I'm a, liking the build up. It's a thoughtful title. And I I'm not even joking. Like you oh Brian yeah, what what's he gonna do? He's he gotta swerve? And it's not going to be thoughtful. Is it going to be like, what's the title going to be? Banana dicks or something? You know what I mean? <laughs> Podcast smells like farts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here I am leading up. That's very thoughtful. And everybody's like, oh, wow, what a swerve. How wacky of him. Jake, not one of those moments, sir. This is, this is a thoughtful title. And it's, uh, finding my joy and keeping my sanity. Sounds like the title of a book that somebody would come out with, right? And it's it's one of those books yeah. where it's like uh it's like a self-help book, you know what I mean? It's all about uh feeling good about yourself and shit. You know what I mean? You know. Podcast for the soul. Yeah, podcast for the soul. It's like and on the book of course you got the fucking, you know, the the fucking jagbag that wrote the thing all smiling and shit, you know. <laughs> Fuck yeah, leaning on his arm on yeah, his leg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good for you, fuckhead. God. Anyway, so <laughs> Glad people are happy. Anyway, he's happy because he's making money off this fucking book because a bunch of suckers are buying it. it, it, it oh, God, anyway, I'm getting mad over a fictional, not even a fictitious book that's not even written. <laughs> With a fictitious author. With a, fict With a fictitious author who's smiling and trying to help people. That smug motherfucker. <laughs> smug piece of shit. 
<laughs> I know why you're happy. Probably got rocks in your yard, you son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> he doesn't have to mow his lawn. That's why he's so goddamn happy. Um, it's from uh, Celtic. It's okay. It's from Celtic Fury, but he spells it two different ways. The the fucking uh, the name on the iTunes, the iTunes reviewer name is uh, Celtic Fury, but it's spelled F I R Y at the end. It's Celtic Fury twenty two. But then at the end of the iTunes review, he writes his name, and it's Fury like Nick, like Nick Fury. Hmm. A lot going on there. Hmm, I don't know what to read into that. Maybe one's his actual last name, and the other one's like the name he's given himself. Oh my uh. God, Jake! <laughs> I think you just solved the mystery, sir. What do you, wait, 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 hold on, Kevin. What do you got? I'm guessing Fury F U R Y was probably taken as a username. What? But he's Celtic. Fear, actually, he's Celtic Fiery 22. Do you think Celtic Fire Fury's Fest. 22? Maybe he's a Firefest fan. He's a Firefest fan. That's he, what I thought. Yeah, maybe he's a Firefest fan. He's like, those cheese sandwiches were the bomb, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, paper plates up in this hizzy. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, no musical acts, yeah. Um, <laughs> stranded on an island. Uh, Blink-182 went home. Too bad COVID didn't come out before that fucking thing got organized. God, that would be amazing. <laughs> oh, all those influencers. Uh, uh, hi, Brian and Jake. I've been listening for two years now and just want to say thank you, particularly during these difficult times you guys have helped me find a bit of joy uh, I need during these long days. I, I spread my time. I spread out my time listening to the podcast throughout the week so I don't go through it too fast. Thanks for all you do. Keep up the great work. Stay safe with three exclamation points. <laughs> and that comes from Celtic Fury. And that, that, that was a great one. You think there's a new bar with the exclamation points? Like three seems almost patronizing now. I think no, honestly, I think it's um I think it's listeners being compliant to my wishes. And I'm okay. I'm totally fine with that. Okay. If you're good with it, I'm good with it. You read into stuff better than me that way. I, I suppose. I just I just feel like, you know, if somebody comes out with like two or one, it's almost like they're just trying to start a fight at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm I'm coming out swinging at that point, man. What would you say to six? Would you think six was being an asshole? Six? Yeah. Three is minimum. Six okay. is just like, dude, thank you so much. Oh my God. It's like a, it's like a tip. You know what I mean? It's like a tip. If you're a waiter and somebody leaves you like, instead of like just the standard 20%, they're just like, fuck it. And they're just like, they're having a great night. They've been drinking. And then they, and they even like leave a little note on it. Like, thank you, you're a great server. We just, we just want to pay it forward. <laughs> you ever see those on Reddit where people, like, take a picture of, like, their, you know, their, I'm a waiter, and tonight I got tipped $100, and they show, like, the little note or something? I've never seen that. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I have, yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah. That's a fun little anecdote that we can talk about for 10 <laughs> seconds, isn't it? Woo! We, we, filled, we filled 20 seconds of time there, Jake. I feel like I'm on, yeah, a, I'm on a fucking roll tonight. <laughs> What's next? What's next? <laughs> oh, man. I bet people with six exclamation points can listen to our whole episode in one sitting, too, right? 
Those people? Oh, one sitting? Yeah, one sitting. Oh, but yeah. Does that person exist? I don't know. Is it bad that this guy doles it out throughout the week? Like, sometimes you just want to savor things, right? Yeah, it does feel that way. Now that you say it, it's like he, he probably could do it all in one day, but just can't stand the thought of it being over on Monday. There's certain things that you don't dole out and savor, though. And I think, like, well, I guess you could. I don't know. Sex is like one of those things you just don't walk away from and then come back to later. Like, the same <laughs> act of sex. You know what I mean? Like, a sandwich, you can do that. Like, oh, my God, the sandwich. I bought this fucking hoagie. It's fucking amazing. It's loaded. It's huge. And, like, you eat a little bit of it, and you're just like, all right, I'm going to put that away for later. I'm going to come back. It's not like during the in the middle of sex, you know, you've got like half your dick in, and then you're just like, "Oh, this is so good. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna finish this later. I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to complete this now. I'm gonna finish this later. And then just and then and then like the sandwich just sits in the fridge. Like you expect your partner to just lay in the bed until you're ready to commence with the sex in again. <laughs> and like save distracted. it. Like, oh shit, Jumanji's on HBO. Let's get back to this. Oh, yeah. Stop it's it. Whatever. <laughs> Jumanji. Oh god. <laughs> Something about Jack Black's voice when he's portraying that girl just turns me on. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a Bugs Bunny like cross-dressing thing, huh? You're like, speaking of The Rock, look who's back. <laughs> Let's finish. It's been four days. <laughs> uh, anyway. Whew. Thank you for the iTunes there. Uh, review there, Celtic Fiery 22 or Celtic Fury, whoever the, however you like to be addressed. I always, hey, Jake, it's nice to know, even though uh, this thing is going on. People are still sending in uh, the iTunes reviews. Yeah, the iTunes review every week is nice. It'd be cool if we could get two one week again. Oh, my God. Remember those days? Oh, Jesus. Mm. Fucking coming all over the place for two iTunes reviews. <laughs> I, I, I hold on to it. I, hold, I only... I only... I only get hard for the first one. I'll savor it for a little bit, and I'll come back later and come on the second one. <laughs> You're like Fury with our podcast. Yeah, yeah. I like to dole it out over time. Thank you for the <laughs> iTunes review. Uh, bruh, 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 what else do I got here? Oh, yeah, I wanted to say this. Um, uh, this is episode 333, so we're halfway to 666, and that's where I'm going to sacrifice Jake. Um, <laughs> to the demigod something or other. I don't know. Um, but listen to this. This is true. This is true. Um, on iTunes, we have, we're on episode 333, and on iTunes right now, as of this moment, as of where our recording, we have 666 five-star reviews. Whoa, that's fucked up. That is so fucked up. It's fucking yeah, metal. Maybe we should do the sacrifice tonight. Are you uh, sure we should wait? Jake, that involves you dying. Are you really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just don't want to drive all the way over there either. I know. I don't know. I, I'm having second thoughts about killing you too. I mean. Yeah, yeah. We need the extra 300 episodes to think, think about it. Yeah, let's do that. We'll, 333 more episodes. We'll, we'll make a final decision as to whether we're going to kill Jake live on the air. I mean, remember that uh, shitty band Green Jello? Didn't they have an album called 333? Wasn't their second 
failing album, 333. Kevin, you're a music guy. You might know. Green Jello? They did the Three Little Pigs song. Oh, they were were originally named Green Jello. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I would have to look that up because I wasn't a big fan. Wasn't Pearl Um, Jam's original name Mookie Blaylock after the Atlanta Hawks basketball player? Might have been. I think that was their third name. Yeah, yeah, they went through a few. Yeah, it is 333, their second album. Yeah, it was a big big pile of shit. Their first album... um, Actually, yeah, it's their third album. The second album, their first album was uh, Serial Killer, as in Breakfast Serial Killer. Yes, and had the Three Little Pigs song, which yep. got them super famous, and then they just fell off a cliff. Yep. I bet that's a fucking YouTube channel. Some guy eating, like, rate, ranking cereals, and he calls himself the Serial Killer. <laughs> you, oh, know, yeah. you know how they do? I'm, I'm sure there's probably many people that do that. Guys, I got the new box. Of the Mandalorian cereal. This one comes from Kellogg's. Uh, and then, then he'll break away and show like some cute little scene from Baby Yoda in the, in the, drinking, eating, drinking the soup or some shit. And then he'll come back and, I don't know, I, those fucking videos, they're all the fucking same. People just subscribe to him like crazy too. Anyway, the unboxing, I'm so over unboxing videos too, Jake. Yeah, the only time I ever watch them anymore is if it's like a new electronic device that I just want to see what's in the box so yeah. I know what I have to buy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've never understood the unboxing stuff. Because, yeah, Cause yeah, uh, yeah my, my kid went through that where he he would watch, like, people open up toys. I'm like, that's fun for you? I mean... <laughs> I didn't get it, but he's now past that stage, hmm. so I'm glad. Yeah, it's There's like some kid that makes, like, millions of dollars, Oh, right? that, yeah, like, they make lots of money. I mean, they're millionaires. They're testing fucking toys and shit. That's ridiculous. Um, oh, we have an email. We have an email, and it comes from uh, Devin. And the subject is, just wanted to say hi. But he doesn't just say hi. He goes on to say a bunch of other things. So, <laughs> well, Devin saved the show. That we were we were floundering. Devin came in like a fucking beacon of light. No, I was really I was really getting into you and Kevin talking about opening boxes and shit. That was awesome. <laughs> that was fucking awesome, man. And now you're being patronizing. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> hey, Lyft. Oh, listen to this. Hey, Leftover. <laughs> hey, Leftover. <laughs> hey, Leftovers, but more specifically, Brian. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> fuck Jake. What are you saying? Damn it. <laughs> no, don't be trying to start shit, Kevin. Oh, that's by, by definition, that's what he's saying. And I don't, I can't stand for that. I'm, I'm with Kevin here. Um, I mean, it should, the subject should just be, just wanted to say hi. Kinda. You know, cause, <laughs> cause, more specifically, Brian. <laughs> How's that? He's kind of just giving me the halfway. Jake's going to be like, reading that. He knows me. Jake, by the end of this episode, is going to be reading that fictitious self-help book. <laughs> There'll be no shitting on Jake. I won't let that happen. Uh, I've been listening since November of 2019, and I just wanted to say, uh, the first time I stumbled upon y'all, I was tripping on acid, slapped your podcast on, and just had a 
blast. Had no idea what to expect, but came away feeling great. Your knowledge and information is on point. Your theories are good, too. I love listening along, and it's made me go back to your start of the catalog and, I, and really delve deep. I use this uh, as a... <laughs> As a sleep tool to just put you guys on a timer <laughs> and have that and have that information go straight to my brain. Uh, thanks again for everything you, uh, you keep me sane at work every day, and I've reverently bought Oblivion song as well due to Brian's other podcast, and I can't wait for it to arrive. But seriously, you guys are tops. Big fan of Brian and Jake and all the other guests you have. Uh, so thanks for taking the, he, ooh, he, instead of time, he wrote tome. So thanks for taking the tome. Well, is, is tome, it's like a document, like a, right? Yes, yes, yes. That's probably right where his next hit of acid kicked in. Oh. <laughs> so thanks for taking the tome to read this email. And all the way in New Zealand, I've been trying to convince anyone I know who's in the movies to check you guys out. All the best kind regards. Devin. That comes from Devin. Thank you, Devin. Devin from New Zealand, probably my favorite country in all the world. Wow. I've never sat in power ranks of countries, but that's a solid first pick. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's like, it's like, uh, my bucket list. Gotta go to New Zealand one day. Go to all the places that. Lord of the Rings was filmed. I was getting ready to ask if you're going to do the Lord of the Rings tour. You bet your fucking ass I'd do the Lord of the Rings tour. Go all the way to to New Zealand and not do that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I see people all the time, like, posting pictures of the Shire. Like, all that stuff's still left there, you know? And they're putting, ah, look where I am. And I'm like, ah, I want to go. That's awesome. Do you get, like, a tour guide? They probably make a shitload of bank off of doing Lord of the Rings tours. Oh, I bet they do. I bet they do. Oh my god. I would, I would have like the, the really crappy. I would, I would start a really crappy tour. <laughs> you know what I mean? Take them, take them to all the, like the boring places in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Misname all the characters. Yeah. <laughs> here's uh, where Gorndorf sat. <laughs> and here's, uh, we're in, uh, we're in Riverdale right now where, uh, uh, El Ron Hubbard, uh, was the, uh, leader of the elves. And, uh, they make the, they make the cookies in those trees over there. And, uh. <laughs> Chili Cheese Frito went on a journey. <laughs> man. That was a Keebler elves joke. If that went over your head, people. Just wanted to throw that out there. Um, yeah, let's jump into. Ooh, ooh, ooh. They're good when you gotta explain them. Um, that, that's what makes a great joke. That's what makes them land. Um, let's jump into good pop, bad pop. How's that sound? Perfect. All right, here we go. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. All the time we rate these things. I don't know why I say sometimes, Jay. And if this is your first time listening, uh, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. I was going to watch Rick and Morty. 
It, it came back. I guess it came back a couple of weeks ago. I had no. I thought it came back last week. And I guess they already got two episodes. I haven't even watched them yet. I haven't had time. No. That's nice. Well, you get a couple stacked up, right? Those aren't even a half an hour long either, right? Yeah, they're about 24 minutes or whatever, you know. Okay. Yeah. What do you think? They were like the 15-minute the shorts or something on the Adult Swim? Yeah. I thought I thought Rick and Morty was one of those half-a-show shows. No. it's a, They give it the, the full 30-minute block. Comes to about 23, 24 minutes. And it's always been that way? Always. Hmm. Okay. Shows what the fuck I know. Oh, man. Anyway, yeah, so I'll have to... Hey, hey Kevin, you've been watching it? Uh, no, actually, no. Yeah. I have only seen the first season of Rick and Morty. Oh, wow. Uh, I loved it. Yeah. But, I mean, I just had never jumped back on. And uh. I do need to. <laughs> oh, it's great. I love Rick and Morty. One of my favorite animated shows that are on TV right now. Uh, watched a new movie here on Netflix. Uh, dropped on Tuesday, I think. The Wrong Missy. And it's uh, Tim, th- think, uh, Tim thinks he's invited the woman of his dreams on a work retreat to Hawaii. Realizing too late, he mistakenly texted someone from a nightmare blind date. And this one stars uh, David Spade, Lauren Lapkus, uh, Jeff Pearson, Sarah Chalk, Nick Swartzen, of course, Rob Schneider, and Roman Reigns is in this movie for a very short time. Um, I, <laughs> he gets more lines in this than he did in Hobbs and Shaw. That's true. Um, I'm, did you get a chance to see this one, Kevin? Yes, I, gotta, I did watch it. I got to know your thoughts. What did you think about this movie? <laughs> I, I, I hated it. I I really wanted to turn it off about 10 minutes into it. Um but I stuck it out because we were going to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I I I am very sorry I watched the rest of it. It was fucking terrible in my opinion. So you're tossing this I, one. Oh, I, I would toss the ever-loving fuck out of it. I mean, it's a it's a flaming dumpster fire of a film. I I I have nothing good to say about this film at all. Um, I, I think Adam Sandler should not be allowed to make any more movies for any of his friends ever again. This was that bad. I hated it that much. Oh my god! And I'm not just ramping up for anything. This I really did not like it. I I I took notes while I was watching it and. I, the wrong Missy, played by Lauren Lapkus, is one of the most annoying people I've ever seen in a movie. And I fucking hate her. <laughs> that's how I feel about the movie. I, I felt <laughs> sorry for all the actual actors in the movie, uh, that while they, while I was watching it, it was, I, <laughs> I have nothing good to say about it. Everything's terrible about it. The characters were annoying as fuck. Um, and I, the only thing that I could probably say that's positive, is that I think Adam Sandler was right, and he got when he had that Oscar snub for Uncut Gems, he made that crack about making the worst movie ever, just to make everyone pay, and I really do think he accomplished that with this one. Wow! I hate I hate this film. Wow! Wow! Scathing, sir. <laughs> Scathing, Jake. I, I honestly no. I just honestly I wanted to turn it off about ten minutes into it. <laughs> wow. Jake, what did you did you watch this? 
I did. I did watch this. Yeah. I actually quite enjoyed this movie. This, this was <laughs> it's it's not a Tupperware, but it was a high taster for me. I thought mostly because Lauren Lapkiss was just so hilarious in this. I and I could see how you would hate her, but that was basically the joke. I mean, this is not highbrow comedy, and there's a lot of dumb to be found here. Um, I never thought David Spade was all that funny or charming, and the whole romance of it all was never believable. But Lauren Lapkus's performance of just this out-of-control, bad date just really had me cracking up. I, I loved her demon form, I thought was really hilarious. And yeah, this was just like a fun, dumb 90s rom-com type of movie. And I actually quite enjoyed it. I, I would watch this again. <laughs> so, yeah. What you, would you think, Brian? Uh, this is like... Uh... Oh man, how do I say this? I fucking loved it, dude. Oh my god. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I fu- dude, I was laughing so hard in this movie. Like her character was just so off the wall and bizarre. Like when she fucking Okay, so he goes on this shitty ass fucking date with her and she like as soon as the date starts, um she texts him that she's in like in a blue dress and she's getting hit on by this meathead. Well, he David Spade goes over there. It's a blind date and he's like, "Hey, I think you're uh, you know, time's up, man. I'm, you know, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. Uh, you know, I'm and, he, and this guy's getting like all offended like like uh, hey, you know, like what are you, you know, what, like what are you doing? Like I'm this is and he reveals like it's his wife. And this guy's getting ready to, like, kick the shit. And it's Roman Reigns getting ready to kick the shit out of David Spade. And so it was just this practical joke that this uh, Lauren Lapkus' character pulled on him. Um, and she's like, that's kind of like her icebreaker. So now they're all loose and shit. And just it just ramped up from there. She was so bizarre. It reminded me of, like, the kind of like the relationship that David Spade had with, like, Chris Farley and, like, the Tommy Boy and Black Sheep movies where, like, he played the straight man and then just this bizarre character that he was with. When she fell off that fucking cliff and hit her head and all that shit, I'm just rolling. I had to, like, watch that twice. I fucking love this movie. She is so over the top and so stupid and ridiculous i absolutely loved everything about this movie i loved it when she hypnotized his boss and he thought he was and he thought that david spade was his uh childhood uh, nanny and he loved him i i loved everything about i loved it when nick swartzen was doing the talent show and he was drunk i loved the actual talent show where they just dropped that guy out of nowhere i i fucking i was laughing so hard at all this stupid shit i fucking it's a tupperware from me and i've read the reviews it's got like a five on fucking imdb people are hating dude people are hating this thing it's because it's like i think they're like it's comedy subjective and like kevin it just thinks like the the lauren lapkus character is so annoying and a lot of people think that a lot of people think that she's annoying me on the flip side i just I, i was eating up and laughing out loud at everything that she did because it was so fucking ridiculous. Oh man, I love how sexually charged she was throughout the whole movie. Too. Yes. That was a lot of the humor for me as well. They're on a plane and she's just jerking them off. <laughs> oh man, it was so yeah. funny. And I don't think this movie pretends to be something it's not. I mean, you can see most of the, the plot points coming a mile away, but it was just goofy funny yeah oh my oh, god because obviously like, how did david spade not know 
that this wasn't who was texting him back. Like, as an audience member, you instantly know just from the crazy text she's sending back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sh- uh, send me a picture. Of that, send me a pic of that dick or whatever. She- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh my god, I love this movie so much. I will watch it multiple times. It's like, it's, it's the funniest thing that Happy Madison has done, I think, since, uh, um, I'll tell you. Grandma's Boy. That was the last Happy Madison movie I actually liked. Yeah, Grandma's Boy is great. And this is, this is like right up there for me. I love, I loved it, man. I'm sorry. I loved it. No, it was pretty damn great. I think it, it would be even more funny a second time, too. It was kind of one of those movies because there's just a lot of ridiculous physical comedy for, you know, when they, the two of them. When they check into the hotel and they're at this amazing suite and her voice just drops and she's like, oh, my God, what did I do to deserve this? I'm rich or whatever the fuck. It was crazy. What is it, like Helios, Lord of the Underworld or something like that? I can't remember the name of her demon character, but it was hilarious. She would oh, put – she would put rose petals over her eyes and then she would take her hair over over her upper lip like it's a mustache <laughs> and talk in this bizarre demon voice. Oh, man. I thought the worst part of this movie was Rob Schneider. Yes. Like, he, he was so terrible. He was terrible. And not in a funny way at all. Like, yeah. It was so shoehorned in and hammy. The only, and I could have done without that. The only time I laughed at him was when he when he did punch the shark in the face and he said, <laughs> fuck <Yes>. you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this in a, about a movie. Yeah, Rob Schneider punched a shark in the face and said "fuck you," and I laughed. There you go. There's your review for the for the Rock Missy on Netflix. I'm glad. I'm glad some people found it funny because I I was actually hating. I mean, while I was hating the movie, but I was feeling bad because I was hating it. I'm, I'm like, does anybody find this funny? And I'm glad people do. Yeah, you're I'm talking to the two, you're talking to the two jack wagons uh, that loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm no, I'm serious. I'm glad people find. I'm glad, like you said, comedy is sub- subjective. Yeah, um, I, but see, I like I, I like weird. I just like weird, bizarre comedy. I'm a big Tim and Eric guy, you know. Uh, and so I've been. I just watched. They came out with a new show on Adult Swim called Beef House, and it is so funny. <laughs> and there's only five episodes, and they're only like they're only like eleven minutes long. They're on the Adult Swim app, and they it's like a sitcom, and they try to make it like um, three and a half men, like where where like they you know like where they segue and you hear like men, and like all you hear is like when they do that they'll show an outside exterior shot of the house and they'll go beef. <laughs> <It's> so- <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I yeah, I love Tim and Eric. <clears throat> yeah. Um I watched uh I know this much is true on HBO. Uh either of you get a chance to see this one? Did not. Yes, I did. I had actually yeah, I watched it. Uh middle-aged Dominic Birdsey uh recounts his uh, troubled relationship with Thomas, his paranoid schizophrenic twin brother and his efforts to get him released from an asylum. It's based on the 1998 novel of the same name by Wally Lamb. Uh, Mark Ruffalo stars in two roles, identical twin brothers Dominic and Thomas Birdsey. And um <laughs> what do you think about what do you think about this, Kevin? I mean, we've got this is I don't know. This is just is this is this is this just based on a novel or is this based on a true story? It's as far as I know, it's a novel 
Um, I've never read it. Uh, I don't even know if it's a true story or not. Um, I'm assuming there is a good chunk of it true, um, but I'm not sure. Um, I, I, the, the this first episode was. I mean, it's it's. It, you can already tell it's going to be a grim series. Mm-hmm. It's going to be dark. Some really difficult with some of the stuff that happens in that first episode. Very difficult to watch at times. Um, and I mean, especially in the last ten or so minutes, it's yeah. very difficult. I'll just yeah. warn people there. Um, but I. I high taste the very the first episode. I really liked it, and I thought Mark Ruffalo did a very good job with the characterization of both Dominic and, and Thomas, the different characters, the twins. Um, I, I think, I mean, personally, I think Mark Ruffalo's. A, I mean, he's he's perfect in everything, mm-hmm. pretty much everything he's ever done. I've never seen a a bad um, job done by him. I think he's a. I think he's so good, um, but. I, I really enjoyed this first episode. I high taste it, and I'm going to definitely continue watching the series when new episodes drop. Yeah, this starts out very shocking. Like you've got oh, yeah. Mark Ruffalo; he's playing um, the uh, is it, it? It's is it is it Thomas, the one that has the schizophrenia? Yes. Yeah, Thomas has schizophrenia and he's in a library and he's like quoting like it like almost like scriptural religious kind of like text and saying it yelling it really loudly and then he pulls out like this huge like fucking uh, crocodile dundee knife or some shit and people start like oh my god and he starts cutting off his arm his fucking hand excuse me his hand and they're showing it. it's it's Jake it's graphic as fuck. And there's blood yeah, right, right out of the gate. Boom. Yeah. Like, hey, hey, here's the fucking first episode. And like, you've got Mark Ruffalo cutting his fucking hand off and there's blood all over the fucking table in this library and shit. And he's still yelling as he's, as he's cutting and uh, claiming it's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. This needs to be done. It's a sacrifice. So like the next thing he's in the hospital and the doctors are saying we can reattach it. Uh, and there's a 50-50 chance that he'll be able to use it again. And Thomas is yelling at his twin brother. No, no, it's a sacrifice. If you put it back on, I'll just cut it off again. And they're trying to restrain. So now his brother has to make this decision as to whether he's going to let his brother fucking live the rest of his life with his hand cut off. Or if he's going to try to read. So, I mean, it's... And, 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 you know, their, their mother dies. They had a rough childhood. There's like a, they don't know who their real father is. That is pretty much revealed in this episode. This also stars, I mean, it's got a great cast. Uh, Catherine Hahn plays, uh, Mark Ruffalo's character of Dominic, his ex-wife. Um, you've got, uh, Juliette Lewis who shows up and he's got, uh, they're trying to find out more about, um, uh, their family, and I guess their grandfather had written a bunch of stuff. And it was it Italian? Was it Italian? I, I think it was Italian. Yeah. Yeah. So they wrote wrote a, wrote a bunch. Of, he wrote a bunch of like pages in, in Italian, and they can't translate them. So you know, this is set in the nineties, and so he takes it to this woman, so she's going to translate it all. A ton of pages, and that character is played by Juliet Lewis, and. And um, that whole scene with her and Dominic was mm. was crazy. Um, she just kind of shows up to his place out of nowhere, and um, things kind of it's just kind of kind of nuts. Uh, but by the end of the episode, 
um, they're committing him not to the uh, institution, like the the mental health institution that they thought he was going to go to. They're, they're they're just putting him in prison. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this guy's not equipped to handle that. Most people aren't equipped to handle prison, but like especially somebody with his mental health issues, his schizophrenia. And so he, by the end of this episode, you've got two Ruffalos on the screen, one yelling about, both of them yelling, one yelling because he's being restrained and taken to prison, and then the other, you know, yelling because like, why, you know, this is not right, you know, his doctor would not allow this. It's it's very, uh, the emotions are ramped up and, and, uh, it's just, it's, it's, for me, that last 10 minutes, Kevin was, very nerve-wracking yeah that was it was very difficult to watch i i was i was i don't even know how to describe how i was feeling uh nervous anxious yeah i felt terrible uh for what the what was going on on the screen and and Um, he can't do anything about it no i mean they're taking him and that's the way it is Mm -hmm. and He's freaking. I mean, Dom's freaking out. Yeah, and and there's nothing you can do to calm him down. I mean, he's he knows where he's going. He doesn't want to go there. Um, uh, it just it, it was it was a very difficult watch, and I have a feeling the entire series is going to be like this. Yeah. Um. So it's going to be one of those series, at least for me, that I can't like. I'm glad they're dropping it. I, slowly, mm-hmm. <laughs> one by yes. one, potentially, I guess. Yeah, because there is no way I could watch all of this. Probably watch all of this like in one sitting or oh, over God. a couple of days. A Netflix no binge of this. Oh God! Oh God! Oh jeez! Yeah. <laughs> If you were living in Seattle and it was raining, I might fucking cut my own hand off. I mean, by the end of that fucking binge. You'll find the shotgun. Yeah. But I, it's, it's written and directed by Derek, uh, Cien France. I think I'm saying that right. I might not be, but the whole episode felt like I was watching an independent film. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sucked in. I'm, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I was, and I'm giving it a Tupperware based on the performance of Mark Ruffalo. I love this guy. I think he is like, you know, it's like you've got Mark Ruffalo and you think, you think to yourself like he could be just relegated to being a character actor. And I'm not saying like being a character actor is a bad thing. There are some great character actors that I love, but like here he is, he's getting all these great like roles recently. And, um, you know, I, I loved him in dark water. And uh, here he is again on this HBO series. It's called I Know This Much Is True. I highly recommend this one. Um, I have to look this up. I, I need to look up and see if this is based on a true story or just a novel. What's crazy, like the, the brothers were, they were kind of, he, he mentions how they were kind of like famous locally um, uh, because they were, uh, the one baby was the, the twin twin brothers, one baby was the last baby born that year on December 31st. And then his brother was the first baby born in the new year. So they were born on twins, born on separate days and on the last day. And it, I, so they, they, they kind of started off as uh, like little baby celebrities in a way. And here they are making the news again with this kind of shit. So it's, it's a wild fucking show. Yeah. It's based off a book. Okay. Okay. That's well, a good fucking book. A fiction book. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was just looking it up too. Yeah, that's that's fiction. Thank God. I'm glad nobody had to go through this shit. Yeah, yeah. I, oh gosh, I just I I'm actually getting anxious now thinking about the next episode. So. I know, I know, I know. And the way that the the way the like all that drama and and all the all the emotions and things being thrown out there in that final ten minutes, and the way it just kind of abruptly ends, and you're just left mm-hmm. there with you know. Like, like, oh yeah, my. I, I sat there for probably five minutes after I hit stop and yeah. just sat there in a the chair and was like, ah, I just need quiet right now. Quiet. Wow, the book, it's an old book, too. It came out in 98. Yeah. In the actual 98 version, this, the protest about sacrificing his hand is to stop the Gulf War. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah, that, that wasn't, that wasn't brought up in this. No, this I'm book. sure it wasn't. That's such yeah. a, like, of the time thing. Yeah. Um, let's see. I watched, uh, I watched a movie. I, I just literally just watched this. So I, I'm not going to talk too much about it. it. It's called driveways. And, um, this one just came out on video on demand, like maybe a week or two ago. And it's already for free on Hoopla, but I think you can rent it if you want to. Uh, Cody is a sweet, sensitive boy who doesn't always fit in with, easily with other kids his age. He's not bothered by spending the summer in an unfamiliar New York town while his mother, Kathy, cleans out the house left behind by his recently deceased aunt trying to ready it for sale. Um, as Kathy, who, who'd been estranged from her reclusive sister for years, learns how much she didn't know about the late woman. Cody strikes up a surprising friendship with the gruff retiree who lives next door. Dell is a Korean war vet who's been, uh, whiling away his days living at home, uh, alone, playing bingo with his pals and sitting on the porch. Uh, in Cody, he comes to see not just a solitary boy in need of connection, but also a reflection of past regrets about his own family. It's directed by Andrew Ahn, who directed 2016 Spa Night that I've seen listed on uh, the Canopy service, and I have not yet watched that movie. Um, this uh, stars uh, uh, Hong Chow as Kathy, Lucas J as Cody, uh, Brian Dennehy plays Dell, and so this is probably one of his final roles, the late Brian Dennehy. Um, the movie's really short. It's an hour and 23 minutes. And, um, the, the mother shows up to the house, uh, of her sister who's passed away. Her, her sister was 12 years older than her, so they didn't really know each other that well. And they didn't connect over the years. And so she didn't know how her sister was living. She just knew her sister had a house. Goes to the house, finds out her sister was a hoarder, and the house is just full of stuff. And, and, um, so her and her son have to clean it all out and get it, get it ready to sell. And Cody doesn't, he doesn't get along with like, he just doesn't fit in with kids his own age. And him and Dell form this relationship and it's super sweet. It's super sweet. It's just a sweet movie. Um, uh, kind of, kind of sad and depressing at times, but it's just a, a very charming, movie um overall i i'm gonna give it a tupperware i'm tuppering everything today i loved this i really loved this movie i thought it was fantastic and brian dennehy really pulls out a great performance especially like in his last speech when he's talking about how he's you know an old man and he's you know telling this young boy about like him and, and taking this road trip with a friend back in the day and how they would hitchhike and they went to the Grand Canyon and they saw all these things. They went to San Francisco. They, they've been all these places. And he's like, now I, if I could just go back, where did it all go? Where did the 40, 50 years go? Now I'm just, I'm, I, you know, my time is ending. Like, where did it all go? I would just go back. If I could go back, I would just slow it down. 
I would spend a little bit more time here, a little bit more time there. I would slow it all down. You know, he lost his wife and it's, I think it's a very, it's, it's, it's a very, it's, it's a movie that gets you very introspective. You start to think about life and how valuable the time that we have here is. And I, it's called driveways. It's on hoopla. You can rent it on VOD. I give it a Tupperware. I thought it was fantastic. So loved it. Yeah, that, the film, I mean, yeah, it's got, I'm looking it up now, it's got great ratings. I mean, that thing, I'm going to check this out for sure. Yeah, it's it's Brian Dennehy. Yeah. Yeah, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh-huh. It's certified a, fresh. I mean, jeez. The, the, the kid is adorable. The kid is just adorable. Like, you know, like, like they start off like his birthday party going to like a, a roller rink and it's going to be a pizza party. By the end of the night, they end up at the bingo hall with all the old people and the kid has the birthday <laughs> of a lifetime. You know what I mean? So I, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was very charming and, and, um, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, Jake, did you have anything this week? I didn't want to leave you out if you did. Oh, I just wanted to just very quickly talk about it. I have been playing the uh, new Streets of Rage 4. Um, you can get it on any platform, Switch, PlayStation, Xbox. I'm pretty sure it's even on Steam for the PC. And um, it's been a lot of fun. It's a high taste it for me. Um, it's based off the old Streets of Rage games. Streets of Rage, I think the last one came out in 93. For the Sega Genesis, um, all three were Sega Genesis games. They're just your basic, like, final fight type of game. Uh, Ninja Turtles in the arcade was like this, where you're just walking down the street, hitting the punch button to punch people, and jumping and punching and doing grappling moves. And, you know, just your basic type of video game. Like and a Double Dragon. Double Dragon's yeah. another one. You know, there were, these games were a dime a dozen back in the mid-90s, late-90s. Uh, they did a Simpsons one, an X-Men one, an Avengers one. Bad dudes. <laughs> Bad dudes. That's another fucking classic one. I, I think of them all as the the final fight mold, you know? Golden Axe yeah. was another one. Another yeah. classic one. But yeah, this is a lot of fun. Um, it's a brand new game, so the graphics look like you're playing almost a cartoon. It's like a cel-shaded cartoon type of look to it. Um, amazing five-star soundtrack. I Tupperware the soundtrack. But the game itself is still just a high taste it. Um, my wish for it is it would incorporate a little bit of the modern video game stuff where as I progressed, I could upgrade my character, maybe give him new moves, um, you know, upgrade the moves I'm doing, just basic stuff like that. It feels very dated in the fact that for the entire game, I have the same jumps, punches, kicks, throws. I feel like if they just could have stepped it up a little bit there, you know, almost like Marvel Ultimate Alliance did where I got experience points and was able to either make my moves more powerful or just completely choose different moves. That mm-hmm. would really give a lot of longevity to this game. But as it is, it's it's a fun playthrough. It takes about three to five hours, and you're kind of done with it after that, even though it's a lot of fun that first time. I would have called it Streets of rage against the machine and had music from the band and the band members be the people that go around fighting thugs. <laughs> Not a bad idea. I would play that game just as well. Bulls on parade as you're fucking body slamming or choke slamming somebody. <laughs> Good luck getting them to sign off. And that. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, wishful remember thinking. That, remember that Wu Tang fighting game they made? Yes, there, like a- there is. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was awesome. Yeah, there was a Wu Tang fighting game. There was also a fighting game with uh, was it was it 
it was Shaquille O'Neal. It was a Shaquille oh, Shaq Fu. Shaq Fu. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shaq Fu. <laughs> yeah. legendary legendary game but yeah a little bit disappointing on that kind of that kind of front there are characters that you unlock every time you play through you'll unlock another character but it's not really enough to warrant you wanting to play this more than the three to five hours it'll take you to beat it have you heard of the mandela effect uh with uh uh sinbad playing a genie yeah um, yeah kazam that's not him that was Shaq. Yeah, yeah. Sinbad's never been a genie, as far as I know. Yeah, there's yeah, man. Shaq was was a different named genie, right? Wasn't Shazam? No, Shazam is the DC thing. But the well, way I was Captain I'm Marvel. It up. I thought Kazam was Shaq, man. Shaq genie. It is. It is. Kazam. Kazam is Shaq. Yeah. Then what is the um, Sinbad one called? There's I not. Think. Jake, it's the Mandela. No I know, Sinbad. but what is the Mandela effect version of the Sinbad People one thought that he was Kazam, I think. For some reason. I don't know. I think that's what it is. I'd, you'd have to Google it, but that's what I okay, thought it was. Okay, the Sinbad one is called Shazam. I mean, obviously, uh, I know it never existed, but that's... Yeah, that's okay. what people are saying. Yeah, I think you're right. That's obviously where it came from, though. I've always called the Berenstein Bears the Berenstein Bears. The Berenstein Bears, I've always called them Berenstein too. Berenstein, yeah, I was, yeah, I was so, I so thought it was, it was, uh, uh, Berenstein. Berenstein. I, Berenstein, yeah, like, when yeah. I had, when I fucking was Googling the pictures of the books and it said stain, I was like, what the fuck? All these years? And then I punched a hole in my wall. <laughs> I trashed my home. I was, I picked up a lamp, like one of those stand up lamps, and I started swinging it at shit. Scared the shit out of my cats. I ruined the TV. <laughs> Bernstein Bears! Yeah, that one is fucked up. I've read a bunch of articles on the different Mandela effect stuff, and a lot of that stuff is, is super crazy what I do and don't remember. Yeah. It's weird. I think, I don't know. Did you know that, um, in an episode of I, Lu I Love Lucy, um, Desi Arnaz never said, uh, Lucy, you got some splaining to do. It never happened in any episode. It was just a comedian making that joke that made it so popular. It had to have been. There had to have been a comedian or like some sitcom or something who somebody said it and people just ran with it. It was, ne he never said that in an episode. He said variations of things like that, but he never actually said those words. It's kind of like the Star Wars. I mean, Darth Vader stuff. Yeah. Luke, I am your father. Right. Where he doesn't, I mean, he says, I think he says, no, I am your father. Right. Yeah. And everybody yeah, close it as Luke. The risky business one where people think Tom Cruise was wearing sunglasses when he does the iconic, like, staircase <laughs> dance. But he's not. <laughs> yeah. That's another one. That's weird, man. Because, like, even in my head, I see him with the sunglasses now. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy? It was even copied in. I mean, it's, when it's copied, people, yeah, people wear the sunglasses. Oh, that's so wild. Yeah, I think that's another effect where it, the comedy and the spoofs and the jokes kind of take over is what you remember really happening. Yeah. I've got a few more things that I want to talk. Let's talk about one. I want to take one. I take a break. I, I think you watched this one, Kevin. Samurai Marathon. 
I did watch it. Okay. Yes. Um, I was flipping through on Fandango, and I'm looking for new movies that are out on VOD, and I saw Samurai Marathon. I didn't even read the synopsis. I just, it had Samurai in the title. That's all I needed. I've been dying for uh, a samurai movie or anything with like martial arts, something new with martial arts or, or samurai. Like that's all I needed. I didn't care. Um, and so I, I, on a whim, I just went ahead and purchased it. To prepare his warriors for potential attacks from foreign invaders, the Hanshu holds a marathon. Uh, the marathon runs along a mountain path for about 30, 58 kilometers. Um, Retainers join the marathon to get a prize offered to them. Meanwhile, the marathon is mistakenly viewed as an act of treason by the central Edo government. Assassins are sent to the Hanshu's castle. Uh, Janai uh, Kurosawa appears as a normal samurai at the hand, but he is actually a spy for the central government. He realizes that assassins are sent to the Hanshu castle to stop the assassins and clear up the misunderstanding. Janai Kurosawa uh, runs desperately. It's based on the novel uh, Bakumatsu Marasan Samurai that was published back in 2014. It's directed by Bernard Rose. This guy directed uh, the original Candyman movie and at one time worked on the last season of The Muppet Show with Jim Henson. Um, <laughs> what a resume. Yeah. yeah. Uh, quite different movie. <laughs> quite different. Quite different. Um, Kevin, I got to know what you thought about Samurai Marathon. Oh, um, let's see. I It took a little long to get to the actual marathon part. I mean, I thought it, it was going to be jumping straight into it. But uh, I overall, I mean, I really like the film itself. Um uh, I didn't quite. I like you. Like you, I didn't read any synopsis. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch anything beforehand. I just jumped into it. So I had no idea what was going on. Um, uh, but the film itself was beautifully shot. I mean, cin- cinematography I think was really good. Um, the colors, the scenery, pop on the screen. I mean, it, it's a beautifully shot movie. There are some scenes that just stick out to me just from how they were shot. Uh, but it's a very slow burn of a film. I mean. I think it's a little uneven in action um, uh, from beginning to end. Like I said, it takes about halfway through the film to actually get to the marathon. Um, so, I mean, I, overall, I, I mean, I, I give it a taste it, um, I, but I did enjoy it for what it was. I'm not a big samurai movie person, um, so I, I, I didn't really know what to expect anyways, but this was... Uh, I was really hoping for a lot more action than what we kind of got. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, I taste it. I, I would watch it again to see if I missed anything. Um, but yeah, that's, that's why I taste it. And did, did you enjoy it? I, I, we, me and you are just on different pages with the movies this week. I, <laughs> I fucking loved this movie. I, I thought it was, I, I, for me, it was, um, there was so many different stories going on with different characters, but I think like the movie blended them so well. You've got one guy who's like, uh, you know, there's a flashback to his past of like his father 
sitting him down one day and saying, our family has a secret. We live with the Annika tribe, but we are not the of the Annika tribe. We are uh, of the shoguns. We are ninja assassins, and I'm going to train you in the ways of the ninja assassin. You are to tell no one that you are a ninja assassin, that you're part of the, you know, the, uh, you, that you're working with the shogun. And... And if you ever feel like there's there's a rebellion or something like that happening with the Annika tribe, then you send a message, you know, uh, back to the shogun. And then and and so what happened? What ends up happening is um, Americans land on uh, they they take their black ships to to uh, Japan and they offer gifts to the emperor. And one of, you know one of those gifts is a, a pistol, the the Colt forty five Peacemaker. They give. Um, the telegraph machine, give them all these gifts. And, um, and so word gets out that the Americans have arrived. They're, they're, they're looking to say, you know, for a treaty and the Annika tribe is freaking out and they're, they're thinking, you know, they're going to betray us. And so we've got to, the samurai have to be strong. So we're going to run this 36 mile race to, to strengthen our minds and our bodies. And, and the person who wins this race gets any wish that they want. And so this, there's this whole setup here, but before he finds out it's a race, this spy thinks that they, this is a rebellion and that he needs to inform the Shogun. And so, finds out that it's not it's just a fucking race and so now he's trying to get a hold of this letter to stop this fucking war happening between these two tribes and um there's a lot going on here the action is uneven but when it does happen it's fucking sometimes it's fucking cool dude like it is it is that is it is really cool when it when it happens yeah when fucking there when there was that fucking standoff between the two in the woods I was just like, I was like, oh shit. And man, I'm telling you, like when, when, when the movie uses blood sparingly, but when it fucking uses it, (laughs) did you hear the blood spraying? You heard the blood (laughs) spraying out of the body. There was was that first beheading. Yes. um, Oh God. That just, I mean, it it caught me off guard. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't know it was coming in slice jake you can just hear it you a guy gets his head cut off his head lands and his head's basically he his head lands on his like scalp and so his head's upside down and it's just just sitting there on the ground and blood is pouring out of his neck and his mouth is still moving and he's choking on the blood oh my god (laughs) it it was was i will say on his own blood yeah and and he's beheaded at the time that's how that's how quick this steel went through this guy's fucking head. And like awesome. I um uh, I I love the the relationship between like the old samurai that they told like you know you you're too old for this and but how he connected with the young boy and they still ran the race together. I thought that was awesome. The storyline of Princess Yuki was a lot of fun um with her. Um I Kevin, we're just on different pay. But that's fine. I loved this movie. I thought it was so charming and so fun. And I, I just, and, uh, I know it's like, it's, it's loosely based on a true story. Like this, this event happened. Yeah, the marathon. Yeah. But like, I, you know, of course they're gonna, there's a lot of filler in here. Um, I, I thought this was one of, 
this is probably this is probably one of the my my, my favorite movies I've seen all year. I really like oh, this wow. one quite a bit. Now, I don't, really did. Don't get me wrong. I didn't I didn't hate it. Yeah, I mean, it's not the wrong Missy or anything, but it it I I like. I, I taste. I mean, give it a taste. It. I, Dude, I just, as, as honestly, if you hated I'm just this, not used to that sort of movie. I guess. Even if you hated it, I wouldn't hold it against you. I might yell at you a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> There's one scene though that that sticks up in my mind, like yeah. one of those shots that I, I thought was just beautiful. Actually, uh-huh. um, uh, that I can't remember who it was gets beheaded, and then there's that uh, shot. At least I think it's beheaded. Um, but there's that shot of that praying mantis crawling over the samurai's face. Yeah. All bloody. Yeah. It, it's a really well done shot. It really and is. Yeah. It, is. it sticks in my head for some reason. But, um, no, I, I liked it. It's just I, it was a bit uneven for me. I think if it was a little bit more even, I think, in the in some of the action and, and I, some of the stories didn't hit for me as well. Mm. Um, I, I, I still liked it, though. I'm going to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, to see if I missed anything, to see if my opinion changes. But no, it, it's a it's a good movie, definitely. Dude, listen to me though. I've tupperwared everything we've talked about this week. I think <laughs> for the most part, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you had a good week. Yeah, it's a, I'm just like I'm just I'm just eating everything up like a fucking see, moron. This was this was good though because I watched this after the last the wrong Missy, which I completely hated. Yeah, and this was a step. I mean, definitely a, many steps up. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that's so cool. Feel a lot better. Yeah, man. I need to. I need to. I need to get you on some samurai movies, man. And I'm. You know, oh, I need, I'll. I'll take any suggestions. Yeah. Any. Yeah. Yeah. We'll. We'll. We'll definitely be talking about some samurai movies. Um. Let's take a quick break though, and come back with more good pop, bad pop. How's that sound? Sounds great, Brian. Let's do that. Great. You little fucking robots. Huh? Just little, just little fucking robots. You just go along with everything. Yes, sir, Brian. You should just, no, you need to be, you need, you need to stand up. And if you don't agree with going on this break, you need to let me know. Yeah, so, fuck this break. Pee through a straw you. like a fucking man. Pee, pee through a straw like a man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let me take you back that summer. It was weird. It was a weird situation. No, I'm kidding. Um, let's take a <laughs> Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. question for you before we jump back into the old good pop bad pop um are there any foods and jake this is going to be easy for you so i already know like your answer but maybe you have something different are there any foods that you love but they make you sick to your stomach and i jake you're lactose intolerant so this is an easy question for you yeah, ice cream's the big one. <laughs> right. Is, is there anything else besides ice cream that you'd love? You, you, you would eat it, but it makes your, makes your tummy hurt. 
I don't know, maybe really spicy snack mix. I can't stop eating, but it makes you know, it gives me heartburn, makes my stomach hurt. You don't have like a, eat it, but like a brand name. You don't have one. No, it's always just that gas station dollar bag of Cajun <laughs> snack mix. Ah, what about what about you, Kevin? Uh, I would have to probably say Nutty Bars, Nutty Buddies, anything peanut butter. I go I go crazy with, and then I don't feel very well afterwards. Um, but yeah, peanut butter does it for me. I, my answer ties in with that, but it's only one peanut butter based candy. What is that? I can eat the buttercups, but I can't do Reese's Pieces. They fucking, ever since I was a kid, and I've tried it as an adult multiple times, like, oh, maybe I'm over this now. Maybe I, maybe today is the day. Now is the time. Now I have an iron stomach. And I can eat the Reese's Pieces because I enjoy them. I think they taste wonderful. Now, I have a question for you. What's that? Reese's Pieces or peanut butter M&M's? Uh, I can eat the peanut butter M&M's. But you're talking which, about which flavor? Like better, though? Yeah, which one? Do, I don't know, man, because honestly, Reese's Pieces turned into dire Reese's Pieces for me. So it's <laughs> like, I mean, I got I think I got to go with the M&Ms, man. You know, <laughs> I prefer the Reese's Pieces. I see the allure of the M&M. They're, they're definitely more peanut butter inside them. But just some, yeah. there's like an addictive flavor to the shell on a Reese's Pieces that. Oh, I just can't stop eating them. I, 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 I hit my limit. Trust me, I do. <laughs> there's a there's a moment where I gotta stop. Oh man, it tears me up. I can't do it. I can't. I oh, it's it's, it's it's and the peanut butter cups are fine. Even like the the Reese's uh, peanut butter that you can buy in the fucking uh, plastic uh, jar. Yeah, uh, uh, plastic going away, going away as far as like uh, bottling stuff. Isn't that is that true? Uh, that's like been the big talk. Are they are they gonna go to class? I, I think so. It's like everything I'm reading is like uh, this country's done. This country, I, I, was it Australia? I can't remember. This country's done with it, and by the year 2030, like nobody's going to be using making plastic bottles. Huh? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'll, what's the other option? Glass? I, I can't see them going to glass bottles. Um, yeah, I don't know. That, that's strange. I mean, we use we waste plastic on so many products, more than just peanut butter and grocery items. They so took away our plastic straws. What's next? <laughs> but they, yeah, they, that's a whole other thing. In that's, different uh, states, in, in certain paper states, paper straws, oh. yeah. paper straws. I know paper straws. I mean, cardboard. Oh God, that's just those are the worst. I know. I've, I've only had to use them once. Or twice. Illinois, we still got our fucking plastic straws here we're plastics we're a plastic straw state you guys are cool we're not <laughs> we are cool yeah oh man yeah fuck fuck the environment <laughs> that's what we say <laughs> hell yeah how am i supposed to fucking play songs with my fucking drink with a paper straw uh, i remember uh what, what was it drew carey back in the day had a stand-up act where he was talking about how fucking cold it gets in cleveland and He's talking about the ozone layer and the CFCs destroying the ozone layer. And he's talking about, 
he said he's he said he's outside of his house just fucking like spraying a can of aqua velvet saying fuck that i need the heat now <laughs> aqua, no aquanet not aqua velva aquanet hairspray aqua velva um, that was like mandela effect somehow i heard aquanetty anyway yeah that's crazy it's because i said it was a can that you spray yeah mandela effect coming into effect this episode um i watched uh solar opposites on uh hulu uh it's uh created by justin roiland and mike uh, mike mcmahon on hulu uh justin roiland is one half of rick and morty and this was originally created for fox but then they they, they shelved the project and then then it was bought by hulu so now it's all on hulu uh, a family of aliens moved to middle america where they debate whether life is better there or on their home planet did either of you get a chance to watch any of these episodes no i did not i didn't realize this had aired yet yes i watched the entire thing dude uh i watched the entire thing too in one fucking sitting on a sunday (laughs) on one dude i'm Oh my god, on one city. Justin Roiland plays Corvo, uh, Thomas Middledish is Terry, Sean Jambroni is, uh, Yumulak, and Mary Mack played Jesse. These are the aliens. Mary Mack, she was the voice of Dylan on the animated show Golan the Insatiable. So shout out to all my Golan the Insatiable fans, all four of you that remember this fucking show. And if you want to watch that show, it's on Hulu and it's fucking hilarious and awesome. He's a demon and this little girl is like a dark girl and she tries to get him to do all these fucked up things. And I love Golan the Insatiable. Have have either of you ever heard of this show or watched it? No, never even heard of it. It's two seasons. It's all on Hulu. I highly recommend it. I love Golan the Insatiable. Golan the Insatiable. Yes, it's very good. And Mary Mack is fantastic in that and she's fantastic in this i'm just gonna start i've one sitting you got uh, tupperware city for me this fucking week on everything i watched apparently because i fucking loved this show i of course i love rick and morty and this is just more justin roiland genius and i mean their their planet was destroyed they come to earth they bring the pupa with them this fucking like little (laughs) the pupa (laughs) pupa. and the pupa one day it has like this uh what what it's going to do is it's basically going to uh uh one day it will just it'll it'll turn into something else unleash this powerful energy that will consume earth and then create a new schlorp which is the planet that they came from (laughs) and so uh this is just about them living in our society and some of the best stuff that i'm going to say from this is some of the best stuff that some of the best episodes that I loved about this is like their technology is so cool. It's so far advanced, (laughs) but they have, um, uh, Yumulak played by Sean Jambroni. He's the kid from the Goldbergs. He gets this like shrinking ray. And if somebody, if like a human just does anything to like at first, it's like if they piss him off, he'll shrink them and then he'll put them, He'll take them home and put them in the wall. There's, they've got like this wall, which is like, kind of like a, it's like a terrarium for humans and they just throw shit in there for humans <laughs> to like eat and live with and stuff. And, and there's different levels to the terrarium, this human terrarium that they call the wall. And 
it gets to the point where he just starts shrinking humans because like this guy was like wearing a red sweatshirt and he didn't have anybody <laughs> that was wearing a red sweatshirt and so he wanted a human that was wearing a red shirt. It's like he's collecting humans and just throwing them into the wall. Um but there are full episodes on the society that is built within this wall. And, and those are some of the best. Yes, there's some of the best episodes. Jake, it's like these people are thrown in there and like it's almost like it starts off where it's like kind of like a Mad Max type world where the people are fucking like like all they all the aliens are feeding them are candy and <laughs> and um uh they start their own different groups, religions have started. There are people that worship the girl alien because like one day she gave them, what was it? Like a beef jerky or something. And like they, they, they worship these aliens. Um, they have kind of like, uh, Alfred Molina plays the Duke in this. And he's like the guy that's kind of like running this whole society. I've talked about this enough. Kevin, I want to get your thoughts. Oh man. Yeah. I, this series is wild. I, I absolutely loved it from the very beginning to the end. Um, like you said, the kind of the side plots and the, some of the um, side stories are some of the funniest things in this. Uh, anything about the wall, I absolutely love. Yes. Um, anything. And I believe it was episode seven was in there. Episode seven is... <laughs> The, uh... <laughs> if you're hearing that sound, we talked about this before we recorded. There's, 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 there's a motorcycle going by. Yeah, fucking motorcycles. People rip by here on those things. I kind of hope they crash. Man, it really threw Kevin off his game. It, 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 it did. It did. I didn't. We we talked about this before, and I didn't think it was going to throw me off. It fucking threw me off. I I could hear your brain. It was like shit. I can't mute while I'm the one yeah, talking. And I can't mute. It's so true. And then on the flip side, he's like, "What's Brian going to say?" He's like, he's "Like that's like going. Like what's going to what's going to happen now?" Oh no, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Confusion, fear. Kind of wondering, I mean, just kind of amazed and wondering what was going to come after that. Oh, man, that was good. But either way, either way, it's gone now. Episode seven, episode seven. Episode seven, the wall. That, that, that whole episode from beginning to end was perfect. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I laughed. I cried for Molly. I, I, I loved it. I mean, Molly the rat. Mm, um, yeah. When that happened, but I, I, it, this series is though, I, I, like I said, I've only seen the first season of Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. um, which I loved. Yeah. Just never got back to it. This show seems to, I mean, take it to a whole other level, at least from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, they eat ass in this. They yeah. let the F-bombs fly. Right. <laughs> the two teachers, the two teachers, when <laughs> the alien kids will be brought into the office because they've done something to get themselves in trouble. And the, and the principal and this other teacher will just curse them out, just straight up curse them out. And then it turns this female teacher on so much and, just, and then they just start fucking in their office after the kids leave. And like he's eating her ass. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's what I was like. What the hell? <laughs> I mean, I laughed out loud all 
the time to this. Yeah. Uh, the plots were great. Subplot of the wall was great. It, I mean, honestly, that subplot of the wall could be a show on its own. I agree. I, I like it, Give me a whole spinoff, dude. Yes, I think it would work. Um, uh, Did you watch, maybe, like, that episode of The Wall? Did you watch, like, through the glass what was going on with the aliens in that episode? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, th- you had fucking – you had one of the aliens wearing a bandolier of, like, those honey <laughs> – those honey jars that are shaped like the the, like the teddy bear. And by the – and then later on, there's a fucking bear in the room that they're battling. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? I want I, – I want, like, that story. I want to see that story played out in, like, season two. I want to know what happened in that episode. I mean, this this series, it, it's – I mean, it's, it's very funny and it's – I mean, it was surprisingly gory too. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a lot of – I mean, of course, violence, but there's a lot of stabbing and, and killing. Yeah. <laughs> and – but I thought, I mean, I, it was great. I mean, the fuzz bucket storyline from the first episode. Um, I'll call out the only thing I'll say about the second episode about the homeowners associations, um, I, the the nanobots and, and all of that, the storyline. But yeah. uh, there there's some lines in there that are just perfect. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give anything away because I mean I think everybody should watch this. Um, but some of those lines at the HOA meetings are hilarious. Um, I, and can we just, I, I, I can't, I can't not say anything about Terry's shirts. Did you pay attention to all yes. of the shirts that he was wearing? I loved all of them. And I like some of them I want to like have made. I would buy them. You can buy, no, you can buy them now. They, ha- I think they're on, they have a shop. Um, but you can buy them. I saw it on Twitter and I actually visited there. Oh, that's um, so cool. You can, they're offering, they're selling them as merchandise. Um, uh, uh, like the the shirt that just says Dick Wolf. Yeah, Dick Wolf, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. he's got a shirt that's bacon, lettuce, and tomato. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, straight out of anime. And my favorite was probably the the Welcome Back Otter one. The Welcome Back Otter. That reminded me of. There's an episode of it's it's another Tim and Eric series. It was uh, uh, Tom goes to the mayor, and uh, Tom is in the mall. Selling, selling shirts that say "rats off to ya" and it's a rat taking off a top hat. <laughs> I would wear that. What the hell? I, I, they, would, I would buy that in a second, dude. I they I don't know if they sell it anymore, but they were selling it on the Tim and Eric website at one time. I almost bought one. It looks fucking. It's, it's just like the simplest drawing of a rat taking off a top hat, and it says "rats off to ya." <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I just looked it up and there are t-shirts. Yes, dude, the I'm fuck this right now. <laughs> oh, the, this right the, now. The otter one? No, rats off to you. <laughs> rats off to you. Uh, it's, it's incredible. Like the most simple drawing of a rat. It's the most simple at. drawing of a rat ever, dude. <laughs> Jake, great. Jake, you got. You, I think you would dig this one, man. Yeah, I really liked the trailer for this when we watched it. Um, I definitely should check this out. The wall stuff sounds really fucking cool. It's so good. It's so good. I, every episode that they, like, there was episodes that they would, like, jump to the wall and you'd, you'd get to kind of, like, see what was happening in that world. But then when you get to that full episode where they spend the whole episode in the wall, it was fascinating. That whole world. Dude, Kevin, I'm all about a fucking spinoff show about the wall. That I know I would watch the hell out of that. Yeah, I, I want that to happen. Yeah, yeah. Justin Roiland is just a fucking brilliant genius. Do you, do you see? 
The animation style is the same. If you look at their eyes, they look like the... Oh, yeah, yeah. It looks exactly like... I mean... Do you see a crossover ever happening? Ooh. Ooh, ooh. That would be cool. Yeah. That would be cool. Two different I, networks, though. But yeah. It, and they, you have the hard stuff there. But uh-huh. no, that would be cool if they could get... To, if they could get it to work. Yeah. I would More be likely s- just a minor Easter egg thing would happen than a full blown crossover, right? Yeah, like maybe maybe a character or something. I don't know. Oh, when when Jake, when the when the aliens get stressed out, they kind of hmm. they, they secrete these little people, these little what are they called? Um goobers or gloopers? Gloopers? Gloopers. Gloopers. Yeah, like these little these little alien like things pop out of their head and just start running away and running all over the place when they stress when they stress out. And apparently every one hundred thousandth <laughs> glooper is a red glooper <laughs> and it's a bigger one and its main purpose is to kill the person that created them. And so you've got like this. What a lottery! You've got the you've got this you've got this red glooper trying to kill uh, Corvo that one uh, one episode, and I don't. It's just fun, man. If if you love Rick and Morty, I think like yeah, I don't know. Even if you don't like Rick and Morty, if you're one of those people, I think that you would still dig this show. I thought it was fantastic. I loved it so much. It seems like some real, um, you know high concept science fiction and Rick and Morty definitely delves into that area mm-hmm. too but yeah. it just seems like a whole show revolved around that thematically yeah yeah Tiffany Haddish shows up as a computer she's an AI mm-hmm. named Aisha and then Jason Mansuka shows up and um, some other Rick and Morty voice actors show up Carrie Walgren is in this and she does some stuff for Rick and Morty she follows us on Twitter Jake Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Nice. And she's also going to be doing some voice acting for the Looney Tunes, the new Looney Tunes show uh, that's going to come out on HBO Max. Yeah, hmm. they're making all new Looney Tunes. Yeah, I saw that. I, I would definitely check that. that out. I would as well. Um, yeah, uh, Tupperware the fuck out of Solar Opposites. And it, it is blowing yeah. up on on Hulu. Check this out. This is from Dark Horizons. They said, according to Hulu, more than 40% of the viewers who started the series binge watched all eight episodes of the show, (laughs) the show's first two seasons within two days of launch. It was also the most watched adult animation series over the first weekend. It was available and the second most watched title on Hulu on the full seven day weekly chart, despite only being available for two of those days. It's a huge hit for Hulu. Fox has to be just like punching themselves. Like, why did why did we shelve this? So definitely, season two of this is for oh, sure going to fucking yeah. happen. Oh, oh god, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised it hasn't been greenlit. It's got to. <laughs> yeah, it's got to happen. It's 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 phenomenal. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I watched it all in one sitting, dude. What is like, that, a dozen episodes? Eight. Eight episodes. Okay. Yeah. Very You're only, what, 20, 25, 30 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 like, you'll be surprised at how quickly the time will fly as you're watching this show. <laughs> uh, it's so good. And the wall episodes, again, I can't, I can't, I can't stress enough how great that whole, like, side story is within yeah. this world. It's so good. 
people like fighting with like their weapons and stuff like you know those sand those those sandwich toothpicks with the, <laughs> the toothpicks. with the little those sandwich toothpicks with the little frilly shit at the end jake that they put yeah yeah like they're using those as swords they have lego pieces as chest plates for armor i mean it's uh, it's so good. It's so good. They built like this whole city and they'll walk around, um, in, in, in the city and they have like little shops that, that you can buy stuff like food. Like one guy got shrunk down with like a Playboy magazine and it's like highly <laughs> valuable because they don't have much reading material. Girls of the pack. 10 or something yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's like the only pornography in that world let's talk capone (laughs) Uh, capone uh with theaters closed vertical entertainment and Redbox have uh teamed up to release capone as a home premiere on vod uh this one dropped on tuesday uh once a ruthless businessman and bootlegger who ruled chicago with an iron fist alphonse Capone was the most infamous and feared gangster of American lore. At the age of 47, following nearly a decade of imprisonment, dementia rots Alfonso's mind, and uh, his past becomes present. Harrowing memories of his violent and brutal origins melt into his waking life as he spends his final years surrounded by family with the FBI lying in wait. This ailing patriarch struggles to place the memory of the location of millions of dollars he hid away on his property. It's directed by Josh Trank, uh, the director of Chronicle and then the uh, Fantastic Four movie. Um, the film stars Tom Hardy, Linda Cardellini, Matt Dillon, Kyle MacLachlan, and Noel Fisher. Um, Jake, I know you watched this one. So what did you think about Capone? I thought Capone was a decent enough movie. It was a, a middle-of-the-road taste it for me. Uh, it's a movie I'll probably never revisit. Um, I didn't absolutely love it, but nor did I think it was complete crap. It it definitely held me for the entire it wasn't even a two hour movie. A lot of these, you know, gangster movies are two hours long. I, I thought Hardy's performance was, was really good. Um, it was neat seeing Matt Dillon and Kyle McLaughlin in something again. I hadn't really seen those two actors in a very long time. And I thought they performed well. Um, I don't know. This movie just didn't really cover the most interesting aspect of Capone's life that I would really want to see. As you said in the description, it was, just the last year yeah until he passes away this is after and, he got out of alcatraz and like didn't they in alcatraz didn't they put like mercury in his blood and to try to cure him of syphilis or some shit it was experimental and that uh, ended yeah, up uh, just, i i've never heard that but <laughs> i know he was the first person to get penicillin okay. one of the first people to get penicillin um in treatment of his of syphilis and there's so many um, there's, i don't know man i yeah yeah I, I, jake go ahead and finish what you're saying man. i'm sorry yeah I, I just the movie on a whole was a little bit more artsy than the kind of capone movie i would want to see it kind of rode that line between is what you're seeing really happening or are we seeing tom hardy or capone's dementia in his last year mm-hmm. um and some of that was a little bit tedious to me and kind of on the nose on whether it was really happening or not and i don't know it just wasn't the best vision of a capone movie for me um i thought the makeup and the costume design and the period piece aspect of it all was fantastic like tupperware on that um 
I mean, Tom Hardy just looked like a walking corpse in this movie with the makeup they did on mm-hmm. him. Um, it was crazy to know that Capone was only 48 during the time you're seeing him. He, I mean, he looks like a 70-year-old man. But, yeah, I mean, there was a few moments I laughed in this movie. Um, the drama was definitely good enough. I, I like what they did with his wife and seeing how his wife handled, like, her husband just going down and down and knowing the resentment that she obviously had for him and the things he had done in the past. And yeah, I don't know. It it wasn't a terrible movie, but it wasn't my favorite movie by any means. Middle of the road tasted for me. If you're a Tom Hardy fan or a gangster movie fan, you should probably check this out at least once. I'm going to save the best for last. So I'm going to have Kevin give his thoughts after (laughs) I give my thoughts. So I, uh, there's, you know, you've got Capone, he's like, his body's degrading, he, he, he's, he's, you know, he's dying basically. And, and he, like Jake said, like the makeup does look phenomenal. Um, and, you know, you just, there's a scene where he is in bed with his wife and he shits the bed. And that's how I feel about this movie and Josh Trank's direction and editing and everything. I, I did not like this, and I'm a huge Tom Hardy fanboy, but I did not like this. It was just kind of all over the place, revisiting things. Um, there's there's moments where he's you know going through, and 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 uh, since he's having this mental breakdown, you know he's got mental health issues after you know after what happened to him in Alcatraz, where he's and it felt like it was trying to be like. In moments, it felt like it was trying to be The Shining. It feels like Josh Trank kind of like emulates all these movies that he loved. And I'm talking about that scene where like Louis Armstrong singing and stuff and he's walking through the different mm-hmm. rooms. Like it felt like The Shining. And so like it feels like to me like Josh Trank. And I, I felt like this with um, with Chronicle and with Fantastic Four. Like this guy, there's certain movies that he loves that he just tries to emulate within his own. And I think I within his own movies, like with – with Fantastic Four and with Chronicle, this guy is a huge fan of Akira, loves the anime Akira. And so you can see the elements of that movie bleeding into, you know, Chronicle. And, and, and But I think there's a delicate way and a subtle way to do it. And this guy's just very overt. And I like Josh Trank. I, I really – I don't hate Josh Trank. I'm not one of the – I've listened to all three episodes – of him when he was on, uh, I think it was Fat Man on Batman, where Kevin Smith interviewed him. I think he's very smart. I, 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 I think that he has a reverence for, for film and, and a love for film. And, uh, I think this was like, I think Tom Hardy, I lo- and I love Tom Hardy and I love seeing him do weird shit. I, I like it when he just takes on weird roles and weird shit. I guess this just isn't the part of, Capone's life that I want to see. Yeah, correct. And I think that the way, and honestly, I went to slate.com and there's an article that they have called like, you know, what's fact and fiction in the new Capone movie. Most of I read the same article. Most of the shit didn't even happen, man. Like it's, I I feel like, I feel like, I feel like Josh Trank went to a Reddit board of urban (laughs) I do. I feel like he went to an urban legends Reddit board about urban legends about Capone and just took them all as fact and threw them in this movie to make it more interesting. 
I, I, I paused at one point. It was the golden Tommy gun scene. Yeah. And I was like, I have to know if this really happened. Yeah. Or not. And I paused the movie, and that's when I found the same article you were talking about. Yeah, exactly. For me, I, it was the same scene, Jake. I typed in, I typed in, did Al Capone kill his gardener? <laughs> <laughs> And, and that's the article I found. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, I'm dying. I tossed this movie. I'm sorry. I I love Tom Hardy. I, I'm a huge Tom Hardy fanboy, and I do. I you know I didn't like the Fantastic Four movie. Thought it was garbage, but it was a fun garbage to watch. Um, but I loved Chronicle, and I think Josh Trank is a a talented dude. I just think he just needs to harness his. Uh, he's got a lot of energy, and he's got a lot of. Um, he just needs to harness it a little bit better, I guess. This was a little too, little too much for me. And but, uh, what did you think, Kevin? Oh man, <laughs> I, I, I knew a little bit about Al Capone going into this, and I, I mean, if you come to me with a description of a movie that says you've got an aging Al Capone near the end of his life. He pisses his pants, he shits the bed, he smokes a carrot, he shits his pants again, and he shoots a gold Tommy gun and while smoking a carrot. And he's also sporting an adult diaper at that time, too. Yes. Um, yes. Then, then I, I, I wouldn't believe you a movie existed like that. I mean, this is a weird-ass wild movie. I, I wanted to like it. <laughs> I, I think there's some good stuff here. I just, I think it, you brought up The Shining. Yeah. Um, it blends that, I think, it, it almost makes it into a kind of like a haunted house movie, a mm-hmm. horror film mm-hmm. in some aspects. I mean, it, it blends horror and gangster film, I think, kind of well enough. Um, like you had mentioned the scene when um, Capone enters that ballroom and there's that scene where um, Louis Armstrong singing Blueberry Hill yeah. and there's all a bunch of gray balloons and he sees that gold single gold balloon. Um, there's the whole there's a uh, pretty gory high cutting scene. I mean, uh, some of that, I mean, could definitely be horror. Um, uh, the movie is definitely shining esque in certain spots. I mean David Lynch like in some spots. Yes. I yes. I I I wanted to like it. The film definitely isn't for everyone. Uh I was enthralled in it in some parts. I hated some parts. I personally liked uh Chronicle, hated that Fantastic Four movie by Trank, but I actually like Chronicle. Um never knew I'd see this film from Trank. I'm gonna low taste it. Um Mainly for Tom Hardy's performance and mm. the costume and set direction and and all of that, um, Trank's direction, I give that a hey, okay, you made a film, now go make something else. I, I, I think it was I, honestly, I think it was his editing that was terrible. Like they needed yeah. a different editor on this because like he wrote, edited, and directed this. I think it was a little too much uh, for him. Yeah, it's it. This is a weird one. I I, it, it, and what's already been said. You, you don't. I mean, you, you think of Al Capone. You think of all the stuff that came before. Mm-hmm. You don't really want to see the last year of his life. I mean, he was suffering from neurosyphilis. He was shitting himself. He was pissing himself. He was, I mean, a dying person, and he had the mental capability of a twelve-year-old at the time. I mean, he was not the Al Capone that you would 
think of. And who really wants to watch a movie like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, so yeah, I, I would low taste it. I definitely would never watch this thing again. I would not recommend it really. I mean, unless you're a Capone fan and you do want to see his last year that some of that stuff didn't even happen. I, I give it a try. I mean, don't complain. It sucks. Okay. Matt Dillon's character, Johnny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. Was that guy even, was that guy part in his mind the entire time? Yes. So the, that's the way I took it. Yeah, but what about the, that's what didn't make sense to me. The phone call when he's fucking that woman doggy style. Yeah, how, how we introduce him in the movie uh-huh. is very strange. I, I guess Capone is imagining that too. He's imagining his, okay, apparently like if you do research on the guy, I guess this guy was like his mentor, like, you know, the crime boss before him that handed everything over to Capone. So this guy's supposed to be considerably older than him. And then when we meet him, I mean, I know that Capone is, you know, 47, 48 years old, in bad shape. His body's degrading. He's falling apart. But he, like, Matt Matt Dillon looks so much younger than his character, you know, and, and to the point where it was like, I was thinking to myself, like, is he remembering the way that he used to look? And... Mm-hmm. But what kept throwing me off was like that fucking phone call where he's like banging that girl doggy style. And that was the phone call that brought him to Capone's house in Florida. I don't know. It was just this movie was super weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a definitely strange movie that I never thought I would be watching. Um, I never thought I'd see that. But ah, I mean, you think this movie would have uh, had a number one opening weekend? No, this movie would have bombed. I think this would have been like, and I, I, I loved the movie, and critics, critics hated it. It did horrible in the box office. I think this would have done just as good as Serenity with, with uh, Matthew McConaughey in the box office. <laughs> I love that movie. I do too. I love it. Anne Hathaway, Matthew McConaughey. I love that fucking movie, dude. That twist. I was like, oh my god, what the fuck is going on? I knew. I saw. I saw it coming, but I. Still, I loved the movie for what it was. I mean, I thought it was. I mean, a lot of people hated that thing, and I, I I'm one of the people that like it, dude. I'm one, I Tupperware the fuck out of that movie. I loved it too. <laughs> I loved it too. I think it, but I think it would have done just as good as that, Jake. And you're still talking about two big names, Tom Hardy and Matthew McConaughey. You know, two guys that can like they, these guys can lead a movie, and they can you know they can bring in an audience. You know, I mean, they're not. Yeah. They're if not, Matthew McConaughey can't do it, then Tom Hardy surely can. Right. Recognition. I, I don't know. I think this movie might do better on VOD than it would theatrically. I think like once this yeah. movie came out theatrically, like and people started talking about it, and oh, you know, word of mouth, yeah, killed it. It would have killed it. It would have killed I mean, it. Yeah. Captain Trank, Trank himself would have started shitting on it the day before on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he does. <laughs> <laughs> well, he fucking he left a letterboxed review for Fantastic Four. That is just you've got to read this thing. You've got to read this thing. But it's funny, yeah. Um, I, I read. Um, I think it was in that same fucking uh, Slate article that um, there's no recorded like audio of what Capone actually sounded like, and Hardy based his voice off of how Bugs Bunny talks like Capone. I did read that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> No, no. <laughs> yeah, I think that the, the article had like a link to Bugs Bunny talking like Capone, and it's pretty hilarious to see that. <laughs> That's great. That, oh that explains the crappiness of this movie. Guys, wait. <laughs> 
I mean, you know, Heath Ledger based his Joker off of Tom Waits, and like that's that's kind of cool. But, and like, and but then that you, was a good movie. Yes, but like, like Tom Hardy, what are you doing? I love him. I love him so much. But like, I'm a huge Tom Hardy fanboy. I love this guy. But like, what are you doing when you're basing it off of Bugs Bunny? <laughs> oh my God, that's insane. Um, Kevin, what do you do? You have anything uh, for personal good pop, bad pop? Oh yeah, let's see. I, I I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I rewatched Saved by the Bell. I had rewatched California Dreams. Stephanie <sighs> had rewatched that as well. It's awesome. And then I moved on to a show that was near and dear to my heart. Oh God, I can't wait to hear age. this. And I can just think I hear it right in my mind. Uh, hang time. Hang time. <laughs> hang time laying it on the line hang time <laughs> i could hear the music i don't even know what this is uh it's a it's a sitcom that i mean it aired during nbc's morning block in yeah. the mid to late 2000s it was on the same time that uh say by the bell the new class was on which i'd never watched um because it was pretty crappy. Uh, uh, I, I, I hung in one, there for a couple seasons, man. Oh, really? I did because they I, still had building. I I I I jumped out after a couple of episodes. I think. Screech actually ended up coming back to the show and yep. working at the school. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, this show, there were six seasons, 104 episodes. I watched 104 episodes in the matter of about four days. Oh my god! Ouch. <laughs> I've got a job that you can uh, that I'm bit at the desk so I can have something playing and watch it at the same time and makes it easy. But um, but it, six seasons. I mean, it's about the story of the Deering Tornadoes high school basketball boys team from Indiana. Um, it had a lot of I mean, er, more uh, cameos by NBA players than I even remembered. Oh, um, name 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 a few. In Dick the, Buckus in the, in, is in 52 episodes. Yeah, yeah Dick, that's a whole other story because seasons one through three were the best. Um, seasons one, especially three, was really the best. After three, after um, – because Reggie Theus, former NBA player, yes. uh, was head coach of the Deering Tornadoes. That's, I remember that. He was a great that. player mm. in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, played with played the with Lakers. Bulls. He played with the Bulls, Kings, Hawks, Magic, Nets. Um not, he averaged around eighteen a game for. Oh, I was thinking. I was thinking. Him and Rick Fox look so much alike. I know. Oh, yeah. I, I was. Yeah, Reggie Theus. Yeah. He he played in. I believe it was the early eighties for the Bulls, like eighty one, eighty two, eighty three, yeah. eighty four, maybe. Um. Uh. But I uh, he he's coach and and he's very charismatic. Anyways. Um. Uh, but NBA players made cameos throughout the first three seasons. Essentially, Alonzo Mourning. Grant Hill, mm. Mitch Richmond, Cedric Sabalos, Muggsy Bogues, Joan Howard, Glenn Robinson, uh, Damon Stoudemire, Gary Payton, Kobe Bryant makes an appearance. Wow. It's one of my favorite episodes, actually. Um, Tim Hardaway, Sharif Abdurrahim. Oh, God. Uh, Sharif, Abdur- Sharif Abdurrahim uh, played for the Denver Nuggets uh, with Dikembe Mutombo, and he had uh, Tourette's. Was it? Well, that was... Uh, uh, wasn't that Mahmoud Abdul Rauf? That was you're right. Oh my God! Thank you. They got political too and wouldn't stand for the anthem and all that. That's stuff, but, right. It was Mahmoud um, Abdul Rauf. That guy. Abdul Rahim, I mean, he changed his name to 
Um, but I can't because he was originally before he changed it to Sharif Abdur Rahim. It was something else. I can't remember what it was. He was good though. Um, he was a good player. Oh, he, he was great. Yeah. And he. I mean, he uh, played for the Grizzlies for a long That's time. That's right. Yeah. He was great, and it is this. I was as a young kid. I was. I mean, I grew up in Michigan, moved to Indiana, and of course, Indiana is all basketball all the time. At mm. least in the early '90s to early 2000s, um, huge basketball fan. Uh, grew up as a fan of the Pistons. Um, I became a Pacers fan when I moved to Indiana. Uh, played high school basketball, all that stuff, and I basketball in the '90s for me was basically life. Yes. I mean, yeah. So this show, one of those shows that I absolutely watched, loved. Um, the first three seasons were the best. Uh, then they did made the decision. I'm not sure what happened to Reggie Theus. Um, if he went to TV, if he had to get a better deal somewhere else doing something. But they replaced him with Dick Butkus. That um, makes no sense to me. Which makes no sense. And he was playing a former basketball player, uh, former NBA player. And it, it didn't make any sense. It, and that's when the show started going downhill. Where, where, um, where did you watch this? YouTube or Hulu? You can find them all on YouTube. Oh, I mean, okay. There's some really crappy uploads of them. Um, not very good quality. It's like someone's recording off a of VHS. Um, uh, but it, it's not very good quality on some, but they're all there. Um, it reminded me a lot of Saved by the Bell. I mean, Screech, you mentioned Screech. Screech made, makes a cameo in one of these episodes, which I didn't know why he did. He basically walked on the set and said a couple of words and then walked off. Oh, wouldn't it have been awesome if they had fucking Teen Wolf show up for an episode? <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> that would have been great if, like, the opposing team had Teen Wolf on it. <laughs> yeah, that would made it even better because I it was an overall fun rewatch. Guys, this is a, I mean, this is an important game. You don't understand. We're we're going against the Teen Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have never heard of this or seen a single episode. Oh, of dude, it. I used to watch see, it. I mean, it's it's about. I mean, basically, I mean, the whole story is it's about a boys basketball team in high school and their seasons. I mean, what they're doing, but they have. A, a a girl play on their team. They're like the only play, only team in Indiana with a girl on the team, and she's like the best player. And it's weird because sometimes the the the, the hoop looks like it's ten feet, and then sometimes it looks like it's about seven and a half feet. So the you court can, is small, so you can get them to dunk. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. Some exactly. Peter you Jackson have, like special effects there. <laughs> you have some five foot eleven. I mean, my height, five foot eleven, six feet tall. People just dunking all over the place in some of these things, and then sometimes you zoom out and it, the, the court itself looks like it's maybe a half of a normal court. The episode like where, up. where Dick Budkiss did a fucking tomahawk slam. You know what I mean? And then rip, <laughs> rip down the backboard and the glass shattered. That was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a fun watch. I mean, it was a fun overall rewatch. Sure. I liked all the NBA cameos. Kobe Bryant's episode is probably the best um, that I liked from a cameo experience. Um, he, the some of the gang, some of the team is um, basically hustled off the court by some college guys, and uh, they lose some money. Um, coach brings in Kobe. Because uh, he's got all these, and because he Reggie Theus was a coach, and he played. He's a former uh, NBA player 
in the show who comes to coach and uh but he brings in kobe because of his connections to talk to the team and then kobe steps in and just schools these college guys and kind of hustles them out of money hmm. um but he, he just destroys them i mean it's, it's a great watch so it's like they watched that episode of uh of uh the fresh prince of bel-air where uh carlton is playing pool was it Will? Was it Carlton or Will playing pool at the pool hall, and they got hustled? I think it was Carlton. I think it was Carlton. I think it was Carlton. And then and I'm remembering it, Carlton doing that. Yeah, and then they fucking oh my god! And then uh, Uncle Phil had to come and bail him out, and he yep. was a great pool player. And then Family Matters was like, uh, we got that episode too. And you, do you remember who who fucking showed up and schooled him in fa- in the pool episode of, fa- uh, of Family Matters? The Carl? No idea. No, it was it was the fucking Carl did, but there was a shot he couldn't make, and so he fucking he called in a ringer, and it was his fucking it, it was his mom. <laughs> I don't remember the old that. lady that at the beginning she's reading the U two magazine because she's so old, but she's still cool Mrs. and hip. Winslow, and re- yeah, yeah, old <laughs> grand old, old Granny Winslow. They always had to find some weird way to work her into the plot. They did. Like <laughs> she'd come into the house and she'd have like a, like a whole like uh, like like this bodysuit on. Like she'd been out like uh, fucking uh, snorkeling or something or scuba diving. You know what I mean? <laughs> or, you know what I mean? And they're like, well, hey, you're you're old, but you do young people stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what an awesome character yeah, awesome awesome she's, yeah, she's but, dead I mean, overall again it was a great watch I, I I I put Tupperware I mean for what it is I mean it's a throwback to the 90s yeah kids sitcom um, he said like, every show has certain episodes and themes I mean they they tackle topics like steroid use and drug use mm-hmm. fake IDs every show's got to have a fake ID alcohol show homelessness poverty um, the, the, the same thing Zach started dating that girl that he met oh, yeah. in the mall and her dad's homeless can't get a oh, job yeah. and then uh of course, Zach and all the gang in that fucking car that one night, they've been drinking and they get in the wreck and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah, they all do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, there's I mean, there's episodes about, I mean, which was, I think, handled pretty well. HIV, I mean, playing another player with HIV um, that has HIV positive. There's those marijuana episodes. There's, I mean, it's all the typical, I mean, young kid, tween, teenage stuff. But yeah. um, no, overall. Tackling all the big gender bias issues. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> of course. But no, I, I absolutely loved it, and I it was a great rewatch for me. So, yeah, Tupperware that. Nice. Uh, tying into basketball, I'll uh, talk about something that I watched. I watched uh, Quiet Storm, the Ron Artest story. Have you ever seen this, Kevin? Your basketball? No, guy. But I want to though. It's I on- love Ron Artest when he was here with the Pacers, dude. Oh, he was he was drafted by the Bulls, so like that's like my exposure to to Ron Artest. Um, yeah. yeah, he's he's quite the guy. He is. <laughs> I was – you go back to – I mean this is kind of hijacking this, but you go back to the Malice in the Palace, that oh, – I was the, the brawl. It's it's covered um, in this, man. Yeah. Because that night <clears throat> I was I – w- I had basically floor tickets for the game after that. Oh, wow. <laughs> so pissed when that happened. I was watching it live on TV, the, the brawl breakout, and then the, the following night – they had a game at home, um, 
uh, and I had I was basically on the floor, and I was I mean so mad when that happened. Wow, wow, oh god, yeah, oh my god, yeah, because that like that uh, that game I remember that man, like that was all over. Let me let me get into this here. This is um, it's called Quiet Storm, the Ron Artest story. Uh, Ron Artest, uh, NBA basketball player. Uh, in the world of professional sports, no American athlete ever came back from a mental health disorder until Ron Artest. The film shines a spotlight on the polarizing athlete who is at times feared and often misunderstood both on and off the court and includes intimate interviews from the man now known as Meta World Peace, his former teammates, rivals, his loved ones and family. And yeah, this like it, it, this goes into his past. He he had a father that was that was a very abusive and uh left them when uh, you know uh when he was when he was really young but still still would come around and and be a part of his life but like he would play he would play basketball against Ron and he would not back down like like he would play Ron his son like he was playing like a a, a man and he he thought to himself like if if Ron can stand up to me he can he can stand up to anybody and so, like, this kid had a rough upbringing, rough, and he was living in, 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 uh, in Queens, and there was a lot of, like, it was either you were playing basketball or you were selling drugs. And so he, he, he hung out, he lived in rough neighborhoods. And one of the things that I keep talking about this with, like, his mental health is, like, Ron Artesk, he could be, like, the sweetest guy, he could be very quiet, but the next moment he could blow up. You never know what's gonna happen with this guy. I remember watching, um, him play with the Bulls. He got drafted with the Bull from the uh, to the Bulls back in '99. He number 16 pick in the draft. That was the same year Elton Brand got drafted. These guys played together when they were teenagers, you know. Um, but I remember, I remember that year. I was so excited for like these new guys. Ron Artest was quite the defender. He's a great defensive player, really great defensive player, lockdown defender. Yes, I mean he was. He was tough, man. Him and him and Paul Pierce had battles over the years. Um, he really went at Paul Pierce. They were rivals. But um, I remember the it was the the night where sh- the Bulls were playing. I got this. I've got this game on VHS. If I had a VHS player, I'd watch it. I have this game on VHS. I recorded it, and it's the night where Shaq swung at Brad Miller. And <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. And what the, one of the first guys over there to help Brad and pull Shaq off of Brad Miller was Ron Artest. He jumped on the back of Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, this guy, Ron Artest is, he, they talk about in this, and I remember reading this in the Chicago papers, but like his first year with the Bulls after the season ended, like he didn't have anything to do. And so he, he got a job at Circuit City working in the back and like stocking stuff in the back at Circuit City. <laughs> wow. And then the general manager, Jerry Krause, found out and made him quit. But like Elton Brand was talking about this in an interview, like, yeah, like this is an NBA draft pick, a first round NBA draft pick with a guaranteed contract. And I would drop him off at Circuit City so he could go to work. <laughs> 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 and I, this is fascinating. Like, there's interviews with his father. There's interviews with former teammates. They get interviews, you know, like, uh, like I said, Elton Brand. There's interviews with Kobe. Um, I mean, you know, uh, past teammates, especially the stuff that you'll probably find really interesting is all the interviews with Jermaine O'Neal, 
those two did not get along when they were on the same team. No, no, yeah, definitely yeah. did not. Um, this is on Showtime. Like, if you can get like a, if you have a Showtime subscription, or, or if you, um, I don't know, want to try like the thirty day free trial or seven day free trial, whatever they offer. This is definitely one. If you're a basketball fan, I highly recommend this one. Um, it does go over the fight uh, at the Palace back in uh, 2004, where I mean, it, dude, this it what happened was crazy and the way they break it down it's almost like listening to somebody break down like the you know the day that kennedy was shot like (laughs) there's a second shooter because like ron artest basically what happens jake is ron artest and ben wallace get into a scuffle and ben wallace ben wallace a big dude big guy huge arms power forward they played for whom the bell tolls when this guy fucking like when they started don't don't fuck with ben wallace don't fuck with ben wallace and i mean ben wallace pushes him ron artest goes flying back and ron artest at the time was in therapy and so he's like i'm gonna go to my i'm gonna go to my quiet place that's one of the things that they taught him so like he laid down on the scores table to get away from all this so he's literally laying down on the scores table and out of nowhere, this cup of soda is launched into the air and it lands in his chest. And Ron Artest looks out in the crowd and he sees a guy with his hand up and he's like, oh, you're the one taking responsibility for this? And it's a fucking like it's like an adult, I guess, but like a young guy. And Ron Artest runs out into the crowd Oh, I remember when this happened. Yeah. Lines for him. Boom. But he goes after the wrong fucking guy. (laughs) Yeah. And he literally passes that guy on his way to the, and so this guy thinks that Ron Artest is going to fucking take a swing at him. And then all of a sudden Ron Artest goes after this other guy. And then people are pulling Ron Artest off this guy as he's fucking throwing haymakers. And then. Other people are throwing beer and soda at him. It gets to the point where the palace, all the fucking fans at the palace are throwing popcorn, soda, to the point when they're trying to walk through and leave the arena, they're throwing chairs down at him. Yeah, that's the saddest sight. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow, Google says that that specific fight led to the NBA limiting the amount of sale during basketball games or alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I think they cut off, yeah, they cut off at certain times now. You could see David Stern's face, like, I had never seen him so fucking, like, disgusted. Yeah, you have, I mean, you have Jermaine O'Neal, I mean, sliding and, like, pun, almost, like, punching, trying to punch somebody. Yeah. You have Steven Jackson's in the crowd Steven going Jackson. after people. They, Jamal they, Tinsley's got, like, a sweet, like, a, like a dustpan. It, um, like uh, one of those dustpans that fold up when I'm sweeping the floor. Yeah. And he's got it, and he's, like, wielding that back like he's going to swing and hit somebody. And it, it was insane. It it really gets into that, into this. And uh, honestly, it, it, it ta- and, and the guy, they interview the guy that threw the fucking cup, dude. He's a big <laughs> wow. part of this. And they I got to inter- find this on YouTube and see this. They interview the oh. guy. They interview the guy and, like, come come to find out, like, him and Ron Artest years later have talked about this since, and they talk about that in the documentary. Um, hmm. I don't know, man. Like Ron Artest, not like not the poster boy for. <laughs> he's not. No. He's not the uh, like. 
but I think, I think like he has turned a lot around. He's come a long ways. Um, I have a, dude, I'm a, when Ron Artest was drafted by the Bulls, like I, like, you know, I'm just a huge Bulls fan. I've got a Ron Artest plaque with this picture on it, but I also have a Ron Artest signed eight by eight by 10. Nice. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's him when he's wearing the number 15. Um, guy, guy went on to go play with the Lakers, win a championship. You know, but what sucks about that that team in Indiana is you had, you guys had a great team that year. Oh no, they were yeah, they were great after all those suspensions. Um, that was like Reggie Miller's like last chance at a title. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like yeah, our test got. I mean, he got. I think he sat out a total of like eighty six games with the playoffs and everything. After the yeah, um, the season ended without i mean he, he he was suspended for the rest of the season like stephen jackson and all those other guys were oh, suspended yeah. for like you know so yeah, that that next game that i went to um it was there was like five people on the roster that were that on the active roster that were able to play wow it was like five guys playing and they played the entire game it, it was something like that it was crazy like that yeah, I it was, was a weird atmosphere in the, in uh, uh, at that time it was I think it was Conseco Fieldhouse, but Banker's Life now. I was dude the when we traded Ron Artest and Brad Miller and Ron Mercer to the Indiana. I hated that fucking trade. I hated that trade so much. Uh, I, I I I loved Ron Artest and Brad Miller. Ron Mercer was just a score. Didn't he play for Kentucky under? Patino, yeah, he, yeah, he was at Kentucky. Yeah. Anyway, Ron, it's called Quiet Storm, the Ron Artest story. I don't even think that you have to be a basketball fan to enjoy this. I think it's fantastic. It's a, it's yeah, a, was that on Hulu? It's on Showtime. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely gonna check this one out, dude. You gotta, you gotta watch it. It's really good. Um, uh, do you have anything else, Kevin, for Good Pop Bad Pop? Um, I've got a couple more things. I, I I'll just say, uh, Dead to Me season two. I uh, won't spoil anything. Uh, but I haven't I started did. it. I love the first. You haven't season. even started. I haven't it? started oh. it. I love the first season. Yeah. Oh, you'll love this second season. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, I binged it in one day, one oh, sitting. Shit. Uh, it was uh fantastic, glorious second season. I loved it. Absolute Tupperware. Um. Uh, Christina Applegate, Linda Cardellini. I mean, they mm. act their butts off in this in this season. If you thought season one was, I mean, a great job by them, season two is even better. Yeah, I gave Christina Applegate a tuppy for her fucking um, yeah, uh, yeah for her for her acting in in season one. I thought she was I great. Think, I think they. I mean, either one deserves some sort of at least consideration for some acting awards. Mm. I mean, I don't know Emmy awards. I don't know what they have. I mean. Um, I, but they, it's really good. James Marsden does a, I mean, he has his stuff in here and won't go into anything. Oh yeah. Yeah. Won't go into any storylines, but, um, there's some cool cameos later in the season. Uh, it's a very well written story. Um, I, maybe there'll be more, maybe there won't. I don't know. Um, are you watching, but, are you watching Ozark? Oh, that's another show I wasn't going to bring up, but I've seen, I was late to the Ozark game. I watched season one when it first came out and then I didn't get on season two yeah. until season three came out. Okay. Um, so I then went back and rewatched one and then I watched season two all in one day. Uh huh. 
which was depressing as hell. But I, I haven't I haven't it. seen season three, so I'm curious what you thought. I, 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 season three, I think, is perfect. I loved it. Yeah. I I made the comment after watching all three seasons back to back to back within uh-huh. a short amount of time that I Ozark is like I think one season away from being Breaking Bad level good. Wow, and that's—I mean—that's not something anybody says lightly. I know, but that, I, think, I think I think Ozark, Breaking Bad, built ramped up as each season went along before it became mm-hmm. total chaos. Ozark season one started off basically ramped up like where Breaking mm-hmm. Bad season five ended. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it—it it just started. With that I'll say I'll just say that it's like I mean everything's like that in this I mean new season so I would I mean the highest of Tupperwares for me for season three as well as the overall one through three okay. Rosark okay All right. but but for Dead to Me season two absolute Tupperware as well um, the only other thing that I would bring up is well, I've got a couple other things but. Um, Watched a horror movie on Hulu. Um, big into horror. Uh, the Into the Dark series, if you've ever heard of that. Um, it's a horror anthology series mm-hmm. that premiered in 2018. Uh, Bloomhouse. It's a Bloomhouse series. Jason yeah. Bloom produces every episode. Um, it's in its second season now. Uh, there have been 20 episodes so far. In each, in each, it's anthology. Each episode is inspired by a holiday during the month of that episode's release. So if something's released in October, it's Halloween, Mm. Thanksgiving, Christmas, all of that. Uh, But the latest episode was in May, centered on Mother's Day. Ah, when's when's Arbor Day? Arbor Day? (laughs) That would be it. That's a May holiday, maybe? Probably a fall holiday, right? I'm finding out. Actually, I don't even know. When's Arbor Day? This one... This oh, one is sorry. Mother's Day. It's called Delivered. Um, it's the short plot. Plot doesn't really give anything away. It just says a mother's mother to be. She's pregnant. Her life is turned upside down when she comes to realize that somebody she knows has terrible plans for her unborn baby. Um, it stars uh, Tina Margarino, who was Deb in Napoleon Dynamite. Um, she's one of the main actors. And then Michael Cassidy, who I recognize from Batman v Superman, guy that played Jimmy Olsen. Oh, the guy who dies. Uh, yeah, the guy who dies. <laughs> um, it, it's, this is slow burn horror. Um, it gives off Stephen King misery vibes. Um, and then if, you, if you're into horror, um, if you've ever seen the 2007 French film uh, Inside, um, it, it's, it gives off those sort of vibes as well, mixed with mer- misery. Um, I, I would basically say that this is a very great, I mean, a very good episode. I high taste the episode mm. and I high taste the overall series. Um, some of the episodes are better than others. Some are not good. Some are excellent. Um, I mean, just depending on the season, but I, I do love all of those. There's more episodes upcoming for the second season. The one for June is uh, inspired by Pet Appreciation Week, which is odd, mm. but it's called Good Boy. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen there, but um, great. Into the Dark delivered. And then the only other thing I will say is that you've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring it up again. The Last Dance on ESPN. God, yes. 
Uh, have you? I mean, I'm assuming you've caught up with. I mean, you're on with the updated. I mean, the newest episodes. Oh like yeah, seven, eight. Oh yeah, I'm I'm all, I'm through eight. Yeah, I mean, fantastic series. I, I you said it all. I can't say much more. I mean, I grew up like I said in uh, in Michigan during the Bad Boys era. Um, I saw a lot of this. I saw a lot of some of this live. I, I mean, we went to Pistons games. Um, especially when they played the Bulls, um, but the <laughs> I just wanted. I mean, the whole Isaiah Thomas thing. Oh God, Isaiah is a bitch. I mean, he's an asshole. I mean, he's he. he he's well, a, here's the thing: he comes off so charming, and like I will, oh, I will admit, there, there is no doubt he's a charming guy. He's got a smile that can just light up, and you know, he's just he comes off as a charming guy. And like when he did NBC commentating, like most of the time, I had no problem with him. But when any time he brought up Jordan, he would just have these little jabs, and he just drove me fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, he's. I hate. I mean, I don't like the guy. I, I liked him when he played in in, in Detroit. Um, everything after his post playing days, he sucked. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. GM of the Raptors. Yeah, he, he he fucked them over. I mean, he it it was pretty bad. I mean, he sold his. He was. Um, he had a, like a nine percent ownership, I think, in the team. He tried to get a majority ownership. Um, they didn't. It didn't work out. He sold his ownership. He left. He left the team in shambles. Uh, I think they started the season off like one and nineteen or something when he left. Mm. Um, then they traded all the players that he did, and then they made the playoffs like three straight years. I remember um, that fucking. But didn't I remember that fucking game? Bulls were like really fucking good. Jordan was playing in the fucking like that. Damon Stoudemire led Toronto team beat them one game. It drove me nuts. <laughs> That, that was no, no. That was his. That was his era of Raptors. And yeah. GM when Stoudemire because he drafted Camby, Marcus Camby, Stoudemire, and Tracy McGrady. Fucking Marcus Camby used to get injured all the time. Charles Barkley one time <laughs> said that Marcus Camby was made out of tissue paper. I laughed so fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nothing that Isaiah Thomas has done is is anybody. He continues to sell himself and somehow get a hold of stuff. He bought the CBA. Um, which had existed for decades, mm-hmm. he convinced he convinced all of the team's owners to sell him the him their team. So he owned everything, and then two years later they declared bankruptcy and folded. Um, in two thousand, he took over for Larry Bird as the Pacers. So then I went from a Pistons fan to a Pacers fan, and he took over as Pistons coach or as Pacers coach when Larry Bird exited. Um, they were a championship caliber team in ninety eight ninety nine. Um, I, he, I mean, that was Reggie Miller's last seasons when he, when he essentially took over. Mm-hmm. Jermaine O'Neal was in his prime. Ron Artest was in his prime, I believe. You, we um, didn't he, know what we were going to get with Jermaine O'Neal too when he first got drafted. That kid was 18 no. when he got drafted, got, dra- yes. you know, played with the Portland Trailblazers and he rode the bench there. Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, like he's like one of those unknowns. And like, I knew the Bulls were going after him for a while. He fucking, he was an all-star after a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was. Jalen Rose was on that team. Oh, um, yeah. We, who eventually went, tremendous. Who eventually went to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I fucking love Jalen Rose. I they had made the NBA finals the year before Isaiah arrived to the Pacers. Mm. They lost to Kobe, Shaq, and the Lakers. I think they it was like four to two or something that they lost. Um, as soon as Isaiah takes over in in, in Indiana, 
they have three consecutive first round defeats. Jesus. And and then he leaves. He becomes president of the Knicks and then there's a sexual harassment lawsuit that ends up in like in millions of dollars and he trades for Eddie Curry and he all terrible moves. Oh god, and he, Eddie Curry, like how long did he play for the Knicks? Oh, never. Uh, I don't even know how long it was. He I don't I don't even think it was a full season. Oh. Uh, I mean he he Traded for Steve Francis at the time. They already had Stefan Marbury. I, yeah, Steve Francis and Stefan. Basically, Marbury the same co- player. Yeah, they're not going to coexist. That was um, like uh, back leaves. in the day when it was what was it? Mike Bibby and who was the other? Bibby. Um, oh, it was it was uh, it was fucking it was uh, fucking Vancouver when they when they had Mike Bibby. And they drafted Steve Francis, and he was like, "I'm yes. not playing with him." And then was it, who was it for a while? It was. Uh, I'm tr- oh god, fuck it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm just oh, now. I mean, I'm just like- he, I mean, he leaves. He gets. He basically has to leave the Knicks, and he gets a coaching job at Florida International University. He's terrible there. He's like I mean, a very easily losing record. I mean, he loses like forty or fifty more games than he wins. Mm. Um, uh, he is in turmoil there. He leaves there. He leaves there in turmoil. He's named president somehow of the WNBA's New York Liberty. Um, who I, I think he's still president there. I, I don't know, um, but he there were some unwise decisions there as well. I mean, he's he's a terrific All Star, yeah. point guard, one of the best point guards, if not the best point guard at the time in the league when he was playing. But he will always be a, a jackass, a terrible, terrible after career. I I honestly have no very little good to say about him outside of playing with the Pistons, but. Long-winded saying that he can he's easily a complete asshole, so I can easily see people saying um, why they don't like him. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the last dance overall, so fucking I mean, good. It's so good as a basketball fan, as a non-basketball fan, as watching something uh, of just um, I, kind of chronicling the time, yeah, what was going on at the time. Um, and then just being able to get Jordan's off the cuff remarks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's I think that's so good. Yeah. Um, so I can't wait for the last few last couple episodes. Yeah. Um, um, how this ends. Yeah, well, and we know how it ends, but I mean, to see what he has to say. There, uh, um, the uh, Chicago Bulls dot com is going to be doing their own kind of like inside the last dance. So they're going to have interviews with like John Paxson, Stacey King. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, other people within the Bulls organization, maybe BJ, uh, Armstrong, but they're gonna be, um, uh, it's called Inside the Bulls. It's gonna be at, uh, tomorrow, Sunday, at three o'clock, uh, Central nice. Standard Time. But you, th- you can watch the replay, I guess, on YouTube, cause they're also gonna have it on the Bulls YouTube channel. So, I think probably Bill Wennington, who's like a commentator for them now. I hung out with Bill Wennington. Um, <laughs> in, uh, in the parking deck after the Chicago Bulls luncheon back in 2002. And I talked with him and he gave me a fucking high five. I love Bill Wellington. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, like, I freaked out when I fucking met some of these people. Like, I met Johnny Red Kerr, who was like the first coach of the Bulls oh, and did yeah. commentating for Chicago. I met and him. WGN, I think. WGN, yeah. And like, I met him and had him sign a basketball and a hat. And, um, told him how much I fucking love him and everything. And I met, um, uh, Bob Love and, um, 
I met uh, Norm Van Leer, who was a guard for nice. the Bulls and then was a commentator later for the halftime show and the pregame show, the halftime show. Him and Johnny Redker both passed away on the very same day of the same year. Oh, wow. It I was, did not know that. Yeah, it was a hard day for Bulls fans. That was rough. That was fucking rough. When I met Norm Van Leer at the Chicago Bulls luncheon, he was on his cell phone. This is back in 2002. He had a flip phone. He was on his phone and he was, you know, like he was getting ready to talk with us. And he's, you know, he's kind of like telling us to wait because he's on the phone, but he's really cool about it. And, uh, he's, and he, he gets off the phone. And he's like, yes. And we're like, what's, what's going on? Why, why are you so excited? And he's like, I got Rolling Stones tickets. <laughs> <laughs> he was so cool, but yeah, love it. Uh, back to the, uh, the last thing I want to talk about in good pop, bad pop, back to the future, reunited apart. Um, talked, you know, a couple of weeks ago with Harmon about the Goonies reunited apart. They had the Josh Gad reunited apart with, uh, the crew from Back to the Future, and they brought back Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, Mary Steenburge, and Elizabeth Shue, Robert Zemeckis, writer Bob Gale, Huey Lewis was there. Um, did either of you get a chance to see this? No. Yes, I watched it. I fucking loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I, I, I'm really loving this series. I hope we get more of these. I, I Tupperware. I loved it. I was a little, I, I wasn't shocked that Crispin Glover wasn't there. He just seems like the kind of guy who wouldn't yeah, do he this. Didn't, wouldn't want to take part. But the actor that plays Biff, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> right? Yeah. Why isn't he there? Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe he just didn't want, didn't want to do it. That's weird. Yeah, this, yeah, this, yeah, this was, I mean, a joy to watch. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, everybody, I mean, everybody still, I think everybody still looked pretty great. You know, like oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Michael J. Fox I mean, looked great. I, even Christopher Lloyd just <laughs> he, he was he, he was great. Made some um, made some funny jokes, and Leah Thompson looked fantastic. And I don't think she ages. I I don't think <laughs> any of these women age. Mary Steenburgen and Elizabeth Shue. I don't think any of these women that were in Back to the Future age. It's crazy. And what I loved is they got I mean Huey Lewis. Yeah, I mean Alvin Silvestri. Oh God! Yes, I, I love that they were able to. I mean, that they got them too. Alan Silvestri, like the, the Back to the Future, is a, an amazing movie. But without that musical score, you don't get it. I mean, it's not the same movie. Like I was, I was watching um, Predator, and it's like he did the score for that man. Like this guy mm-hmm. is fucking. Oh, dun, 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 dun. Oh, I love Predator. I love Predator. The score is amazing. So. Well, if you want, I mean, there's, there, I mean, I, I've talked about this one before, but the soundtrack show, the podcast, they have a whole, I mean, they have an episode dedicated on Back to the Future score and music. Oh, I know. Jake, you, you um, listen to that podcast too. Yeah, yeah. That's a great episode too. It's really fascinating how, they point out the complete lack of any score for, I believe, the yes. first like twenty some minutes of that movie before the score actually kicks in for the very first time. Yeah, it, it's a great. I mean, it's a great episode of that show. I, I mean, if you're a fan of the score, if you're a fan of the music, if you're just a fan of Back to the Future, I would recommend listening to that. 
on Back to the Future Day, October 15th, 2015, the day where Marty McFly went into the future, officially dubbed Back to the Future Day. On that day, I kid you not, I was driving around, saw a guy washing his DeLorean (laughs) in front of his house. I stopped, talked with him, and asked him if I could get my picture taken in the DeLorean. And I did. And then that evening, I went to the theater and watched Back to the Future and Back to the Future 2. Back to back. It was a perfect, perfect Back to the Future day for me. I have those pictures. They're still on my phone. Really happened. It was amazing. Nice. That how? Yeah. What are the chances? What are the chances? That's that's, yeah, that's awesome. I that's remember a that day. Perfect story right there. Yeah. Five years ago for that. This seems like just a couple of years ago. Yeah, I talked about it on the podcast too, you know, and like here we are five years later and here I am bringing it up again, boring people again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. There was, I was yeah. surprised at how many people showed up to see the uh, showing of Back to the Future 1 and 2. It was the cosplayers. It was, it was fun. Cool. Yeah, we had somebody show up as like uh, 2015 Marty, you know, with the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really cool. I fucking loved it. So let's. I, is are we all are we all done with good pop bad pop? I think so. Did you get it all um, out? I would like to just to say one more thing. Yes. Um, I I know Quibi is not the the best thing to be watching these days, but uh, I will just point out there's a show on there called Fifty States of Fright. Yeah, I'm not sure if you've seen that. I've seen it advertised. Um, okay. Um, I mean, I. I love horror, and I mean it's a, it's basically just uh, an anthology series where it's a, uh, a horror story from each state across the United States. So, like the first episodes out of Michigan, um, the second episodes out of Kansas, third episodes mm-hmm. out of Oregon. It takes place in those states and some of the um, kind of folklore and things around that um, for that state specifically. Um, so far, I mean, I'm three episodes into it. I, I like it. I mean, I, I would say I would put it in as a, a, a taste it, bordering on high taste it, but still at a taste it. Um, the only reason I really wanted to bring it up was that Scott Beck and Brian Woods, Quiet Place, they done, did Haunt, the horror film. Uh, they actually direct an upcoming episode of this series, and it's debuting, I think, in June or July. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, they... Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an overall good series. I mean, it's quibby. So, I mean, they're five at five to 10 minutes long Yeah, and they're usually two to three parts. So I also, just, I mean, it's only 15 to 20 minute episode. I mean, story. I also would like to bring up on quibby, the new show, and I am not kidding you. It is called Barkitecture and it is. <laughs> It is heartthrob contractor Tyler Cameron and interior designer Delia Kenza build custom luxury dog homes for their furry friends of celebrity clientele. And the first episode is with Joel McHale. It's called Barkitecture, and it's on Quibi. Barkitecture. all these shows go. I mean, they're just strange shows. I... I, I don't know how Quibi's going to live. I mean, I don't know how it's going to survive, but... Oh, my God. It's kind of a laughing stock right now in pop They've got... I don't know. How do they get all these people, though? Because, I mean, the first episode of 50 States of Fright was directed by Sam Raimi. 
they're getting yeah. they're getting all these I mean, older people that don't understand pe- that people don't want this. You know what I mean? There's they get like Steven Spielberg, like he's like, oh yeah, like kids only, only watch at night, <laughs> only watch at night, yeah, the, yeah. The kids don't the kids the kids like uh, the, the this short this this content this quick this quick content they they love it they love it let's do this I'll yeah let's do it and, you know Sam Raimi same way yeah I do it and they all do it they all uh, sign up for this shit I don't I don't dude I don't know maybe they got the fucking guy from uh, that fire festival documentary sucking their dicks I have no fucking idea what they got to do to have these people sign on for this fucking quibby. But Bucket loads of money, right? It's uh, isn't it Katzenberg just dumping way too much money at you? Uh, it's gotta be. But here's the thing: it's like I don't think people you're you're comparing this to like you know this short form content. You're comparing it to all the stuff on YouTube, and that's fine. But honestly, I don't think that you're gonna pull anybody away from YouTube. I think these kids are still just gonna go fucking to YouTube for this shit. Yeah, I'd rather watch TikTok than Quibi. It's it's all free. <laughs> you don't have to pay for it. <laughs> I, I went exactly. back. To, I, I, went, I ain't paying again. For, I ain't paying for Quibi. I bar, mean, that's oh god, bar, ooh, that's ooh, ooh, whatever the free is. Se- and then, se- and season that runs out. Season two of Architecture's out, Kevin. <laughs> They're gonna fuck Macaulay Culkin's dog's getting a new fucking doghouse. <laughs> He's got a Maltese. He's got a Maltese. Check this out. Pitbull actually has a fucking Pitbull getting a doghouse, yo. That's crazy. It's like MTV Cribs for fucking dogs. It's fucking stupid. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Really, my favorite thing on it is still that Memory Hole show. Other than that, there was nothing that really Oh, Memory Hole was great. Yeah, I love that, too. I watched it. Uh, Who was it? Neil was talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Neil. fucking good. Thank you, Neil. That was a great suggestion. I, I watched the whole thing, Neil. And, like, I watched the whole I, – I was doing laundry and I watched all of Memory Hole in one sitting. Yeah, that was about <laughs> the only, like, what is that joy I got yeah, you, about. You know what Memory Hole is? It's uh, all your all your past <laughs> sexual <Memory> lovers. <laughs> it's all the – those are my memory holes. Looking back on all the, all my past. I thought you were going the glory hole direction. No, no, all my past conquests. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just, I just don't get Quibi. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. So I, I, I <sighs> there was a show. I think it was called The Stranger. I think it was Dane DeHaan. Yeah, he was one of the actors. Is it Dane DeHaan or Dane DeHane? I don't. I say Dane DeHaan. I Fuck say Dane DeHaan too, but every once in a while I hear Dane DeHaan. <laughs> <laughs> that seems <I> just, redundant. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I don't think his parents would have done that to him. I don't know. There's some fucked up names out there. Elon, Elon Musk running around the world with Grimes. So yeah, um, a uh, whatever that name was. <laughs> I don't know how it's pronounced yet. Guys, check out Barkitecture on Quibi. I, I just watched. I already watched the first episode. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Joel McHale was hilarious. So funny. Oh my god! Please do more Tiger King social distancing interviews. Um, it was yeah. Fuck that episode. I, I don't know. Did you see they're doing like more Tiger King, but it's not fucking Joe Exotic. It's gonna be R- Siegfried and Roy. 
Oh, that's depressing. Didn't, didn't Siegfried just die? Uh, Roy died. Correct. Oh, Roy, Roy no, it was Roy. Siegfried's still with us. Thank God. Roy's gone, though. Oh, it's fine. But, you know, <laughs> Siegfried had all the talent, right? Yeah, it's all about Siegfried, dude. Um, never been a huge Roy guy. Um, hashtag Team Siegfried. Uh, it was, yeah, that was like a heated thing. That was kind of like a Team Edward, Team Jacob thing back in the day, but it was Siegfried and Roy. But no, Roy was the one that was mauled by the tiger because you probably shouldn't have those in your act. <laughs> it was bound to happen. God, what the fuck are people thinking? There's certain animals you just don't fucking want to deal with. It's like, you know what I mean? Just leave them the fuck alone. Tigers, they're majestic and they look beautiful, but don't fuck with them. Don't try to bring them into like a fucking magic act. How fucking stupid are you? It's like, I want to see the first magician to work with a moose. That guy, you know what I mean? Yeah, pull a moose out of a hat. No, like, a moose are mean, Jake. Moose will kill you. A moose you will kill you. A moose or an elk. There's, there's no taming a moose. Moose will kill you. You don't raise a baby moose as your own, and you can't. It's it's. I mean, Jesus Christ, that that grizzly guy lasted longer than anybody that's gonna fucking last around a moose. Moose and hippo. You don't fuck with a moose or a hippo. Those are the two. Those are the two. Those are two of the biggest cunts in nature. Are moose and hippos. They don't, moose don't fuck around and hippos don't fuck around. They're cunts. They're nature's cunts. <laughs> Ask, it's a learning, le- learning experience. <laughs> yeah, I should do a nature show. You know, like. I would watch that. Yeah, I'm like, what, what was that? Brian, what was that? What was that? What was that? What was that Tracy Morgan thing? Brian, what was his name? That he was that nature guy. I know what you're talking about, but I forget the character's name. I'm Brian Fellows. Yeah, Brian Fellows. That's it. That's it. That's it. I should just do a Brian Fellows type show, and it would just be like, uh, I'm going to introduce you to this week's uh, Nature's Cunt. You know what I mean? <laughs> just a fucking angry animal that you don't – like a honey badger episode would be huge. <laughs> I, I, I look forward to your Steve Irwin episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. fuck. I want to see Brian with a goose. My Steve, are you talking? Are you talking about Steve Race. Steve Irwin episode where I fucking die? <laughs> I get this. Don't, don't don't fuck with Sting Stingray, dude, 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 dude. No, that's cool. If you wanted me to die in an episode, that's cool. <laughs> um, no, but dude, there's a problem with goose around here. Jake, did you hear about this shit in Champagne where they've got like like fucking eighty goose that are fucking like they're like congregating and shit, and they're pooping all over the place. <laughs> they're pooping all over the place, and they don't know what to do. Like the fucking radio stations were like, um, if you have any suggestions on what we can do with these geese, please let us know. We don't know what to fucking do with these eighty geese that are shitting all over the place those things are fucking cunts too canada geese are terrible oh dude you get well if you get around a goose when they're like taking care of their babies and shit they get Mm. all fucking like protective and shit and they start flapping their wings making themselves look all big and shit i had one here i we have a problem with those geese here too and i live right next to a creek here so i have my garden outside and they always venture up here to the garden mm. and three that was two days ago uh there were two full-grown canada geese and there was five babies and i got a little too close and it started posturing and it, it, it like honked a few times 
and I knew to step back. <laughs> and then I threw a rock at it. I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make a, a candy. It's shaped like a goose. Peanut butter on the inside. Geese's pieces. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Would those make your stomach hurt? Yes. <laughs> I would still eat them. Guys, let's take a one thing. <laughs> that whole, that whole time Kevin was talking, I had no idea what he, I was forming a geese's pieces joke in my head. <laughs> It was worth every second. <laughs> Kevin, it, it, that is a great joke. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do a re-listen on this episode to to know what you were talking about because I have no clue. <laughs> I had I there was genius going on up this brain. There was genius. <laughs> I was having I was having a brilliant moment. Geese's pieces, everybody. Pieces. <laughs> hey, hey! Call back to when I was talking about Reese's Pieces. Talking about geese. Now, mesh them together. What do you get? You get the joke of the podcast. There you go. <laughs> geese's geese's pieces. Everybody, this is why I do it. I do it for you. I do it for the love of uh, J- Jake. Can we just go to break? I have no idea where I'm going. Yes, yes. Cut to break. <laughs> <laughs> The desperation in your voice of like, oh God, Brian, bail out, bail, bail. All right. Abort. Yeah, abort. All right. We will be back. One moment. Bye. Fucking old school. are so fresh. Snap! Alright, hey, we're back. I totally forgot to bring up a movie that I watched today. I watched Scoob. Oh, yeah. How was that? Did you watch it, Kevin? Yeah, I watched that this morning. Did you? I uh, Yeah, I watched it. I watched it earlier in the day as well. <sighs> but I... Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'll give it a taste it. This is the new Scooby Doo movie, Scoop. It was supposed to be released theatrically. It's Warner Brothers. Uh, I, I'll give it a taste, it man. I thought I thought Mark Wahlberg was fun as Blue Falcon. Mm-hmm. I love that. What you what What did you think? Ah, uh, I mean, I, I would. I mean, I agree. Taste it. Um, it's a movie I would taste. Uh, my kids probably gonna love it, but I would just taste this thing. Yeah. Um, I've got long. Lifelong history of Scooby Doo. Yeah, I mean the movie was pretty cute. I think. I mean, in certain spots, um, they used other Hanna Barbera characters' properties yeah. pretty well. I think. Oh but, come on, Tracy Morgan's character. Oh, was that um? Who did he play? That was a uh, Captain Caveman. Yeah. 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 I mean, was there a I mean, Herculoids appearance? No, unfortunately, there wasn't. I recently talked about the Herculoids on another podcast. <laughs> I mean, this is supposed to be some sort of shared universe among the Hanna Barbera characters. Yeah. That they're starting. Um, it's got a neat soundtrack. I think. I mean. It's got some popular songs from the '90s and some other songs, but um, it's got a decent and neat soundtrack. I, I love the introduction of Blue Falcon, though. Yeah, I mean the intro music and and all of that. I um, 
dude. I love that music. Love that intro. There was just enough adult humor to keep me paying attention. I think. Yeah, I love Will Forte, but I do not like him as Shaggy. No, no, absolutely not. I think that's. I think they did a real disservice. (laughs) Bring back Matthew Lillard to do any voice. Thank you, thank you. Matthew Lillard should have been the guy doing this. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. You really should have been. And he was super vocal about how upset he was that he was. Yes, he should be because he's he's so much better. I love Will Forte. I love everything he does for the most part. But like he is not shaggy in my yeah, opinion. Especially when they're casting one that young, that seems like an odd go to Will Forte. Yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah, in- it was. It was. I mean, okay. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the. Um, to the let's say 2010 to 2013 Scooby Doo series Mystery Incorporated, I that aired on Cartoon Network. Um, I am a huge fan of that. I love that series. I mm. think that's the best Scooby Doo ever made. Um, I, but I mean, and Matthew Lillard did the voice Shaggy in that one as well. I mean, starred in him in the movies and everything. Um, but I, <clears throat> I mean, it, it's good for a kids movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, but as an adult, man, I got I just got to taste it. It was fun enough. I thought the animation looked beautiful. Oh, I love this sort of animation. Yeah, super crisp, and, bright, vibrant. <laughs> but I mean, I would I, I would watch the Mystery Incorporated cartoons a thousand times before I watch this again. Um, I would watch the Scooby Doo and Scooby Two Monster, the second, the Monsters Unleashed movie, the live action movie. Um, or movies before I watch this again. Um, I, it, it's, it's all right. I mean, again, it, it is what it is. It's a kid's movie. Um, uh, it's, I don't, but it's a kid's movie in a sense that it's not like Sonic, in my opinion. Sonic was a kid's movie, but it was also a throwback to, um, I mean, it really played heavily, of course, on the video games, of course, but it, I thought that was, I thought it was a good movie. A really good movie. I, I thought it was a, also just a throwback to '90s Jim Carrey, letting him like turn oh, yeah. loose. You know, like, like yeah. uh, you know, like he took the character of the you know of the mask and like ran with that. And they just said, "Hey, you know, what can you do with you know uh, Doctor Robotnik?" And they just let him kind of like run with it. Yeah. I mean, I. It's all right. I taste it. Yeah, it's a taste it for me too. Like, like you said, I think kids will really enjoy it. I think kids will dig it. Yeah, yeah. I, I really think if you've got a kid, you got a child running around, yeah, plant them in front of this. I think they would be very entertained. Yeah. Uh, question before well, uh, we, okay. I, I have a quick, about Scoob real quick. You, you're, you're coming in. You're coming in a little soft, Jake. Really? Yeah. Is that better at all? What do you think, Kevin? I'm going to ask your audio. Uh, audio that device. looks, I mean, it sounds all right now. All right. Okay. Maybe I was missing the mic. Would, would Scoob have been better with three exclamation points? Oh, God. They only used one. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> I do think that that put a damper on my, uh, on my excitement level for the movie when I saw that. Unbeknownst to, like, I, I didn't even realize it until you pointed it out. But I think, like, had it been three exclamation points, I might have enjoyed it a little bit more. You know what I mean? I do think this. <laughs> I do think this movie would have failed at the box office, though, if it was released in theaters. I think it would have failed tremendously. Oh God! Yeah, so would Trolls World Tour. 
You know, I oh, mean, oh no, no, Trolls World Tour would have. I mean, if non non COVID times, yeah, I think Trolls Trolls World Tour. I absolutely would Tupperware that film. I haven't no, um, I haven't seen it. Here's the thing though, it's like this, oh. but with the the box office though for that movie, like it. Uh, this this the sequel made three times the amount. Yeah, I mean that's true. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean when you're comparing that, yeah, definitely. I see what you're saying. I don't know. It maybe like Scoop might have had might might have done okay. Uh, I don't know. This it's. I think it's going to make more this way than it will in theaters or would have like a lot of times with it time. A lot of I mean, that's probably true, but I think it might have won a weekend. I think a lot of parents would have taken their kids to see this. I don't know. I, I can't answer that. I, like with with everything uh, that's going on right now, and like with the with the movie releases, not even I don't even know it was supposed to be released right now. You know, like after yeah after Black Widow was not released at the beginning of May, I couldn't even tell you what was supposed to be coming out. You know, this week of May. Yeah, makes sense. There could have been other kids' fair that we didn't even know about around there. Onward could have still been making money in the theater, for all you know. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I enjoyed the hell out of Onward. Oh, that's yeah. a fantastic film. Yeah. It was a high-tasted for me. Oh, I loved it. I t- it, it hit me. I loved it. I Tupperwareed it, but... What the fuck? I Tupperware almost everything this episode except for Capone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck do I know? I just, like, I love everything, apparently. Yeah, it was a little bit by the numbers for me and bottom half Pixar. I just thought there was no big mystery. Like you kind of saw all the beats coming and the feel good moment you kind of saw coming a mile away. So I don't know. It just didn't hit me emotionally like other Pixar fair has. All right. I liked it more than Finding Dory, but less than Inside Out. Oh, God, I love Inside Out. Inside Out's great. Yeah. Inside oh, Out. There's- there's one other thing I just want to bring up. I keep forgetting. Okay, what's other. that? Uh, Disney Plus, uh, Prop Culture. Have you? I mean, you've seen Prop Culture? I haven't seen Prop Culture. I've seen I've, it advertised on Disney show. Plus, but I haven't seen it. Jake, you've seen oh, it? Jake, you've watched it? Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on it? I really like it. I, I like kind of the way they go about it, where they're actually restoring these props, and they're going to find them. The whole thing seems really staged, and that part is annoying. But actually seeing the props and seeing what they do to restore them is pretty neat in a lot of the episodes. I really liked the Nightmare Before Christmas episode. Oh, God, that was amazing. I loved that one. The Honey, I Shrunk the Kids (laughs) episode I thought was really cool. It was really cool to see Rick Moranis take part in the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids Mm -hmm. episode. I haven't seen that guy forever. So loved that. But, yeah, I think it's worth watching. But it's like it's a middle to high taste it. Yeah, I've only seen three episodes. I watched the Mary Poppins one. I watched uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. And then, what was the other one? The Tron one, the first. So that's what the first mm. three. Um, Nightmare Before the Christmas Roger was the one best. Good too. I can't wait to get to that one. Um, and then the Muppet Show one. But uh, I I, 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 lo- I love the Nightmare Before Christmas one. I would put this series at a high taste it. Um, uh, because yeah, like you said, it does seem kind of staged and a little hokey in some parts, but, um, I just love the reactions of some of these artists and costume designers and, um, when they see their creation from the archives, I just love some of that. I mean, you're seeing it for probably the first time in years 
and you're just taking it back and and some of the Mary Poppins props especially um, were pretty neat to see in their, their current state. Like we ta- I talked about that movie Driveways earlier where you had uh, the mom who was mm-hmm. cleaning out her dead sister's house and she, her, her, her sister uh, was a hoarder. You're like a good pop, bad pop hoarder. Like you, it's like you, <laughs> you, you have so much shit that you just fucking forget about that you're stumbling over that you forgot that you had to talk about. Um, that's, that's it. Though. No more. Talk m- more okay, about props. One of my favorite episodes of Seinfeld is when fucking Kramer. Uh, is digging through the trash at, at, at one of these studios, these like the TV studios, and he finds the old Merv Griffin set, Merv and he's and he sets it up in his fucking house in his apartment, and, and, and when George walks up, <laughs> it's so funny. It is so funny, people. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's hilarious. Seinfeld, all on Hulu. All on Hulu, people. Is it on Hulu forever? Like, did they, or is it moving? Yeah. I, I know, I thought they, I thought they made a big deal about Hulu paying a shit ton of money for it. <laughs> yeah, they did. They bought it. They bought it. They bought it for a lot of money. I don't know how many years. I don't know how many years. I don't know. I don't know these things. Oh, that's a funny episode. Another, oh god. I, I'm not gonna go down a Seinfeld rabbit hole. Here we go. I just watched, uh, Silly Jerry the other day. Um, Yo, yes, here, 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 hoarder, hoarder Kevin with more stuff. What do you? <laughs> what do you? What do you got, Kevin? <laughs> no more, no more, no more. <laughs> Every time you talk, though, I just bring something to memory. <laughs> I know. I need to shut up. Oh my god, <laughs> Kevin's going to be talking about. Yeah, I, uh, recently I watched episode thirty-two of uh, Facts of Life. This is in the second season. It looked like Blair is having uh, a little bit of an issue here with uh, people trying to get her to do drugs. She's might be joining a club. And what's crazy? I, uh, oh, there actually is a fucking drug episode of Facts of Life. And who is in that episode? It's a very young. Tell me, Judy gets. Addicted. No, Tootie, Tootie is the one like, what are you doing, Blair? Why are you, I can't believe you're <laughs> hanging out with these girls. One of the girls that's fucking, um, doing the drugs, I think they're smoking pot or something. Of and, course they are. Yeah, it's just, what is it? It's, uh, uh, Helen Hunt. It's a very young Helen Hunt. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Helen Hunt from yeah. Mad About You. Helen, yeah, young. Helen Hunt from, uh, uh, Twister. Twister, Twister, ridiculous, but great movie. Great soundtrack too. What, 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 I don't understand why it can fucking that 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 tornado can uh, fly cows around, but it it can't rip off uh, fucking uh, Bill Paxson and Helen Hunt's clothes when they're in the. You know what I mean? <laughs> like what? No, the? It would be crazy. It would be crazy. At the end, they saved their lives with that like belt, basically. Yeah. Like, how is that belt withstanding this? Yeah. That's a. Oh my god. That should be on the next episode of Prop Culture, that fucking belt. Talk about <laughs> Talk about that thing. <laughs> oh, man. I saw that movie opening night, fucking Twister. Mm. Oh, man. Oh, the whole movie. It's like back in the 90s, they'd have a whole movie about, like, uh, like uh, you know, like, uh, Joe's, like, well, not Joe's Volcano. Joe versus Volcano. I'm talking about uh, that movie Volcano and then Dante's Peak. Yeah, the whole whole movies about volcanoes. 
Which and do you prefer? I'm more of a uh, of a Dante's Peak guy. Yeah, Dante's Peak is much yeah. better. I thought. Thing, yeah. And then what? Yeah. What? Volcano is like a made-for-TV volcano movie, where Dante's Peak actually feels like it has some like substance. What about the the killer meteors? What, what was the Morgan Freeman one? They, there was uh, a deep deep impact, deep impact, and, um, and Armageddon, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Deep impact sounds like a porno. Oh, and there's definitely a porn called Deep Impact. There's gotta be. This guys get just like a huge penis, just railing on people throughout the entire Deep Impact, right? What if we had a guest on one week, Jake, and like make like a new guest, like we'd never had on before, and like we're talking about our good pop, bad pop, and this guy just brings up a porno that he watched, and then he's talking about he's. <laughs> You know what I mean? He's talking about, yeah, and then he starts coming on her tits, and then all the, dude, I fucking. <laughs> yeah, I watched uh, Cream Pie Queen 17. Yeah, cream, yeah. yeah, Cream Pie Queen 17, and he's talking <laughs> about cum flying and all this shit, and he's like, he's like, dude, I gotta tell you, I got a Tupperware this. My dick got so hard, and I came so hard during that movie. Like, what, like, and like, no filter on this guy. You know what I mean? Just, and then going into like who the actors are, and talking about like, you know, the director and shit like that. That and like what they've done in the past and like you know like how, you know just i mean oh my god that would be would, how would you feel about that would that would it be would it would it tread the line of like funny or would it tread the line of like uncomfortable for you i think i would be laughing at first you know it'd be like a family guy joke yeah right? but then we gotta do the re- hysterically at but we're first and then but we're only in goodbye pap up we gotta finish the rest of the fucking episode with this guy <laughs> you know what I mean? He's already talked. To, he's already told us like what f- stuff makes him fucking like calm. It sounds like this guy knows how to finish things. I think we'll be in good hands. <laughs> like Jake, I I know you, but like I don't I, like me and you have never talked about like yeah, dude. This is what I jerk off to. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like this is like oh yeah, this is the moment in that movie where it's like oh, you know what I mean? Like I don't <laughs> like I don't know you that well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but this guy's just like fucking just like no filter telling us like you know like, yeah and going scene by scene, scene by scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! This yeah, this director really knows when to not cut away. Yeah, exactly. We're zooming in on the genitalia in this shot, and he holds it. He holds it, man. It's it's bold. It's a bold choice. It's a bold choice. Yeah, the balls are slapping the asshole. It's a bold choice. <laughs> <laughs> Pop culture leftovers news. Um. <laughs> I think that guy would end up being a PCL hero. Oh my god, that guy! That guy, legend. People, yeah, people would talk about him for weeks. Yeah, he would be back on. How's he going to top that? It looks like Neil's out and this guy's in, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> oh, I fucking love Neil's coming back. Don't worry. I've got him booked for a future episode. I fucking love Neil. I fucking love you, Neil. Yeah, Neil's great. People. I fucking, Neil, I do. I Neil's fucking awesome. I fucking love Neil. There's, there's, you haven't, you haven't lived life until you fucking hung out with Neil in person and gotten drunk with the guy. You haven't lived life. Seriously, your life is meaningless. 
Sorry, that's <laughs> mental wow. mental health week. Really dark I know, <laughs> I know. Mental health week is coming up like really soon, and like I, I said something like that, and I'm having people question. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Apologize. I didn't mean it, guys. It's time for the pop culture leftovers news. <laughs> Jake is laughing. You laugh at the darkest shit, Jake. <laughs> sorry. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a lift of a news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. Uh, Scream 5, it's officially happening. I saw this, I saw this. Um, I never watched Scream 4. I never got around to it. So, I don't really care, right? Did you watch Scream 4? Yeah. It was pretty recent, right? Just like two, three years ago? Am I crazy? I've watched them all. I know I've watched them all. Scream 4 yeah. was like nine years ago. Okay, okay, but still a lot like, more recent. It was like around 2010, I think. What, what are you hoping for, uh, Kevin, what are you hoping for Scream 5? What do you want? Uh, I don't know. I I mean, I, I, I wish it would, I wish they would kind of reboot a little bit. I mean, but I I don't know. They did, the, want, they did the MTV series where they kind of yeah, rebooted. Yeah, which I kind of like i mean it's not my favorite thing but um i i i I would just i really have no any sort of thoughts on where it's gonna go or what they're gonna do um i just want to see it back up on the screen again i I really because i mean that first film is i mean legend Mm -hmm. and then i mean two three whatever four eh, okay but I just want to see more of it on screen. I just don't know what is going to happen. I think what they're going to do is Nev Campbell was most recently in the movie uh, Skyscraper. And mm-hmm. I think we're going to find out that her character in Skyscraper was Sydney from Scream, but that she was in the Witness Protection Program and the whole... <laughs> The whole movie in Scream 5, she's going to be talking about how her husband is away on a business trip. And then at the end of the movie, The Rock is going to show up and he's going to give Ghostface the people's elbow. I I would so watch that. (laughs) I think it is going to theater five times and watch that. No, I think it is going to kind of be a fuller house of uh, horror movies where they're trying to just bring back as many people from the original as possible. They've killed everybody off. I mean, for the most part, like, I mean, a lot of people have been killed off from the Scream films. I'm trying to think, like, who's still fucking alive other than Sydney? (laughs) That is true. That is true. Yeah, I don't know. I, they need to be, what made the first one so great is kind of its self-aware commentary on the state of horror. And I, it feels like self-parody now by the time you get to Scream 5. Like it's almost against the point of what the first movie was doing in the first place. So is, I think that's why these movies have kind of failed as sequels. Is this the first Scream movie that's not Wes Craven? Yes, he, he was involved in four. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Um, I, I'm looking forward to it. They got new, new writers and directors on it. So we'll see what happens. I just hope that they, I hope that, 
I'm worried about like how they're going to handle Nev Campbell. Are they going to kill her off at the beginning and hand the torch, or is she going to be like a mainstay and be in this? And then like part of me was like, oh my god, what if they make her fucking ghost face? I like, oh, don't do it, don't yeah, fucking do yeah, it, don't do that, no. don't do it. Like, yeah, I mean, if they do that, at least do it as a twist and not an advertised feature of the movie. Yeah, but it just doesn't make sense if you've spent like the last four movies with the character for her to go that route. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, like you, it's hard to be a movie about the tropes of horror movies, and then you're on part five. Yeah, huh. uh, I got an email uh, from. I, I get an email. I, I'm, AMC sends me emails. Apple TV sends me emails. I get emails every once in a while from, you know, different, uh, streaming companies and, 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 uh, channels and things like that. And Apple sent me an email today that read, Hello, we're excited to share that Apple's critically hailed workplace comedy series, Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet, will return Friday, May 22nd with the debut of Mythic Quest Quarantine, a special new episode filmed entirely on iPhone. Mythic Quest Quarantine is a new half hour installment that finds the team behind the biggest multiplayer video game of all time tasked with working from home. So they're just putting uh, Rob McElhenney and the people from Mythic Quest uh, are just going to put out a special kind of like bonus episode for Mythic Quest. And I, if you remember, I watched all of Mythic Quest. I, I binged it in a day. And uh, this is on Apple TV. I love this show. It's a Tupperware for me. And so, yeah, May 22nd, Friday, May 22nd, we're going to get uh, a brand new quarantine special from Mythic Quest. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's really cool. It seems like that would be a good show, well-suited to filming under those conditions. Yeah. Um, what is it? Uh, I do. I uh, did you re- did you see this news, Kevin? Um, that Scottie Pippen isn't happy with his portrayal on the on the Last Dance. No, I did not. Why? What? But what about what about his portrayal? It's the MarieClaire dot com. This is from MarieClaire dot com, and basically in the series, Jordan says that Pippen. Pippen's the best teammate he ever had, and he wouldn't have had as much success without Pippen. Yet the series does delve into how frustrated Pippen felt about making far less than his teammates. Rumors were rampant that he might be traded to another team, and Pippen chose not to have surgery on his ruptured ankle tendon until the start of the 1997-98 season, which the documentary covers. Jordan called mm-hmm. the move selfish because it left the rest of, the t- of his teammates to play several months without him. They also talk about, like, how in the playoffs, the you know, uh, in 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 uh, in the game, a game against the Knicks, in the playoffs when Jordan was out playing baseball, how Pippen refused uh-huh. to go into the game because because Tony was hitting game winning shots, Tony Kukoc was hitting game winning shots, and Phil gave the last, you know, the last few seconds, the the the, the last play of the game, he gave it to Tony because Tony was the guy that was hitting those shots, and. Um, I, I remember watching that game and then, and then, but Pippen sat out. Tony well, hit the, uh, yeah, I remember that. I mean, yeah. I remember that clearly him oh, sitting out and then yeah. the sports centers and everything after that about the stories about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then Tony, of course, we all know what happens. Tony goes, Tony's in the game, hits the game winning shot and they fucking win the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And so, um, I guess. But what's he unhappy about the portrayal, though? I mean, because that's all the that stuff that happened. Yeah, Pippin gave interviews for the series and did have the opportunity to talk about his feelings of frustration about being underpaid and undervalued. In the wake of the Last Dance, though, he's been quiet about it. People close to him say he's wounded and disappointed. Um, and even Dennis Rodman, who's also a fellow ex-teammate, came to his defense. Uh, I wish he didn't give a shit like me about what people say, he says, referencing how Pippen takes criticism to heart. He insists that Pippen's one of the best players of all time, quote, but no one could ever quite see him. He was too quiet, and he was always standing next to Michael Jordan. Uh, Scotty was so underrated and so underpaid. He should be, he should be holding his head up higher than Michael Jordan in this documentary. I think a lot of people are now realizing what he went through. The kid was a hero in a lot of ways during those great bulls runs. So I guess yeah. it's, I guess it's just like hearsay that he just doesn't like how he was portrayed in this. But so. that, I, again, I don't, I mean, he, obviously he knows what he went through, but I just, I mean, he did all that stuff. He was underpaid. Yeah. He was the, I mean, the second star in the team and, yeah. and the linchpin to get things going. He was, I mean, he did sit out. He did refuse to go into the game. I mean, those are all facts. And I, I mean, to me, I mean, I'm not a Bulls fan, but I seeing them portrayed on the screen like that, I didn't think anything about him being portrayed in a negative light because it, at the time, it was portrayed in a negative light, the, at least the sitting out stuff, the being underpaid stuff. I think that everybody always knew that. Yeah. I mean, he was making minuscule amounts of money compared to what he should have been making. Tony was making more money than him. Yeah. yeah. What they say? He was like the fourth or sixth highest played player on the Bulls at the time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, and he's like second in every category, either first or second in every category. He signed, he signed a bad contract. Yeah, I mean, and that's, I mean, that was, uh, Krause's or whoever's, I mean, line was, I mean, he signed the contract, we're honoring the contract, and it is what it is, but, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, he that, can be that, unhappy all he wants. I that, mean, it happened. Yeah, it happened. That, that final year, though, when Jordan made 36 million for a season, <laughs> that was insane. Yeah. Yeah, I, and that, that's one of those things. I can see why that would upset somebody. I mean, you, especially if if your team needs help, and you have a single player over here who's making, I mean, has makes up thirty, forty percent of yeah, the overall teams. But, but Jordan took salary. Jordan took less for Jordan took less for a lot of years. So yeah. they could sign other players and stuff. You know, he did, he, and cause he, honestly, he was making most of his money from endorsements. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, he would make it pretty much, I mean, majority of it from that, but I, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't see his, I mean, why he should be upset at how he was portrayed, but I mean, that's him. So I don't know. Yeah. God, Pippen looks great for his age, man. It's crazy. Like you look at a lot of the basketball players that they're interviewing here, and after this, after the, you know, after they've retired, like they've they've all packed on a few pounds. Like Gary Payton, I couldn't believe he looked. You know, he's always so thin and stuff like that, and he looked like he'd put on some weight. Even Jordan, you yeah. know. But man, Scotty just looks like he could fucking get back on the floor and play. You know. Yeah, and, I, I bet he still works out. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
like when they show these players that they have, like, you know, they show Scottie Pippen, they show like, oh, you know, Chicago Bulls, 1987 to, to 1998. Like they don't, they don't also, I'm just going to point out, he came back and played for the Bulls. He finished, mm-hmm. he finished with the Bulls. Like he eventually came back to the Bulls. Like his, he played for the Rockets for a while and then. I'm trying Portland. He played for Portland for a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, um, he he finished with Chicago. His final season was with, he signed a two year deal with Chicago. He only got to play one of those years because he got injured. But he 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 finished with Chicago. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize he actually finished with Chicago. Yep. yep. I I can't remember what year it was, but he fin- I think it was 2003, 2004, or something like that. But he finished with Chicago. Sounds right. Yeah. Uh, uh, news from Dark Horizons. Uh, filmmakers, uh, filmmaker Christopher Nolan's Tenet is being pegged as the film that will effectively herald the return of cinemas, though there's plenty arguing that it is simply too soon, uh, if relaxed restrictions that are going to in, into effect this week are next, uh, in major parts of the world lead to a large secondary wave of COVID-19 infections. There's no telling what will happen. Including the possibility of tenant being delayed, a new report in the Washington Post suggests that they should just that uh, should such a delay happen, it will have major ramifications for the entire film industry and theatrical ex- ex- uh, exhibition. In particular, with one studio exec saying its delay will push everything. "Quote: If tenant doesn't come out or doesn't succeed, every other company goes home. It's no movies until Christmas." So it looks like there's. Saying te- uh, tenant is the litmus te- litmus te- litmus test here that if this movie it comes out in July and it does not succeed in the box office that it's going to scare off all the studios and it's no movies until Christmas. Yeah, I, I read a little bit about this too. And what what's its date? It's like a mid July day. It's July seventeenth. Yeah, well, that's like what, just two months away from now at this point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's really hard saying if we're going to be up and moving by then. So, and then if we don't do it by then, it's not until Christmas potentially again. They're, no, they're saying all movies. They're saying that yeah, all they're, movies, they're all saying, movies. yeah, they're saying basically like the next, like, like the next time people, like they think that people might be ready to go out to the theater is over Christmas. Like that's a, that's a big movie time of the year. That's like a lot of movies like, you know, Star Wars for crying out loud over the past few years has now been dropping over Christmas. Avatar, when it fucking broke records, came out during Christmas. So, you know, Christmas is huge. Uh, I remember the Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey Jr. came out during Christmas. So it's like... Mulan is like a week after Tenet too still. That's where that's yeah. at. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Wonder Woman 84, I think, shortly after that. They say Disney CEO Bob Bob Chappick will uh, indicated recently at the studio will see how Nolan's film goes to decide what to do about their live-action Milan film. Yeah, makes sense. And, like, they're going to look at if they do open, how many people are actually even going to go to the movie theater. Is that something that people are still going to feel like doing come mid-July? Yeah. Dude, you're missing yeah. out. You're missing out on a lot of money. I, I promise. I, dude, this. Oh man, we'll never know what Tenet could do in the box. Let's say it does come out July 17th. There's still been. There's gonna be people that aren't gonna fucking go to see this movie. 
No. I mean, they're really, the advertising for it has not been good. Like, I, I think the majority of people have no idea what this movie even is or that it is coming out. So it doesn't really have mega star power either. It's really just, you know, a high concept Christopher Nolan sci-fi movie yeah. that has been badly advertised so far. So well, I don't know that it's going to be the movie that gets everyone to go to the theater again. Advertising has got to be, I don't, yeah. Like what, what do you spend your advertising budget now when they don't even know what they're going to do with the fucking movie? Are they set on that no, day? I don't think you do that. At I don't all. think you do it either. Yeah, it's in a weird spot like that. I mean, it's not like it's Inception, where even without knowing what it's about, you've got the mega star power to be able to bill it. I mean, I it's just, it's really interesting that this is the litmus test, because yeah. as of now, I mean, and I'm not disparaging the movie at all. I'm, I'm super excited for it. I can't wait to see it. But I think we're the kind of people that are in the minority. I, I don't really think it's a well-known property yet speculation yeah i think it's the worst movie probably to be making this decision off of yeah i mean there should i mean if it was another popular film to see i mean if you're a fucking cinephile you want to see this movie yes yeah i mean and again with the time i mean july 17th i mean who absolutely knows i know I mean, my state here in Indiana, we're not even scheduled. I mean, theaters are can be open on July fourth, supposedly, mm-hmm. um, but that's the earliest. And who knows? I mean, I mean, happen. we've got the the drive-ins have opened. Yeah, yeah, I guess drive-ins have this. Weekend. That's how I'll be seeing this. I, you know, like when I see it, I'll have to be I'll have to be going to see it at the drive-in. Cause so the problem with that is, I mean, if most, if a lot of people flock to those drive-ins, how many, how many drive-ins are there across this country? Well, and even not the drive, even the drive-ins, Kevin, they're, like they're not loading them to capacity. It's every other parking yeah. spot. It's every other parking That's space, true. and you have to purchase your tickets online. Okay, and with the food, you have to order it through an app. That's at least how they're doing Ooh. it here. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a completely different experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally, it's completely different. Cause like before it was, you know, just, you know, all the cars line up, you get your spot and, you know, uh, tickets, you can buy them right there at the gate. Mm-hmm. Now you have to, you have to buy your tickets online. You have to print your tickets out and then, which I mean, and and then your food, you got to order it through an app. And I guess I think they 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 bring it to you, bring it to your car. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Well, the the one drive-in here by me, um, they doors open. Or, I mean, they let start letting people in at seven, and they said that the food will be closed by eight. Wow. So that's how they're dealing with that here, and I don't understand how that's even going to work. Fucking our theaters. Like you can get there, our drive-ins. You you can show up at seven thirty, but the movies don't play until eight forty or eight fifty. Yeah. So yeah, so I I don't know how they're going to close down. I mean, movies don't even start playing until I mean dusk eight eight thirty eight forty five whatever mm-hmm. time it is. Yeah, Robert Nine fifteen. Robert Pattinson, Pattinson was talking to GQ about Tenet, and we've all assumed that it had to do with like quantum physics and time travel. And this is from GQ. There's been long spec, uh, long, long been speculation 
though, that time travel or time manipulation plays a big part in the action. But one of the film's key stars, Robert Pattinson, has shot down that speculation in a new interview with GQ. He's not allowed to say much, but he was allowed to say, quote, he's not a time traveler. There's actually no time traveling. That's like the one thing I'm approved to say. Also, this thing, it's so insane. And in each country, there's like an enormous set piece scene, which is like the climax of, of a normal movie in every single country. He adds that the film had a crew of around 500 people and 250 of them would all fly together, just hopping planes to different countries. Pattinson also talked a bit about his performance and how he's inspired by writer, uh, Christopher Hitchens. Um, blah, blah, blah. I think the big, thing that I want to take away from this is the fact that he's saying there's no time travel in this movie yet watching the trailer doesn't it look like there's time tra- like there's there's definitely there's like, time travel <laughs> there's time travel time manipulation I mean I don't know I dude I think this is just trying to I think that's I think it's bullshit it's got to be time yeah. travel. Like, like, there's, there's, yeah, I there's, there's. I don't see how it works any other way. I mean, from what we saw. Yeah, there's, there's, there's scenes in the trailer where, like, you've got um, what's his name, um, oh, David Washington. What's his first name? John. John David. John David Washington. There's scenes of him like anticipating what's going to happen next. Like he's, like he's seen it before. You know, I hope that they don't go the bullshit route and like and just say, "Hey, he's he's imagining this ahead of time. He's got some like pre- premonition or something. Oh, precognition or something." Yeah, yeah. I hope yeah, I hope they I, don't go that route. I know it's trickier than that. I, I, that seems too tropey. Well, you'd think. <laughs> I, yeah, is it, and, then, and then there's the scene of like the car being like thrown off the road and getting all fucked up and shit and then it reversing itself and re- he's got some sort of power to go back as well and yeah but it's, it's not his mind i mean he's he's thinking that it's not he's, a, he's seeing it it's a spy movie it's a spy movie yeah. and it feels like he's recruited into this organization that has been doing this yeah, and he I've passes, uh-huh. he passes kind of like this initiation test too. Like they, like I remember seeing that in a trailer when like he doesn't crack. He doesn't crack and he kind of passes this initiation test and then he's actually brought into like, you know, this, this, this group that's super secretive, you know, and whatever they're using to, to, I, I don't know. Like it, this movie is super secretive. So I, but for for Pattinson to come out and say like it has nothing to do with time travel, I feel like after watching the trailers, I, I feel like I have to kind of call bullshit on that. Like I feel like you can you can like use all the science terminology you want to and dress it up any way you want to. But there's I feel like there's still fucking time travel involved in this. I don't care what kind of like to be. I don't care what kind of like quantum physics and quantum science you bring up into this trying not to fucking call it time travel. But when you're changing when you're changing things that happen 
I, I kind of want to just want to call it time travel, and I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's much bigger than time travel. You'll have to just wait and see. <laughs> it's just it's crazy for me to just think that it has nothing nothing to do with time travel. There's I just think time displacement happening. Yeah, something. Yes. Yes. What? Yeah, what, 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 is, is it, is it an augmented reality, is it an augmented reality of TiVo? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> nice, the 30 that's, second back button. It's I mean, exactly, that's what I'm go, saying. If they go that route, I mean, the bullshit route, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I wouldn't put it past Nolan to do something like that, though. Ah, I just want it to be good. I just want the movie to be phenomenal. That's all I care about. Just be fucking great. Marvel news. Let's jump into that shit. Um, <laughs> you can you can tell your your host is 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 excited when he says that. Sounds like we got a pile of good stuff. Hey, I, hey let me stop here. This is something that hosts do. They 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 fucking stroke their guests. I'm going to be genuine though. Kevin, love having you on. Hey, thanks. I love being here. Dude, I'm serious. I love having Kevin. Kevin's, dude, it was nice to meet him in person. I love having Kevin on. I know this is the host thing to do. You got to do it. But I'm, I'm genuinely doing it. I'm genuinely, do, I love <laughs> Kevin. I, no, it is. It's kind of the thing. You kind of, you know what I mean? It, there's like, there's like a moment, like, you know, like earlier I talked about the guy reviewing the porn thing. And there's like in porns, there's usually a point where like, you know, somebody's jerking somebody off. And that's what I'm doing right now. You're great. Thank you. Feels good too. <laughs> Keep going, please. Keep going. No, no. Oh, time uh, to me. stop and move on to Marvel movies. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're gonna we're, never, never we're, turn down and never turn down a handy. Come on, we're gonna we're gonna well we're gonna we're gonna the, Jake. I love what Jake's saying right now. We're gonna finish the hand job later. We're gonna we're gonna stretch this out. We're gonna savor the hand job. Exactly. Yes. We're going to stretch it out over time. There's certain things that you stretch out over time. Sandwiches, hand jobs are another one of those things. So we'll get back to this. Yeah. Can you imagine somebody doing that, Jake? Giving you a hand job and saying, hey, we're going to pause this right now. Giving you the timeout signal. You know what I mean? Hey, timeout. A whole series of porn. Timeout. I'm really enjoying giving you this fucking hand job, but I'm going to get back to this later. It's so good that I'm just going to get back to it later. No, every every hand job is a new hand job. There's no to be continued. <laughs> you can't do that. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Can you imagine? Like, can you imagine? Oh my god, can you imagine a yeah, point? Yeah, can, can I stop you really? Quick? Can you hold on? Every you, time you say, every time you say, can you imagine? I crack up. So. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine a? porno that has a cliffhanger of a woman just jacking a guy off and it's like to be continued and like when the episode starts up again like a week later where like when they release it like all you see is just the guy come i mean that's how every free pornhub video is <laughs> like like we don't already a thing like 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 people expect like there's water cooler talk oh, i wonder what's gonna happen to that guy's dick next week what do you think? What do you think's gonna happen? That's already a thing. You gotta be premium to see the money shot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> this is, a, 
I just think that I, I think it'd be funny if they just like ins- like cut to su- black. Yeah, just cut, cut to black, like we like the Sopranos, like 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 we don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> then they can have like on the next clip they can have a recap. I just want to see like, the next clip just. is just like James Gandolfini with fucking cum all over his face. <laughs> oh, so that's what happened previously on Cream Queen Seventeen. <laughs> Uh, instead of the Sopranos, they call it the Opranos at like orgasms. Yes. The o- okay. Fuck. I don't. Dude, this is stupid. I'm not even. I'm not even funny right now. This is dumb. <laughs> Kevin, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to be a hey, no, witness this to great. this. This is terrible. Terrible. I know you stopped his hand job for this. I know, yeah, dude. I was I mean, stroking you off. No, Kevin, you're good people. I enjoy having you on, man. I just wanted to say again. I, it was a really. Fun time. I uh, got to meet you guys. So yeah, uh, Chicago, and hopefully again, if whenever if we ever have another C two E two, I'll be able to go again. Yeah, when they yeah. do have C two E two again, hopefully you'll be able to go because I it was it was awesome meeting you, and it was like one of those things where you were like, ah, I can't make it this year, and then like last minute you were like, fuck it, I'm coming. Yeah, it was working, and literally in more ways than one. Um, but yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I worked kind of switched up, and I was able to um, get out there for a day or two. Yeah, so, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, if you didn't go to C2E2 this year, you missed out on one of the last fucking social gatherings that, well, <laughs> that fucking, uh, the last social, one of the last social gatherings of fucking 2020, which is ridiculous. Uh-huh. Ridiculous. What a fucked up, what a fucked up year. What a fucked up year. You fucked up my whole fucking year, coronavirus. My whole year's <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, it's been very inconvenient. Bullshit. Corona. Marvel News. Have you guys heard about Comic-Con at home? Like, San Diego Comic-Con got canceled. I have. But they're doing, yeah, I've seen that. There's not a release date for Comic-Con at home. Like, I don't know when it's gonna happen. It's, it's like, have you, have they updated that? Do we have a date? This, no, there's not been any more details, really. Yeah, it's, it's a, so it's, they're talking just virtual? It's a virtual I mean, con, yeah. Hmm. But here's the thing. This virtual con, the rumor that I'm hearing, and I've seen this posted on Twitter, and then the rumor's been spread on Reddit, is that the trailers for WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier are rumored to premiere during Comic-Con at home. That's just the rumor. I have n- no proof. That would nothing. be smart. What's the point of doing any of those like panels if you're not really going to like wow people or impress people? It would seem kind of mundane if you did any of that. Yeah. And you were just showing some crappy TV show no one gave a fuck about. I think if you're doing Comic-Con at home, you you better have a reason to be doing Comic-Con at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I could see Marvel doing that. We'll see. I, I could see Disney dropping those trailers. The tra- the rumor was first posted on Twitter, and then it kind of like spread on Reddit. So that's what I've been seeing. Uh, news from Dark Horizons. Following this week's talk of the uh, X-Men spinoff, The New Mutants going premium video on demand. Talked about this last week uh, after a leaked Amazon listing. Sources say the long-delayed feature is still planned for a theatrical release for now. Amazon's glitch has been revealed to be due to the system automatically including it based on the previous April release date pre-pandemic shutdown. And a poster has surfaced. It's been on Instagram and Twitter 
and it shows the new mutants and it shows a new release date of August 28th. So they're planning on a theatrical release of uh, August 28th for the new mutants, the movie, the little movie that could. Yeah, yeah, right. And that makes sense. That that glitch makes sense that they would auto generate like you know about when the movie would come out because at this point it's pretty. You can kind of time your clock to it when these movies are going to hit VOD after the theater. Yeah, Amazon is known for their glitches. Amazon has been glitching a little bit, and I'll let me bring this up. Uh, uh, Was it Eric Andre, Tiffany Haddish, Lil Ray Howery had a movie that they filmed called Bad Trip that was supposed to be released theatrically, and Amazon kind of fucked up and for a very short window released it on Amazon, and people were just (laughs) watching it. Yeah. People were just watching it. How does it. that happen? <laughs> how the fuck does that happen? Yeah, I, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know how. Yeah, like, 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 yeah, like Amazon is going, I think, like, I think it got, oh, here's the thing. It got picked up by Netflix. Netflix is going to, it's not going to go to the theaters. It's bypassing theaters. Netflix bought it just like they bought, you know, the Lovebirds, the uh, Issa Rae, Camille Nanjiani film, and that's going to show up on Netflix. But uh, Amazon kind of fucked up and dropped it. I'm sure that you can go to the pirate websites and watch it right now. I'm sure you can. I haven't seen it. I love Eric Andre. Love Tiffany Haddish. Love Lil Ray Howery. But I haven't seen it yet. I'll just wait for it to come on Netflix. But yeah, fucking Amazon. What the fuck are you doing over there? It's a fucking shit show over there. It's a fucking shit show, Amazon. What are you doing, Bezos? (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? Probably getting a hand job. They don't even know what's going on in his company. <laughs> just get, just getting one massive hand job. Doesn't know what's going on. He's just blinded by the fact that he's got somebody's hand wrapped around his penis. No idea what's going on. Uh, on productionlist.com, there was a screenshot, uh, from the, uh, FTIA, the Film and Television Industry Alliance, that showed that, uh, production of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was going to start production on February 1st. So I was like, holy shit, I saw this, I saw this. This is like, this is a two-parter here, because I saw this. This was like, somebody had posted this on Reddit, and it's like, okay, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is going to start filming in Atlanta, Georgia on February 1st. And then, like, immediately, like, two days later, a fan asked James Gunn on Twitter if this was true, and he responded, whoever was telling you we were starting to film them was incorrect. I have a whole movie to finish here, and I won't be done by then. But hi. And uh, so he basically is confirming he's still going to be working on the Suicide Squad and not ready to start production on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 on February 1st. So, yeah, that uh, that's bullshit. Yeah, I love James Gunn. He just comes right out and says, yeah, they don't know what the fuck you're talking about, basically. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Doesn't that seem like it's still like a long time to be working on the Suicide Squad? I mean, they probably had to halt production with the Corona stuff, possibly. I didn't. Yeah, I mean that could be. I mean, months and months. I feel like they got. I feel like they got further along than the Batman, of course. Which, like, I felt like that was like in the first. You know, if we're breaking it down, they were. They didn't. They haven't even completed a half of that film. I feel like the Suicide Squad had. I, I feel like they might have wrapped filming. I don't know. Did they wrap? I think. I feel like the Suicide Squad wrapped filming. I can't confirm that. I'm not sure. Hmm. 
So, so how is that going to work though? So, with all of these movies shutting down or have been shut down for months now, yeah. And are we going to see a glut of a time where there are no movies being released, or there's very few? Uh, because yeah. once all these movies start to work, I mean, start to be worked on again. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're you've got this glut where there's nothing being worked on, as in actually like principal photography. I mean, sure, post-production, but, I mean, I mean, are, is there going to be some sort of period where we have nothing being released or very little? Very little, yes. I Yes, I think it's even, it's, it's going to, it's not affected Netflix yet, but towards the end of this year, I'm thinking probably late November, early December, we're going to start to even see a lull in, um, in Netflix content. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's got to catch up to you eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And the no, longer it goes, the bigger it's going to be. I mean, dude, I, like what's, I, I think, and you, with Netflix, you might see them just buying up more stuff. You know, you just buying up more stuff from international, like I'm talking about like international stuff. And, yeah. um, I don't know, maybe some other unknown gems. I don't know. I, they're, they're still going to, Try to find ways to to get some content out. It it'll be interesting to see. I think there's probably working on. I mean, we saw the Joel McHale Tiger Flicks, uh, tig, uh, Tiger Flicks, the Joel McHale Tiger King Netflix special. Could they be working on other programs that are kind of? set up that way like could we get a like what i'm saying is like could we get a season of nailed it but it's like people filming themselves from home you know like i don't know i definitely gonna try that i mean it seems like the perfect time to do another season of the fucking circle yeah they're all social distance anyway but yeah you can't visit anybody well you could like if they get tested for covid like they're gonna have, true. they're gonna have basketball. Here's the thing: they're gonna have a, NFL is gonna have a season. They're not gonna have anyone in the sa- in the stands, but they already have confirmed that like they're gonna pay a company to basically insert the applause from the crowd and try to like have have it be the most realistic sound sounding that they can pump in there. Yeah, that's smart because they've never stopped wrestling during all this, and it's the weirdest shit ever. I've I've heard that it's that like, is odd. Yeah, I watched yeah. Uh, uh, a couple of sh- uh, Raws and and things, and with the no crowd, and it was crazy. Could not I could not watch it. It sounds terrible. There's something about just a I I've watched basketball that is like you know developmental league and like pre NBA games where you don't have a lot of people in the stands and you, you get to hear every little sound. It's so weird. Like hearing every squeak of every sneaker and, and See, I love that. I don't especially, know. Especially if you have the cameras down low, um, low enough that you can, I mean, the different experiment with camera angles. Yeah, um, for me, it's. Just, I, I love that sort of thing, but I could. I mean, it's not going to work for. I mean, other things. Yeah, so. I, I, dude, I was watching MBDL games like the 
the basketball developmental league because they had like mm-hmm. a lot of players that were, you know, up and coming that they were kind of throwing into that league to see how they performed and scouts would watch them. But that was just strictly from a, you know, curiosity. But I, I, I just prefer like the ruckus, like the fans going crazy and shit. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's smart. If you're not going to have crowds, I think pumping in those fake crowds is a fantastic idea. Yeah. Because it's just so weird without it. Yeah. Hear about Rob Liefeld. Did you hear about his comments about, like, Deadpool 3 and X-Force? I, 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 I knew about this last week. I didn't bring it up on the podcast. Did you guys hear about this? No. Yeah. <laughs> Rob Liefeld's basically saying, like, you know, Marvel's doing nothing with Deadpool 3. Like, um... Rob, like, here's the headlines. Rob Liefeld rips into Marvel, says studios has, studio has zero plans for Deadpool 3, and, and Deadpool co-creator Rob Liefeld accuses Disney of delaying Deadpool 3, and like, no X-Force movies happening now because of, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, Disney, and, and, and he says that, uh, they have zero plans for a sequel, and, and, and they're not throwing, uh, you know, Deadpool into phase four, and, um, and I guess io nine talked to Liefeld. They called him on the phone, and he said, "Do I know that there is no movement on a Deadpool three right now? I know that. Yes. And does that worry me? No, not at all. What I did was I answered a question honestly. So he's doubling down on this. He's basically not. He's he's saying like they have no. Pl- and what I learned this week is just lie. Just tell people everything is lollipop and unicorns and rainbows and you'll be better off in your life because people want to be lied to just because some guy goes yeah we're still moving along that's code for there's nothing to see here obviously Liefeld is annoyed at how his words have been framed but he does stand by the con by the content of those words he does think the blame for the lack of Deadpool news should be squarely focused on Marvel however he does not feel that's any that's any kind of bombshell. So I felt the lack of movement isn't even the biggest problem. It said he feels the studio is letting the audience's excitement for the character dissipate. Quote, my whole thing is you get access to this franchise, so go give it priority. And that's not me acting pretentious. That's me going, this is a pretty valuable commodity. And I also have three teenagers, and I see how fast their interests come and go and how everything is vying for their attention at all times. I don't know, dude. I fucking, I think Rob Liefeld, you know, I think like <sighs> he is uh, a controversial dude, but like <laughs> in all honesty, what he's saying here, the lack of Deadpool 3 news, it, he's kind of right. He's kind of fucked up, man. We're getting a Falcon Winter Soldier series, but they haven't fucking announced a Deadpool 3. No, yeah, I agree with him, and his reasoning is very sound. And we've seen this time and time again. If you let a franchise just sit and simmer, yeah, then the interest is just gone. I Look mean, at Sin City, dude. It's a perfect example, but yeah, it's just you. You got to strike while the iron's hot, and I, I think even now it might be a little bit less hot than it would have been a year ago to announce this kind of thing. Hey, look at like uh, yeah, but look, flashes in the pan, man. You know, think about, think about the, think about that fucking Chewbacca mom. 
how fucking quick like <laughs> people didn't give a fuck about her anymore. I didn't give a fuck about her when she first came on the scene. I thought the fucking video was ridiculous and stupid. But a lot of people were captivated by the fucking uh, ridiculous Chewbacca mom laughing in her fucking in her car. And um, and look how fucking nobody gives a fuck about her anymore. I bet she's got her own fucking website, too. I bet she's you know what I mean? You can fucking click on her fucking PayPal link and send that moron some money. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Deadpool, unless fucking Deadpool 3 is Deadpool babysits Baby Yoda, it's just not going to have the pop culture, like, you know, ripple that it should. Well, I mean, don't, like, that's, like, they got to make an announcement. They got to, they got to move on this. Like, come on. Yeah, they Feige. should be doing that at, you know, if they do this Comic Con at home, right. have fucking Ryan Reynolds at a panel, yeah. and have some official word that this thing is happening. That at the very least, there's screenwriters working on a draft of this movie. Well, fucking Rhett Reese, Paul Wernick. Like, I mean, well, these- do you think? I mean, do you think they've even decided? I mean, that. I mean, how they're going to use him. Dude, in the MCU, external MCU. Do they I mean, have to? They going? Do, do they have to use them in the MCU? Like, I, you know, I mean, no, no. I mean, yeah. do they even know right. I mean, what? Have they even discussed that? Who? Who? I'm sure they have, but like, why are they? Why are they dragging their fucking feet on it then? The the only way, the only reason I could think of is that they're just not going to move forward with any of it and they just don't want to piss a lot of people off i mean i don't oh man it's like it's like ryan reynolds has met with like we knew that ryan reynolds had met with uh the people over at uh marvel studios we know that he had a meeting with them he he had pictures um that he had posted and and, and everything seemed like it was hunky-dory didn't it jake like like they're like they were like you know kevin feige had no plans and you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, like uh, we're going to keep it R. We're going to, you know what I mean? Like I, you know, d- honestly, just give me Deadpool 3. I don't care if they ever incorporate any MCU character into these fucking movies. Just give me Deadpool 3. Just give me fucking Deadpool 3. I don't need, I don't need, if if you're so worried about your fucking uh, PG-13 family-friendly bullshit that you don't want to include Captain America and some of these other characters in a Deadpool movie. Fine. Just give me an R-rated Deadpool 3. Just announce it. Just announce it. Ease people's worries for crying out loud. I think... I agree. It feels yeah. like it was a big keep the peace when they just announced that they were going to do it. But now, just too much time has passed. Too much? Yeah. Like, well, way too much time. <laughs> think about this. Like, Think about like how uh, the uh, excitement for Tiger King has kind of died down. And it's just been a fucking month, right? <laughs> it's a flash in a pan society. Yeah. I mean, we... It doesn't, it's, doesn't take much. I mean, you got to think. Even if, I mean, if they announced a Deadpool three this this year, nothing's mm-hmm. getting done on it this year. I mean, outside right. of writing or something. I mean, it's it's going well into twenty twenty one before anything even starts shooting. Ryan Reynolds has already well, signed on with Netflix to do a Dragon's Lair live action movie. Yeah. So, I mean, you're talking 2022, 2023 at the earliest, which is five years. What so the after fuck? The last Deadpool was a couple years ago. Yeah. What the fuck? I mean, seriously, like we're two years out from a Doctor Strange film. Yeah, it seems ridiculous. Doctor and Strange not- came out in 2017, right? Yeah. By the time we get the sequel, it's going to be five years. They haven't even announced a Deadpool 3. 
Yeah, and, and at least with the Marvel movies, it makes sense because almost all the Marvel movies are kind of sequels onto each other, whether or not it's part two of another franchise within it or not. It's like a continuation of an ongoing story where yeah. Deadpool is just Deadpool. Like, there's nothing filling in the spaces between Deadpool and Deadpool 3 to at least kind of satiate that uh, need. Yeah. Where with Doctor Strange 2, you know, it's not like you haven't seen Doctor Strange since Doctor Strange 1. That very true. Very true. We've seen Doctor Strange. Here's the thing. It's like, where's your, I mean, where's your, like, where's your priority? And, and, and I get it. This answers that. <laughs> this answers that. Their priorities are like what they've already established, what they've already done. Their priorities not with like what Fox did with Ryan Reynolds and what us fans have like come to love. Like, cause honestly, like I, 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 I wasn't the, I, I didn't love Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2 was not as good as Deadpool in my opinion, but. Yeah, I'm but, of the same. Yeah, but, I'm uh, of the same opinion as well. But I'm not, I'm not done with Deadpool. I want more Ryan Reynolds as the character. And if it, fuck, if it was up to me, we, we'd have Deadpool coming out, you know, next summer. It just doesn't seem like, yeah, it's, it's right. I mean, uh, I'm glad that Rob Liefeld's stepping up and saying something. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll fucking shake up some things. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just want yeah. a fucking announcement that the yeah that that, that Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool three are a priority. Fuck, well, we're not getting a fucking X Force X Force movie. Yeah, and they did plenty of stuff with Deadpool two where there were like trailers and teasers that weren't even footage from the movie. Yeah, with just Ryan Reynolds having fun with the character. They could easily do something like that. Like I'm sure Ryan Reynolds would give his time to shoot you know a two to five minute scene. That wasn't even part of the movie. That was just part of a campaign for the next movie coming out. Yeah, yeah. You could fill up. I mean, you could fill up a whole year of stuff like that. I mean, you could have multiple. I mean, things across the year just to fill some time. They could fucking like, like right now. They could fucking have Ryan Reynolds throw on the Deadpool suit and just fucking zoom. Yeah, zoom. Deadpool zoom. Yes. Yes. I think that'd make a hilarious. I mean, Deadpool chiming in on a, some sort of work meeting. I mean, just showing up and ripping on people. Right. Yeah. Have Deadpool watch the MCU movies and give us recordings of that. Just do things. Oh, God. That'd be amazing, too. Do things to keep the character yeah. like, relevant. Very, very smart. Very smart. I love where your guys' head's at. Because, like, that's all about the Deadpool marketing. You know? Like, that's... Seriously, like, it, the Deadpool marketing, like, was some of the most brilliant shit ever. Some of these posters that they came out with and, and. Like when they, they, I, I pulled up the picture. I had looked at this earlier today. Um, just happened and it was the, like, Walmart or wherever I was in and all the movies that were, like, older movies that they had on sale had, like, Deadpool covers. And they, yes. Had, like, they were all dressed up for that specific movie. I saw that cover, but with Deadpool in them. Yes, the those were those great. Were awesome. They had like Ferris Bueller's Day Off and like yes. yeah, Jaws, Jaws. Yeah, those I mean, were great. I remember those. That sort of marketing. I mean, and that sort of. I mean, just teasing things like that. It's, it's amazing. Stop sleeping on this, like Feige. I mean, like. He announced, fuck, they announced like, like the whole like phase fucking four lineup. And then they even came out after that and said like, oh, you're getting Black Panther. 
But we haven't heard anything about Deadpool. Like, we've just heard, like, you know, like Feige say, like, oh, we're not going to change anything. You know? Is it going to be right or not? That's, that's my Feige voice. We're going to be right or not. going to be right or not. Is that, that, Feige sounds nothing like that, but that's my Feige and voice. Feige sounds like Tom Hardy Capone all of yeah. a sudden. Oh no, that's that's more like this. <laughs> uh, oh, funny, funniest shit right here because it, why I said I saw that picture of that marketing. It was in my Facebook memories from t- exactly two years ago today. What the fuck, wow. man? Yeah, Mar- uh, yeah. I posted a picture of the, all the X Men Apocalypse, uh, Logan, X Men Days of Future Past. It's all Deadpool's, Assassin's Creed, Edward Scissorhands, a Terminator. They all had Deadpool covers on them. Looks like I, let's move into DC news. Yeah, Deadpool. Hey, here, hey, yeah, Deadpool three never coming out. How about that, everybody? There you go. Just like New Mutants. Just like New Mutants and never coming out. Yeah. Drop that shit to Hulu. Shit. We'll, we'll get a Spaceballs two before we get Deadpool three and fucking New Mutants. At least New Mutants got filmed. Jeez. We'll get a fucking Gambit movie <laughs> before we get all those. Gambit. Um, DC news. Uh. With the uh, this is from Dark Horizons. With the imminent launch of HBO Max streaming service on May 27th, one of the lingering questions has been what will become of the dedicated DC Universe streaming service. I think it's fucking gone. I think it's fucking gone. I think it's fucking gone. I don't think. I think the only the star, they say here, Star Girl is the only new series that has been announced for DC Universe this year, but it will share airing of its episodes with the CW network the next day. Uh, Fucking CW Network is re, they're gonna be re-airing the first season of Swamp Thing. That's a thing that's happening. Um, yeah. and then listen to this shit. Listen to this shit, Jake. Listen to this shit, Kevin. Fucking, uh, H, DC Universe. Wouldn't that be like your go-to for all things DC? All new original DC series. Wouldn't that be like the place to go to? Wouldn't you think uh, a fucking streaming service called DC Universe would be the place to go for all new things DC, original properties, other than the, the fucking bullshit that they worked out with the CW network beforehand? Wouldn't you think like if you get a new thing, uh, DC related that it would go to DC Universe? You think? Uh, I would think yes. Okay, uh, 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 the Green Lantern Corp show going to uh, uh, oh uh, oh, it's going to DC Universe. No, it's not. Fuckhead, it's going to HBO Max. <laughs> it's going to HBO. <laughs> Hold on. Oh my god, I'm excited about this next one. Getting a Justice League Dark series going to DC Universe, right? Uh, yeah, you're oh, wrong. Ag- you're wrong again, you fucking jack wagon. It's going to HBO Max. <laughs> it's going to. It, it, it seems like they're dismantling it, Jake, Kevin. It seems like they're dismantling DC Universe now. Like this is just. So what happens to existing DC Universe subscribers? They get screwed. Or, or do they offer a free year of D uh, of HBO Max? But what if, likely? Well, what what if I've already subscribed to HBO Max on the side? And then I'm just kind of fucked, right? You get nothing. Yeah, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, that's that's wild. And I still hear they're still spending money on advertising. I still hear advertisements for DC Universe on new podcasts I listen to. 
Huh. Wow. So they're still paying some people to advertise, like, and they're still telling you that you can subscribe for a year as of today. Oh, jeez. So, I mean, some, they have to have some kind of plan for when they do cancel it. And honestly, it's a bit of a shame. Like, I would... They should, in some ways, they should keep it alive and just like reduce the price by like seventy five percent, just for the comic library because they really did do a good job after all the initial complaints of updating and expanding the comic books that you can read from DC on that service. I mean, frankly, that's really the the fruit of the service in my opinion right now, and it's a little bit too pricey for what they're offering. Some of the some of the fucking comics though. The problem is, it's like, oh, we'll give you the first three issues of this fucking series. No, they've ended that. Oh, really? Yeah, they've really updated and expanded the comic selection. Well, that's good. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's it's a shame that they actually kind of buckled to the complaints, and they've made it much more expansive, and they filled in the holes in those collections, and it seems like they're still adding titles and still scanning new books in. And it's a shame that that service will go away, because that's something I've wanted for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's just that, easier way to read backlog and modern DC comics. Yeah. It's a shame that it got bundled into this failing streaming service. Yeah. Well, I, here's the thing. What's so weird about this though is like, I, so I read that, I read that article in Dark Horizons that like, you know, HBO Max could be the death of DC Universe because they don't know what to do with DC Universe. Honestly, the fact that people aren't subscribing to it is the death of it. Um, and they're not adding new content. Uh, but then we get this article from comicbook.com that says DC Universe considering Titans spinoff despite HBO Max launch. No details are given on what the story would be about or who it's about, but there's a rumor that DC Universe is considering a Titans spinoff. So we'll see what happens with DC Universe. I think, I think dropping the price would help. It's just, I, I don't know. I think eventually it just can't sustain itself. It's just going to get folded into HBO Max. It's just going to be a one-stop shot for all things, uh, you know, Warner Brothers. What's it at uh, per month? I don't know. I paid for the year up front. Ah, okay. I did like the, I got grandfathered into that fucking, I got like, what was it? 15 months for whatever the fuck they first offered it at. And then like, they just charged my card 15, like a year later for like 50 <laughs> bucks or something. I can't remember. Yeah. I was yeah, like, right now it's $8 a month or $75 for the year. Yeah. Hmm. Definitely, definitely was like, definitely had potential, but it's definitely not worth it at that price. It's not. Yeah, I think Disney was smarter in folding their, like, instead of having a Marvel Universe streaming service, just folding that under one streaming banner. They hardly have enough content as is. And they have more than the Marvel. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Batman news from Collider. Andy Serkis was uh, teasing. He was talking about the project... And I guess he shared some insights on the story as it relates to Alfred and Bruce, uh, played by Robert Pattinson. Circus told, uh, Lad Bible, it's, uh, very much about the emotional connection between Alfred and Bruce that's really at the center of it. And it is a really exquisite script that Matt has written. 
And then I guess they go on to say they kind of elaborate on that a little bit more with what Reeves had told Nerdist back in April. He said, I wanted to do not an origin tale, but a tale that would still acknowledge his origins and that it formed who he is. Like this guy, he's majorly struggling and this is how he's trying to rise above that struggle. Uh, this combined with circus comments from earlier this week seemed to hint at that the movie will perhaps be, uh, will perhaps before more soulful and pathos driven than previous iterations as the story focuses in on Pattinson's Batman developing into the hero we know him to be in later years. That's really cool. I'm glad Alfred will play such a big part in the movie and their relationship will be explored. That That's the kind of thing that's easy to ignore when you're rebooting the character. Yeah, I think Michael Caine got plenty of shit to do. I don't think there was ever really much of an emotional connection. I, he had plenty of shit, but it was more like, look, it's Michael Caine as Alfred. He I cried. Think. He fucking cried about <laughs> fuck. He fucking cried in those movies. Master Wayne. <laughs> you know, my name is Michael Caine. Master Wayne, you know, and he, he fucking cried and shit. Uh, he fucking cried about him, like in the third movie. Like this is what I wanted from you. For you, I wanted you to settle down with a lady. And I go to that. I go to that fucking. I I go to that place and what? What is it? Venice? I don't know where the fuck he went. He went to this fucking place and he's like, I was hoping to one day that I'd see you there with 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 a special lady friend and blah blah blah. And I go there and you're never there and you're just out wearing your little bat suit and fighting bad guys all the time. You're going to die. And then at the end of the movie, he's fucking, he's there with Catwoman. And then fucking Michael Caine's like, yeah, I like that. That's what I want. That's what I want for that boy. Good for you. You did me proud. I spoke in an English accent before, but now I sound a little bit more like Tom Hardy and Capone. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Things are weird. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. There was a fucking, there was a, there was some emotional shit there. I don't know, man. The, Jake, it just seems like, it just, it just, it just seems like all these fucking, all these new movies coming out, they're going to try to tell you what you want to hear. You know what I mean? These actors, well, there's an emotional connection. There's, there's more of an emotional connection between Alfred and Batman in this movie. And it's like, come you on. You have to look at the source, too. Yeah. This is coming straight from Andy Serkis. Who's playing Who's Alfred? the character. Of course, exactly. He's got, of course he's going to be like, well, my Alfred. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. For all we know, his Alfred is going to be more like Alfred E. Newman from Mad Magazine. Than- <laughs> oh, boy. I like Alfred Einstein. I know, dude. I get it. I like, I love his quotes. I hope it fucking comes out that way. But we'll see. We'll fucking see. Are you, hey, Shanks, you looking forward to, uh, you looking forward to the fucking Batman movie with Matt Reeves? The Matt Reeves Batman? Oh, hell, hell yeah. yeah. I, I cannot wait for it. I've liked every single thing I've seen so far. Yeah. With the, the cow, the, 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 the I mean, everything with that. The uh, car. I the, feel the, bat, the Batmobile car. Um, the, the fucking, uh, the video, the tease, the Michael Giacchino music. Yes, I, I've loved everything so far. I have not I mean, seen anything that I do not like to love. And I can't wait. I just, 
I, I just hopefully they don't have a problem from pulling in too many rogues. I mean, mm-hmm. I, too many people, too many villains. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they don't go that route where it's four or five different villains. I mean, we, we got you got to you got to believe though. At the end of the day, you got to believe this is going to be a more penguin movie, right? It's got to it, Colin Farrell. You would think with Colin Farrell be uh, Colin Farrell being kind of like the big name here. I mean, Paul Dano is up and coming. He's going to be the Riddler. But it's like, I, I kind of, I got to think that this is going to be, this is going to be a, uh, a penguin movie. But, it, but then on the flip side, we get, we got, we got, uh, what's it? Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Catwoman. Yeah. And. I mean, it's like you said, Riddler, yeah. and then of course you got, I mean, the, the gangster side of things. John Saturo. John Saturo, yeah, yeah. And then of course, Cobblepot, I mean, Penguin, mm-hmm. I mean, a, a, I, you start throwing in another, I mean, another villain maybe, mm. I, I mean, it starts getting way too much, way too much. Yeah. Unless you've got some of these yeah. people in a more limited role, I mean, maybe there's, Maybe a scene or two with I mean, Riddler or, or something, but I don't. I just don't. I'm just afraid that it's going to be too much. Mm-hmm. But comic the only negative. I mean, comic books have been able to handle an ensemble cast, but like on the flip side, we haven't seen. I don't think we've. I don't think that we've seen like when I think when the Batman movies throw in too much, it's it does kind of. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think, I think the, I think the Dark Knight was, was great, you know, but then again, we're only dealing with, with Joker and, and, uh, and Two-Face. Well, and Two-Face only has, I mean, he only, I mean, he's Two-Face for about 10 minutes. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Before he's killed off, so. Yeah. We'll see, man. I guess, like, I don't know. I guess I can again say in Matt Reeves we trust because like the guy hasn't let me down yet so we'll see yeah I mean yeah it's it's with that with Reeves I mean it's I think this is I, I, everything to me looks like it's going to be a great film but yeah. I mean I just we don't know a lot about it I mean we don't know I mean how these I mean people are going to be used so I, I'm very, very optimistic, though, about the film. Yeah, I am, too. I'm, too. Uh, oh, tons of quotes. There's tons of quotes from Robert Pattinson this week. He did an interview with Style Magazine, and tons of quotes from him. He, he was talking about, listen to this. I don't know if I agree with a lot of what he says, but, like, whatever, you, I guess whatever you have to do, whatever you have to do or say to get Robert Pattinson to play the character or whatever, I guess. He goes, Batman is a complicated character. I don't think I could ever play a real hero. There's always something a bit wrong. I, I think it's because one of my eyes is smaller than the other. I don't, he's weird. Like that, what the fuck? <laughs> what? That's a serious, that's a quote. He said that? Yes, like he said, here's a real? This is his quote. <laughs> Dude, I'm not fucking with you. He goes, Batman is a complicated character. I don't think I could ever play a real hero. There's always something a bit wrong. I think that's because one of my eyes is smaller than the other. I have no... Is, it, is have, this something like you would just say something really fucking stupid like that just to see if people are paying attention? I guess. Like, I mean, kind of like the... 
I mean, like the green M and M's and things you see in like Van Halen riders or whatever. Yeah. Where just to make sure that they're looking at the contract or whatever. Um, but if I'm the I, interviewer at that point, I'm totally blocking out everything he's saying earlier. Like with you when I was forming my geese's pieces joke. <laughs> I'm focusing on that. And so now as the up. interviewer, I'm just looking at his eyes and trying to figure out which one's smaller and which one's bigger on Robert was, Pattinson. Was there a follow-up question to that? I mean, did the the person just go on to the next question after he said that? Uh he, I mean that's well, that's he, my the, would be my question would be yeah. okay how do you follow up that sort of co- the quote I mean what when he says that I don't know I don't know I, like I, I would as an interviewer I would probably just stand up and say this is not why I chose this profession and walk out <laughs> I, you know <laughs> quit being quirky and give me some fucking answers right. Robert Pattinson right. I'm out. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't get the fucking, uh, celebrity worship because what you just said makes no sense. It's fucking weird. All right. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it. It was fucking weird. All right. Cedric yeah, is, Diggory. Really weird. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes on to say, I have no interest in playing someone who's heroic. I've always found Batman interesting. He's struggling a bit especially in some versions of the story. He doesn't know if he's that great or not. That's kind of interesting, walking the line. Um, The article says he was eager to take on the Batman, even though he he has avoided studio movies since his Twilight days. And then Pattinson's quote is, I felt a connection to it. I don't know why. I just really wanted it. The role has a power, which is why everyone is attracted to it. It's an un unidentifiable thing. I remember watching the Tim Burton Batman movies as a kid. I was obsessed with them. Quote, there was something that appealed to me. Batman movies have always attracted really good directors and really good actors. And it's got a legacy and lineage to it. I've never been something, it's never been something that just seemed like a cash in. I don't know if I agree with any of that, but what the fuck? He obviously yeah. didn't watch the Schumacher. He didn't watch the Schumacher <laughs> shit. Exactly. It's like, what the fuck? Um, well, you could literally go to McDonald's and see the cash in. I read a story. I read a story um, earlier in the day, and Val Kilmer was talking about why he didn't want to return to the role. And he said that Warren, I think he said that Warren Buffett showed up with like his kids or something to the set during that movie. And the kids didn't care to meet Val Kilmer. They just wanted to see the suit. Yes, they wanted to see the cowl and everything. Yeah. And so I read, that was a great article, too. Yeah. And so Val Kilmer was just like, it doesn't matter who's Batman. People just want Batman. They don't care who's playing Batman. They just want Batman. Yeah. Well, it's actually kids that age. So, but yeah, it makes sense. That, that it just kind of it kind of struck a chord with him, because you know, like, because like with I guess with kids, kids are just like a lot of times kids are just brutally honest, and so it just kind of like opened his eyes to to that, you know. So yeah, he's just a prop at that point. He's like an attraction at fucking Disney World. Yeah, yeah. Don't 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 worry, Val Kilmer. Nobody's casting you as Batman these days. Okay, bud. Um, Good. He can't even talk. 
Oh God. I hope God, I, I don't know, man. He just kind of, I don't know. He just kind of fell off. I don't know. We'll see what he does in this Maverick movie. Top Gun Maverick. Um, yeah, he, I mean, yeah, he, I don't, he can't, he can't talk that. I mean, he's, he had a tracheotomy. Is that what happened? Yeah, he had cancer. Uh, and he had to be, he had to have a trach. And yeah, he can't, he can barely talk. Oh, I mean, that's sad. There was that, uh, that New York Times article I read. Um, it was a fascinating article on him. But yeah, he's, I mean, he's not great shape at all. Yeah. Well, he's, barely move. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pattinson was talking about um, putting on the bat suit for the first time. He said, you do feel powerful immediately, and it's pretty astonishing, something that is incredibly difficult to get into. So the ritual of getting into it is pretty humiliating. You've got five people trying to shove you into something. Sounds like, Again, it sounds like we're talking about a porno here. Uh, once you've got in, it's like, yeah, I feel strong. I feel tough. Even though I had to have someone squeezing my butt cheeks into the legs, you're trying to think of the way to balance, how to bring something new to it and not scare people off. And you have to work in the confines of the costume. So he's got it so much easier though than Keaton. Keaton, that first suit, he couldn't move his neck. He had to turn his entire body to, to, to see one way or the other. There was, there was no way to like move his neck from left to right. And so he, I think Keaton had it the roughest. Like if you watch like the Burton movies, like when he had to look up, he had to like bend his whole back all the way to look up. I can, I can just, I can already, I can just picture him yeah. kind of moving like and, and moving to like to the side. And so when you had to look around, like look to the right or left, you yeah. had to physically move yourself. Yes. Um, you couldn't twist your head. Yeah. 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 I think it's like filmmaker magic more than anything. Cause that, that suit was, did not have much mobility. Beautiful suit though. Oh, yeah. I fucking love that. I love that Burton suit. God damn. I was just talking about, talking about that last week on the show. I fucking love Tim Burton's Gotham too. Jesus Christ, it looked great. I love that Batmobile too. Yeah, that first Batmobile, 89. Oh, I don't think it gets any, it. gets, it doesn't get any better than 89. Yeah, agreed. They just kept adding, 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 and they really yeah. took away from kind of the simplicity of the original Burton designs. I don't, like, yeah. Got, like, 50 feet long. I love the Nolan Bat Cycle, though. <laughs> I love the Nolan Bat Cycle, but I wasn't a huge fan of, like, the, the Nolan Batmobile, the fucking militaristic Batmobile, you know? Yeah, the Tumbler. The Tumbler, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah at that point, it just looks like a military vehicle. Yeah, it's like you might as well have Master Chief in there and just fucking play Halo video game. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't make a Tumblr game. I mean, I guess they do feature it in some of the games. Oh, but goddamn, I loved the Bat Cycle in the Nolan movies. Just the, just the, like not not necessarily like the, I guess the look, but just the way it moved with the wheels, how they would like you know turn yes. on a di- how, how they would turn on a dime, right? That was that was a pretty cool part of that. That was awesome. Robert Downey Jr. has announced his next project for Netflix. Um, this is DC News. Uh, this is a Vertigo comic. He's doing uh, a Netflix series. He's doing Sweet Tooth. This was written by Jeff Lemire. Jake, I never read Sweet Tooth. I've listened to many a comic book podcast where they've talked about Sweet Tooth, and this is kind of like one of those revered comic books. Went on for quite a while. Jeff Lemire 
wrote this book and it follows Gossip Boy who is part deer who lives uh, who leaves his home in the forest to discover a brand new world. He joins a makeshift family full of other animal children to make sense of his existence. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is not going to star in this. He's just going to be, uh, um, I guess him and his wife are just going to be kind of like, uh, produ- producers on this. Okay. Yeah. They've cast, uh, Christian Convery. Nanso and Nosy, Adil Akhtar and Will Forte, uh, James Brolin will voice the narrator. Robert Johnny Jr. will not star in this. So a lot of the media outlets sounded like he was going to be like the, it sounded like, you know, from the headline, like, oh yeah, he's, he's left Marvel, he's joined DC and he's doing this Netflix series. And, uh, this, it's, it's, it's going to be eight one hour episodes. Um, and, it's been dubbed as Mad Max meets Bambi. It's a, it's a mostly rural. <laughs> yes. It takes place in a mostly rural, uh, post apocalyptic setting where some creatures are human animal hybrids. So yeah, it looks like, uh, he's just going to be a producer on this. Blow away Bambi's mom with a sawed off shotgun. <laughs> yeah, with fuck, uh, fucking Ash having like his uh, chainsaw arm fucking killing Bambi's mom. <laughs> um, so basically, fanboys just making much ado about nothing about the Robert Downey Jr. thing. Yeah, it's 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 still exciting for like uh, Jeff Lemire to see like his you know pride. We, dude, we've heard about so many comic books coming to fucking like 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 television and movies and like it never like jake i'd say like 50 percent of the time a lot of these that are optioned never fucking hit the small screen or the big screen like uh southern bastards was fucking optioned by uh fx have we gotten a southern bastard series like it hasn't happened netflix bought all the fucking miller comic books and they haven't adapted a single one yet i haven't yeah i haven't seen shit from them yeah, it's like they paid it to squash it. I mean, there's so much right for uh, making TV series and animated series yeah. in that, that lineup of books. Yeah. They have it all. Yeah, fucking Mark Miller shit's amazing. Um, so many comic books. I'm trying to, oh, God, I had another one, like, on the tip of my tongue. That, But anyway, like, but, um, yeah, this is cool for Jeff Lemire. This is very cool. I, I uh, I'm down to see it. I'll watch it. I, I never read the comic. I've heard great things though, and like it went on for a long time, didn't it? Yeah, I feel like yeah. Sweet I'm Tooth. Same. I've never read it, but I've heard people talk about it, and I yeah. know the premise of it. And I think it'd be a great show. Mm-hmm. It just ended a few years ago, but yeah, looking forward to that. Looking forward to that, gentlemen. I don't know why I'm talking like that. I apologize. It's late now. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was confused. I don't know what's going on. Jake, things might get weird. All right? Just, I oh, want you oh, to, I know. just roll with it. I want you to just, uh, fucking, uh, you gotta be on your toes on this show. You never know what's gonna happen. You know, I know, we, I know. I need a Red Bull here. One moment we might have a new guest on, and next thing you know, he's talking about, like, what's making him fucking come. You never know. You never I'm know what you're gonna get. plus episodes that hasn't happened. I don't know. I maybe by the end of that episode, we'd feel a lot closer to that guy. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, it might. Feel, you know what I mean? Yeah, one hundo. Um, Star Wars news. What do we got here? 
God, it's all Mandalorian every week. I love Mandalorian, but Jesus Christ is, you know, I don't know. They're fucking making yeah. it. Last week we talked about it, making a cereal out of the shit. Anyway. All the Baby Yoda toys hit this week. Did they? Yeah, yeah. Oh God, would you buy uh, what are, Baby Baby Yoda sex toys? No, I would not buy that, but I'm sure someone would. I would. I would buy one called the Handalorian, and you're getting getting jerked <laughs> off by the child. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I mean, he's he's pretty old. I, I think you're I think you're in your legal legal right. Like Fifty. I mean, yeah, yeah. You're okay. Good to go. <laughs> <laughs> the the Handalorian. <laughs> I would be surprised that they, they if there isn't some sort of dildo out there with uh, Boba Fett's head. Oh or, man! Or man head. They call it vulva fat. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm going to say some fucked up shit, people. Fucked up shit's yeah. going to be said. I was on my toes for that one. Yeah. I know. You, Jake, you, you come on. I need a little bit more reaction. <laughs> Jake, Jake's ready to wrap this shit. Jesus Christ! Um, no, let's let's talk about some Mandalorian. It's coming out on time, right? Yeah, it's coming out on time. As, as far as I mean, they talked with uh, they talked with somebody over at Disney, and they said like you know it's still coming out on time um, as uh, October. And um, what the fuck happened with Fury Files this week, man? Yeah, I went to watch that. Me too. And I couldn't find it. <laughs> you, you fucking, they had articles last week that Disney's, Disney Plus is dropping Fury Files, which is the new animated Nick Fury show. And it's going to be Fury giving you information. It's an informational show about all the different heroes and villains and shit like that. And nothing crickets on Disney Plus. Nothing. Absolutely nothing about not, no Fury files to be watched. Huh? What the fuck, Disney we, Plus? We, we still don't know what. Why didn't there? I have no fucking idea. I don't know. I don't know. Like if, if they're holding on to it for a different release date. Um, I haven't seen any updates. I'll have to. I'll have to look into it a little bit more. But like, there was a there was a release date by that was being um, put out there by all the media outlets. Of May 15th, you're getting Fury Files. Nothing dropped. I was like, I was getting ready to like review it for this week's show. Oh, let's talk about Fury Files. Nothing. Nothing. I have no idea, dude. No idea yeah, what happened. I, I went to search for it. Me and too. Couldn't find it. And I was like, oh, well, maybe let's go to Twitter or something and see if anybody's saying yeah. anything about it. Yeah. And I found articles. Like I, I was staring at, uh, there was an article from the Oregon, the Oregonian or whatever their their paper in Oregon, yeah. basically how to watch Marvel's new animated series Fury Files, and it's telling you to go to Disney Plus. It drops today and yeah. all this stuff, and there's nothing, hey, nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. They didn't have it on the new releases. They didn't. If you did a fucking search for it and typed in the full title, you'll find nothing. Hmm. Yeah, I'm seeing that. I searched it on Twitter, and it's basically everyone saying, "Where the fuck is Fury Files?" Yeah, I I said it earlier today. I was like, "What? What's going on? Where is Fury Files?" 
I yeah. just saw that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mandalorian has had some casting. Uh, Slash Film reports that Katie Sackhoff has been cast as the live-action version of Bo-Katan, and she played... She did the voice work for the character in The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, and... They fucking cast her as the live action version, which is like, it's different than, you know, um, Ahsoka Tano, who they cast Rosaria Dawson. But now in this case, they actually cast the voice actor, Katie Sackhoff. I know she's done a shit fuck ton of live action stuff too, so this kind of makes sense. Yeah, I love this casting. I love Katie Sackhoff. It's it'll be great to see her in something again. So Bo-Katan, she once wielded a, the dark saber, and that's the exact same weapon that we saw that was being held by Moff Gideon at the end of the uh, first season of The Mandalorian. So, I mean, we could get some kind of like backstory on how he got it from Bo-Katan possibly I don't know this is kind of cool I we'll see what happens and it it seems like Filoni is just going all out going forward on this like we took last like there's fucking rumors that Sabine Wren might show up in the Mandalorian hmm. I could see it um oh totally Totally, one hundred percent. I don't know I if it'll be. To be. I think they need to be careful with all that stuff, though, because I think one of the bigger appeals of the Mandalorian that drew a lot of new fans in was it feeling like its own thing. Yeah, and this thing that everyone could jump in on and now be a part of Star Wars for the first time. I know a lot of people that wanted nothing to do with Star Wars that watched every episode of the Mandalorian and loved it, dude. And I think. Maybe they could alienate those people if they get too crazy with trying to tie this into the Filoni-verse. You are so fucking right. My sister, who don't, he, he, she doesn't give a shit fuck about Star Wars. Loves the Mandalorian. Loves Baby Yoda. It was like her, that was like her gateway drug into this shit, man. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, so, I mean, not that I don't want to, like, I'm excited by these kind of things, but I think... As far as being as mainstream as they right. managed to be season one. Well, look what, look what, what I, I love Filoni. I think he's a fucking genius, but look at what he did with Rebels. Didn't he turn Rebels into fucking like, fucking, uh, Star Wars, the Clone, Clone Wars? Wars 2, basically. Po- yeah. Point five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. It was all those, it was, lines. yeah, it was all those storylines that he never got to finish in Star Wars Rebels because he didn't know if they're going to green light another season before this Disney Plus thing happened. And so what did he start to do? He's like, oh, I didn't, there's, there's all these stories I didn't get to finish. And so what's he, what's he start doing? He starts in, injecting them in Rebels. And there were some of us, some people loved it, but there were some people like me, to be quite honest with you, I was like, can I, can we just get back to rebel centric stories? I came here for rebels. I, I, hey, don't get me wrong. I love Clone Wars, but like, can we just, can we get back to rebel stories? I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Whatever. It, and it just seems to be like shoving a lot in. Yeah, I mean a season. I mean, you you, you me Ahsoka. I mean the Boba Fett rumors or whatever those were. Bo Katan. Mm. Um, 
mean, and then I saw another casting thing today, I think, as yeah. well. Uh, Timothy um, Oliphant, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, this seems just like it's all, I mean, jamming a lot of known characters into something that it doesn't really need to be. Well, we you don't need we one don't, or two characters. Okay. We I can don't, see, but... We, we don't know who Timothy's going to be playing, Oliphant. We don't yeah. know who he's going to be playing. He was in, uh, um, what was that show? Fucking, uh, he was in, Santa, uh, Cl- Santa, Santa, Santa Clarita Diet. Diet. And then he was Justified. also Justified. That's the one I was thinking of. Um, we don't know who he's playing. We have no idea who he's playing. But yeah, it's, it, and who, who else is, Michael Bean is coming into mm-hmm. this season. Terminator star Michael Bean, mm-hmm. uh, Tamir Morrison, and like here's the thing: some people are saying he, uh, some people are saying he's playing Boba Fett. Other people are saying, Jake, what if he's playing Captain Rex? <laughs> Dude, I think he's playing yeah, Boba. Fett. He's playing Boba Fett after the fucking after that episode with uh, when when Ming Na Wen's character dies and we hear the Spurs and we hear that fucking like transmission coming through. That's Boba Fett. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I agree I with that. It too. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for one half of the directors that they've announced. I talked last week about my thoughts about Peyton Reed being a director for this and how I'm underwhelmed, and I just don't, I don't get Peyton Reed. But fucking Robert Rodriguez is going to be directing an episode, and John Favreau. Yeah, this is a perfect series for Robert Rodriguez. I, I'm very excited for that. Oh my god! Did I see Carl Weathers was going to direct one? Are you kidding me? I know he's coming back, but I didn't I know. I thought he's... I saw somewhere that he's going to be doing one. That's I thought. Okay, I have not seen that news. I could be completely wrong, completely off base. Um, but I thought I saw that. Wouldn't somewhere. it be like, what if Carl Weathers, like what if his calling wasn't acting? What if he became a weatherman? That would be his last name. It's in the last name, dude. That's, I'm yeah. Carl Weathers. Hi, I'm Weather Carl five. Weathers. And people will be like, dude, your name is that last name. You're a weatherman. Your last name is not Weathers. You were born for this Carl. And then like, what if like, like what his segment for the weather, they called it Weather's Original and like he would eat a Werther's Original during the segment and people were like, oh my God, this is fucking so stupid. Why are you saying this shit, Brian? This is the dumbest shit that's ever come out of your mouth. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at an epi- uh, uh, article from Slash Films. <laughs> You're trying to bail me out here. I, was I love it, Kevin. I tried to add a branch to the Carl Weathers joke. I was like, really? A branch to this one? <laughs> what you, but no, what are you looking at? Is he directed an episode? Well, this is an old article. I tried from to October of nineteen. Yeah, I can't find anything about it. Have you, guys, yeah, about, have you guys? This is a Slash Film article from October of nineteen. Okay. And it says that um, Carl Weathers wanted to be a weatherman at one time, and they would eat Werther's originals. Yes. I don't know. It, 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 it's something I read somewhere. I don't know. I don't think. Did you ever? Watch- I, I can't find anything outside of October 19, so I'm completely wrong. Then. Did you ever watch the Carl Weathers movie, Action Jackson? Oh, of course. Yes. Oh, God. Love me some Action Jackson. <laughs> Everybody. 
take a take a moment of your life. We're 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 just here for such a limited time. Our lives are so fleeting. Take a little bit of time out. Take a little bit of time out to watch Action Jackson. That's all I'm saying. Go ahead, Kevin. I think that didn't have that a pretty nice cast too. I mean, Sharon Stone was there. Was it Craig T. Nelson coach? Oh, Craig T. Nelson. I mean, that's that nice, nice, decent cast there. Yeah. Surprising. Very surprising movie. <laughs> My dad was so excited for Action Jackson when it came out. You have no, it's, I'm not even kidding you. Like, my dad saw the trailer for Action Jackson, and he, like, it, he, it's all he would talk about for months. I, this is not a joke either. My dad was That's so hilarious. My, I, don't, I don't know whether to laugh or. <laughs> my dad was so excited for that movie. He saw the trailer for that movie, and it, like, it, like, it was the talk of the house. My dad talked about, there were certain things that my dad would talk about a lot. And Action Jackson trailer was one of them. The second thing my dad would talk about was our trip to Cincinnati. And my dad was just, he would not stop talking about going to Skyline Chili. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. He was, he would, oh my God. It was like, it was, it, that was like, he would not stop talking about going to Skyline Chili. Like he had fucking like, um, he had like a, like, like he was talking about all the different layers that the, Brian, the first layer, Brian, cheese. And then there's a salad layer. They've got, they've got lettuce and then pass. He was talking about all these different layers. Like it was fucking like, like we were fucking looking at like geology or some shit. And it was like food. He was, it, was, it was like he was talking about like the, the the different dermis levels of your skin. Like he was really getting into like the different layers of this fucking skyline chili. Like I and this was before you could buy that skyline chili bullshit, the frozen shit at the fucking grocery store. This was like you had to fucking drive out to Cincinnati and go to a fucking skyline chili. My dad loved chili. His farts were evidence of that. Jesus Christ, he would my that, so did, my old man actually, could clear did you a room. Go to Cincinnati just for skyline chili i can't why the fuck did we go to cincinnati i feel like we did i feel like i feel like it was like <laughs> dad's year to pick like where the fuck we went on vacation he was like i want to go to skyline chili and fart my brains out like i <laughs> what the fuck why did we go there why where the fuck did Amusement we go to park maybe yeah, maybe uh, do we King's Island is there. I know King I know I, but I've never been to King's Island. I would remember that. Uh, I would uh, wait, no, no, it was King's Island. I it was I I'm thinking um I haven't been to um I've been to King's Island. I loved it there. I was thinking of the fucking other uh point. Yes, yes. What was that? Sandusky. What? Sandusky. Yep, Sandusky, Ohio. That's the one I haven't been to. That's the one I haven't been oh, to. Oh, you need to, you need to get there one day. You I can. know, I know. They've got some fucking we go, insane coasters. We go there. every year, and it's a fantastic park. I think it's like an eight-hour drive from where I'm at. Yeah, it's about five yeah. for me. Mm. Yeah, but fucking skyline. We went on some, we went on. I guess I we went on some fucking weird vacations. We went to. <laughs> we went to we went to Dollywood once, the fucking Dolly Parton thing. Hey, Dollywood's fun. That's awesome. Come on now. I love Dolly and Kennywood too. Dude, they have Kennywood? They have Kennywood? Oh yeah. 
It's got one of the best roller coasters of the country. There. Okay, okay. Dollywood had Dollywood for me was uh dude i'm not knocking i just said we went to dollywood jesus christ and you just judge me i actually had a good time at dollywood they have a lot the log ride was a lot of fun they have a lot of great water rides at dollywood and then but they had that stupid fucking uh uh pan for gold bullshit do you remember that they still have that Mm -hmm, mm yeah i don't know they should have fucking like uh they should have rides like I don't know the, the themes of the rides. They should have a ride where, like, you a roller coaster where it looks like you're going up and down Dolly Parton's gigantic breasts. <laughs> that would they be fun. Have that? Huh? They don't have that. I didn't. They they don't. Mm. And they should. They, they're probably waiting until after she passes to open that ride. I don't know. Yeah. Wow, hurry up and die, Dolly. Um, I'm kidding. That's terrible. That's terrible. I knew a lady that went to high school with her. She was old. Yeah, must have been. Anyway, that's all I got, guys. I don't know. Jake, this episode was Chris App, right? Uh, It wasn't wasn't the worst. It was the second, third, second tier in the three tiers. Hmm. Not top tier, not third tier. Right in the middle. Average. Right in the middle. Straight down the middle average. There you go. Guys, I, listeners, I'm so happy to bring you this right down the middle average episode. I, I'm thrilled to bring you this right down the middle average, just run-of-the-mill episode. I hope you enjoy it. So glad that you could be a part of this average fucking experience we shared this week. Thank you so much for joining us on this half-ass fucking bullshit average episode. Thank you so much. Glad you enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us on this I don't know this boring ride. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like that that's what you came up with at the end. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, where can people yes. find where can people find you? What are you doing? Oh, uh you can find me on Twitter at Forensic Talks Guy. Um you can find my one podcast, Nobody Asks You Kevin. Find it on all platforms where I talk about music and movies. And uh my science podcast, uh Dose Makes a Poison the Toxcast. Or um, the toxic, or, <laughs> or the toxic Avenger, the toxic Avenger, <laughs> which will for now, now from now it'll be known as that. Dude, I'm um, tell- I that, talk about drugs that. and poisons and toxicology and forensic science. Drugs, poisons, toxicology, so, and forensic science. That's like a- cyanide um, poisoning by Visine. Wow. Uh, talked about knives out the toxicology drugs and knives out the movie um just reviewed with another toxicologist friend um the netflix series uh how to fix a drug scandal about some rogue chemists and the uh, massachusetts drug chemistry system i knew you were coming on tonight i i went to that and i retweeted it on our fucking twitter page so people can find you there Sweet, and I thank you for that. So, and if yeah. people, if you aren't following us on Twitter, <laughs> probably the right decision. Um, 
Yeah, what the fuck are you doing? At PCL left over. Yeah. If you're not following us on Twitter, making some good life choices. Good for you. Keep it up. <laughs> you probably are functional as a human being. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> you're you're better off. Um, <clears throat> Jake, glad, I'm happy to have you back, man. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was fun. I'm excited for next week too. I feel like I feel like when we like when you're gone, I feel like uh, just one of the Wonder Twins. Oh, you know are, you the puck, are you the bucket of water? I'm the fuck. I'm the fucking bucket of water. <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to be next week. We're doing a uh, Snowpiercer. You gonna be watching that? Yeah, next week. Snowpiercer coming out on the. Uh, you gonna be watching that, Kevin? Did you watch the movie with uh, with uh, Ooh, Chris Evans? Yes, love yeah. the movie. Can't wait for this to come out. I'm, I don't know, man. I fucking, I fucking, I love the cast too. I love the guy that they've got in this one. The guy from uh, what was that movie? God damn it. Now I sound like a fucking idiot. I say I love the guy. Uh, love David, the guy from da- whatever. Uh, David Diggs. David Diggs from uh, Blind. Was it Blind Spot? What the fuck? Jeez, I sound like a fucking moron right now. Oh my. Okay, par for the course for the episode, I guess. Um. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just just trying to keep with the theme of the shit fuck episode. Uh, Snowpiercers comes out on TNT on the 17th. Uh, Lovebirds, the Kumail Nanjiana Issa Rae movie comes out on Netflix on the 22nd. Patton Oswalt has a new stand-up comedy special, uh, I Love Everything on Netflix on 519. And then Mythic Quest, Quarantine on 522. A lot to talk about next week, Jake. Excited. I'm excited to see Snowpiercer. Dude, dude. Listeners, check out fucking Kevin's podcast. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. I'm telling you, you're going to learn something new. This guy's fucking smart. He's a forensic toxicologist. What have you done with your life? What are you doing? Nothing. Fucking <laughs> Listen to somebody that did something with their fucking life. They have a fucking career. They have something to talk about. They're fucking versed in something. What the fuck do I do? I fucking get on here and I talk about bullshit and you listen to me every fucking week? Listen to somebody that actually fucking excels in something. Science. Listen to that. <laughs> Get educated. Get educated. You're listening. Seriously, like you're listening to me talk. Right? You're listening to a rambling moron. There you go. There you go. You're selling yourself short. My parents. My parents should be ashamed. <laughs> my mom should be embarrassed that I came out of her body. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, th- just like all good leftovers. No, thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. No, I, I thank you for having me on. I had a blast. I hope you did. I always, Jake, Jake. That's Jake. That's my biggest worry about these episodes. At the end of them, I'm like, oh my god. Like I don't care what the listeners think at the end of the day. I care about. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the no, at the end of the episode, no, I do care what the listeners think. Trust me, I do. At the end of the day, at the, I, I think like, oh my god, I, we just had a guest on here for like you know five hours, you know, talking with us. I worry about like, did they have fun? They, Jake, they've taken five hours out of their life. I talked about how life is fleeting. And how it's uh, like, how it, like we're slowly dying. 
Every, every second, passing second. Kevin spent five hours of his life with us today, Jake. Was it worth it for Kevin? Fucking idiot. <laughs> You're not helping things, Jake. That is not the answer I was oh, looking sorry, for. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I wanted the uplifting, I, I wanted the, I wanted the uplifting message. I wanted you to basically say like, Kevin, this was time well spent. It was almost as if he watched Action Jackson twice in a row. It was time well spent. God, I want to go do that now. <laughs> I haven't watched Action Jackson in a long time. And so, like, yeah, I... It's been years. Dude, it's been years for me, too. I would, seriously... An Action Jackson rewatch is, like, that's got to happen. <laughs> I might I might just do a fucking Action, Action Jackson retrospective podcast after this. Jake, next week, we might... It, it'll be episode 334, Action Jackson. We're just going to be talking about Action Jackson the entire <laughs> fucking episode. Ke- Kevin, you're welcome to come back. I don't get. <laughs> mm. Oh shit! <laughs> All right, I'm gonna eat some skyline chili and fart and go to bed. How's it sound? Sounds like a plan. I'm gonna do almost Sounds the same. Sounds like a plan. All right, Kevin. Thank you so much. Just guys, just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags. Thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with episode 334. See ya. Later, y'all. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless. But I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap! Good it, toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, and though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap! Good it, toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's race it, hate erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftover Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Pop 